on uh, breaking points. I know we covered that uh, and more. There's just so much to discuss. So feel free to, uh, to speak your mind. That is what we are all here for. All right, and I see the first caller is Cool Blue. What is up, Cool Blue? Always giving me the stats. Uh, hello. How are you doing? Good. I answered your poll tonight as being uncertain. And the reason is because it's still early enough. We're a little less than 18 months out from the scheduled general election in, in, on November 5 of 2024. Mm -hmm. And part of what's possible is that if the situation with inflation, which I think is the biggest problem, if that starts to improve uh, more favorably and people feel it, then it will help Joe Biden. As for Marianne Williamson, I've just never taken that seriously. I just, uh, I, I sent in some um, comments that Eric had the chance to read, and one of them was about Tim Scott, the Republican U.S. Senator from South Carolina. And basically, I said that a number of people from past election cycles who jump into the race to say that I'm going to be a presidential candidate, that we know that they're not viable and they turn out not to be, that there really is no losing on their part because when their life is over with, it can pretty much read as, hey, this person was a presidential candidate. And... Mm. It's like in that sort of a circle, that sort of environment. I agree with much of what has been said tonight. And I just wanted to make this real brief and let other callers have a chance. Well, quick question, uh, Cool Blue, because I've heard a lot of people say this, that they just don't take Marianne seriously, but they, they don't really tell me why. Uh, why do you say that? Why I say it is because historically, if a person is a primary challenger to an incumbent president, obviously the same party, if they're going to be viable for the primaries, then most likely what the result is, is that that incumbent White House party will lose the White House. Uh, Lyndon Johnson, it was 55 years ago, March 31, 1968, Vietnam War was weighing down on his presidency so bad that when it came to the early primaries, candidates like Eugene McCarthy and Robert Kennedy and and the whole LBJ figured out that they were so viable to to primarying him that he was electorally in such trouble that he wasn't going to get another term and it became a republican pickup of the presidency to Richard Nixon and ushered in a realigning period because the republicans 1968 to 2004 would go on and win seven of 10 election cycles. So I think the reason why a White House party doesn't want an incumbent president primary challenge is because they figure it's going to add up in a way that I just mentioned. So That's they protect the incumbent. That's okay. Yeah, I see that. That's really interesting. So it's not so much about her campaign, so to speak. It's just the situation that she's facing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, do you consider RFK Jr. to be a viable candidate? Or no. do you take him seriously? No, same reason as due dissidents, uh, Russell Dobular. He couldn't get in, he couldn't get much way into the primary because of how he's been cast as being anti-vax. That 
that a lot of the primaries voters, Democratic primaries voters, you could just pretty much wave that and and they would pretty much reject him outright. Well, you know what? That's interesting because when I covered his announcement on the ground, that was not the take that I got from people. And and there were Democrats that were there that were supporters that were very much excited about his campaign. I was actually surprised. Um, Eric was there with me, um, but I was actually surprised in the number of people that actually turned out. I did not expect that many people to show up, to be honest with you. But um, he had three overflow rooms because there were so many people there. Uh, which was interesting. But um, I I did notice like they didn't seem to care about his take on the vaccines. Most of the people seem more concerned about ending the wars and and the corruption with these government agencies. I also think that um, I think we shouldn't assume that the only people that will be supporting him are people that are registered Democrats, because even in the Democratic primary, depending on what state you live in, some of these independents uh, might support him. I've had some people who are conservatives that have reached out to me that said they're actually thinking about switching just to support him. I, I still think, though, with a number of states that have closed primaries, and I think Pennsylvania is one of them, I think that the Democrats in particular have the people who are the party people, they have this figured out where they have been preventing people from. And this is one of the reasons why I've said that in general elections, I refuse to vote for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. So I think that how it looks right now in May, 2023, and then as we move along and we're getting closer and all that, then it becomes clear as to what's going to happen. I hear you. Uh, someone mentioned in the chat, they said, isn't RFK's wife a Fed? Uh, no, his wife is an actress, but he's been married more than once. So I'm, I'm not sure if maybe you're thinking of his former wife, which I, I don't know as much about Mary, like to be honest, except for what I read to you tonight. <laughs> There's also like the, what is it? The daughter-in-law who's for CIA? That's that's what they might be thinking of. Yeah, the daughter-in-law. Yeah. She was former. She's former CIA. Yes. Like you know, like you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did mention that in his announcement speech. Um, so he was upfront about that. That like, yeah, she's a part of the campaign. And I was like, why? I think a lot of people too with the announcement might have showed up for the spectacle of it. I don't know. Uh, they 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 could have, but I mean, they seem to be pretty. What was weird to me is like that announcement was on a weekday in the morning, and that's honestly part of the reason why I didn't expect that many people to show up. To be honest with you guys, because I'm like, okay, you're either going to be in class, or a lot of people are going to be at work. But there were younger people there too. I guess they skipped class. Like I don't know. Like, did you notice that, Eric? That there were younger people there too, not just older people. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was interesting. I mean, it was, you know, it, 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 you kind of, you know, it felt, you, you definitely felt the money <laughs> that way. Oh, one <laughs> thing I live, do want to mention. Live band and the whole thing. Go ahead, Cool Blue. I just want to say one thing I do want to mention is timing is very important, which is why I was saying we're in May 2023. A lot of people's minds are, are not on this stuff. And for some people, their minds are not even on it during the first half of 2024, the 
leap year that's a presidential year. So this stuff is interesting. It's food for thought, but, you know, these polls and all that, but I'm not like taking them in a way like as if I think that this is going to be the actual outcome. I just wanted to get that across. That's a good point. You're right. It is still early, you know, as we say, like in Red Sox uh, baseball season, it's still early. It doesn't matter. We've lost like 10 games in a row. (laughs) Some people look forward to voting like they look forward to doing their taxes. (laughs) That's true. I can hear you. I hear you on that. That'll be it for me. I wish everyone a good night. And I'll just, uh, I think I got to hang myself up here. So I let other people in. All righty. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you so much, Cool Blue. Let's go ahead and bring in Ashura. Ashura, you are on the mic. How have you been, my friend? I've been good. Uh, are you hearing me? You are very low. Okay, wait a second. Oh. Oh, fuck. There you go. Okay. Uh, so how have you been? You've been MIA. I mean, I haven't had calling for two weeks. I had the last call in on Tuesday, and that's because I couldn't do it. Well, I did call in um, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, and okay. then I did it on Tuesday, that Tuesday. So those were my two for that week. That's why I didn't do it on Thursday. And then Friday, I had an appointment, so... I was out that whole day. I didn't stream or anything that day. Oh, good. And so anyways, congratulations on 40 subs. 40,000, I mean, as at 40 subs. <laughs> Thank uh, you so much. Oh, yeah. Well, Nick said RBN was supposed to get 50K. I guess he was talking about you unconsciously. So you're probably going to get rich 50K before RBN. I don't know. Like, I, I honestly don't know, like... I don't know why I'm growing quickly right now because, as you know, I got a theory. I got a theory is that someone has a crush on you on YouTube, (laughs) and bitch, and they're letting you pass. (laughs) Somebody must love your content at YouTube. That was true. That was true. She'd have a million. (laughs) Oh, I mean, she. I mean, I guess basically the guy, the guy who's doing it, has to look over his shoulder, so he lets a couple of subs pass (laughs) him. I mean, that algorithm will make or break you, man. Yeah. I mean, imagine if she basically gets 1,000 subs per week instead of getting 100 per week. It's a it's a hit or miss. Like, I think sometimes I just happen to be covering a story that was trending that day, and that, don't, that doesn't always happen because I usually pick my stories the night before. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. That's why I asked, like, how have people found me recently? Because... <laughs> Well, Kaladin, I know people mention Jimmy Dewar, Kaladin in the chat says Jimmy it's Dewar. because you're not full of shit like most other people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how many people are on YouTube? Most people basically want to quit YouTube with YouTube being censored uh, this much. Well, censoring creators that much. That is true. Yeah, uh, independent media is heavily censored um, on YouTube now more than it was like three or four years ago, unfortunately, but I think I've been really fortunate because I've made a lot of appearances. Like I've been yeah. on RT twice within the past two weeks. I've, I was on fault lines again today. Um, I've been on, Oh, what's the other show I went on? I, I don't know, but I've, I've been on 
someone show at least every week for the past couple of weeks. Um, better, multiple. I, I think it's best you put all the shows that you're going on, on like a list in your YouTube community because I because I want to see them because like, you keep saying I was on this show but there's it's not on the community tab so I don't, I don't see it so I don't I don't watch it. Oh yeah, I could do that. I, I used to do that more so with Rising, but I could do it with uh, with other shows too. The problem is, I guess I could do it with the Rumble ones too, because some of them have are only on Rumble because of like what they talk about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's 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 been like a big. I don't know, man. Like it's I I'm not used to growing this fast. I usually it's usually a slow, steady climb. <laughs> for me <laughs> yeah because uh i thought it was bad cookies that basically was working at youtube i'm like nah it ain't bad cookies <laughs> <laughs> no it's not bad cookies i mean I, I know like after i went on kim iverson's show um actually i think i've been on there twice but the last time i went on her show i got a bump after that yeah. um but yeah it's um it's tricky. I go on fault lines so much that oftentimes I forget to tell you guys. Like, I'm not kidding. Cause like I was on there today. I think I was on there last week too. Um, but I just forget to tell people like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going back on fault lines. So I could get better with that. Yeah. As for the Marianne thing, I'm like, she's just lost two people. One person basically said she quit is because I, I think due distance catching up last night. They were talking about it. Uh, tell me if you hear noise because I'm basically on a bus, so there might be some noise. Um, they're basically they were talking about how Peter Dow was giving a fucking excuse why he's um he's not basically staying with Marianne, unlike the other guy who basically said that uh, they were leaving. Yeah, I covered that on Sunday. So Jason Call um, resigned. Uh, but Jason Call is also running for Congress. Uh, he, he's running for Congress as a Green this time around, not as a Democrat like he did last time. And then uh, Peter Dow announced that he was resigning as campaign manager and he said details to come. And that kind of let people form their own conclusions. And I, I, I don't like that. Like, I would have advised him not to do it that way because that gave people time to come up with their own reasons. And so people were like, oh, there's trouble within the campaign or yada, yada. And of course, I think they signed an NDA, which is not uncommon with these types of roles. So it's like, then you can't really go into detail about what happened if it did happen. And now I think he's on Twitter. He's saying that like he's taking care of his parents, but some people don't believe it because they're like, then why didn't you just say that from the get go instead of details to come? Yeah, because uh, people are saying that uh, Marianne was the NDA queen. <laughs> I mean, she said she was not going to put NDAs on people. And now you know that uh, he's got an NDA, so he can't say it. He probably saw some things he doesn't want to say. Right. And that's not uncommon with a, a presidential campaign, by the way. It's not uncommon or any campaign. It's not uncommon for them to have you uh, sign an NDA. And that's to protect, you know, obviously the candidate. But I do think that it just seemed kind of strange that both of them resigned. Uh oh, we lost a sure. We put her back on her. Um, put them back on there. Both of them resigned the same day. It was the same day they made the announcement, and that's what like gave people speculation. Yeah, because um, I, I find that at this point, I don't know how people uh, 
they're taking Marianne seriously as a candidate. I mean, everywhere you go, they ignore her and they prop up uh, RFK. <laughs> I'm like, at this point, I mean, the, the, the chosen candidate is not working for uh, Kyle and Crystal. I mean, most of the left don't even accept. Well, I, I can't say the left. Neoliberals don't accept Marianne. Uh, TYT doesn't accept them, except her. Uh, Sam Cedar, the, the leftist mafia doesn't accept, accept her. I mean, she's alone there. Basically, how much money is she going to get pocket from people for not uh, for not basically able to win? What, what's Kyle and Crystal's going to be excuse? They got to wait for 2028? I don't know, but I will say um, I do remember those hosts saying that they they're not excited about it. They don't support it. I remember Sam Cedar explicitly saying like, no, I don't support this. Um, and it's different from before because everybody kind of got on board for Bernie Sanders, but Bernie Sanders was not selected by left independent media. Marianne was, was selected, which I played the clip on Sunday where Kyle said, I'm trying to get you to run. So we all know how this panned out. So the thing is, is like, if you have media people that select the candidate, and then they just have this assumption, okay, like just like Bernie, everyone's going to go on board again, and we're all going to back, like, you know, the same person. You know, I, I don't think it's it's panning out that way. Yeah, because it seems to me that the real reason she's running is the same thing you said back then, because everybody jumped on the uh, Bernie Sanders fucking train, and they blew up. Now, I don't know if Jimmy was off, but Jimmy had his channel before uh, Sanders came in and with the numbers he had prior, maybe 600, 700. I don't know what, what, it, what it was when Bernie, when he was basically with Bernie. But I know Kyle Kalinske blew up because of it. And because he was like, for two years, he was struggling because of what happened with Jimmy Dore. He tried to smear him and basically he was like, Jimmy put some voodoo on him. So he, for two years, he was struggling. He was bitching he'll never reach to a million subs. Now he's raped him himself because he basically uh, he basically got, got yourself a, a candidate. He recruited somebody. True, like having having a presidential to promote is going to help your channel. Um, I don't I don't have anybody. Like I <laughs> like I'm serious. Like I'm I'm telling you guys to leave the duopoly. I'm not telling you to stay in it. And but if you do have another person running on that like progressive ticket. Yeah, that can really help your channel, um, just like it did when it helped when Bernie Sanders ran, you know, two election cycles in a row. So just imagine how things would be right now if there wasn't a progressive challenger. You know, that's it's it's helping out. Uh, I think those that, you know, are uh, promoting Marianne or, or some of them, at least not all of them. But, yeah, I, I was actually really surprised that. TYT of all people decide not to get on board with Marianne and it could be because she's they don't feel she's as strong of a candidate as Bernie was like Bernie really had that Bernie magic it could be because of that it could be because of personal issues that Jink had with Kyle we remember that whole like falling out yeah um but here's the thing TYT if they're not on board with it it's gonna be very hard well, yeah, but well, when you keep hearing about Marianne, you keep hearing about stuff about uh, her past. Apparently, Marianne used to believe that uh, something about being fat was uh, was like an imaginary thing, that somehow you could just will yourself to be thin. You don't need to exercise, you just will yourself to be thin. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And apparently, she was doing televangelist shit. Yeah, she, was, she had a, a different outlook back then. Um, 
I mean, I remember the very first time I heard of Marianne was when she was on Oprah's show. This was many years ago. Um, but, you know, she she's more of like a spiritual like person and that kind of thing. She was Oprah's spiritual advisor. Um, but, you know, people can like change over time. So that's just something to keep in mind. But I, I don't think that Marianne was the strongest person to select to push for this. You know who I think? more people probably would have got on board with if you think about it it's too late now because he's rfk jr's campaign manager but if they would have if they were going to make a selection which i don't agree with media selecting a candidate but if they were going to make a selection they should have selected someone like dennis kucinich yeah because i saw a clip i saw a clip about him i mean he did sound like a televangelist to me uh, when he was talking that stuff, I think it was either on your channel or maybe on RBN. I saw a clip, somebody showing uh, Dennis Kucinich, and he was in the, during the primaries of the 2000s, and he sounded like a, he sounded like a preacher. Not that he was, uh, he was not telling the truth. He was telling the truth. Yep. Yep. He has a very powerful voice and just, and also some of the things that he went through, you know, like when he was in Congress, like he was known for standing up against the democratic establishment he was known for doing that and that's why they redrew his district so i think if if it would have been someone selected like him maybe tyt and majority report would have gotten on board but it just seemed like like everybody like the leftist mafia tyt and and sam cedar were all just like yeah we're not no are you sure they would have basically been on board for them because if he's not if he's not that establishment I mean, he seems a bit okay with the establishment, but he's like half. Um, yeah. I, you got to remember, like, Dennis Kucinich and Cynthia McKinney were pretty tight to the point of speaking up against the Democratic establishment. That's why they're not there. Yeah, but uh, what about the other stuff? Like, he's if he's advising RFK, RFK is giving you, like, Medicare for all for those who want it. Yeah, now that part I don't understand. Yeah, like, Medicare for all with option plus. I forgot what the bullshit was. I mean, just look at how the way they do it in Canada. Yeah, you got insurance companies, but they don't they don't uh, tie themselves to the healthcare system. If you want it, you can go get it, but they're not part of the system. And I, I would, I don't think I'll I'll be honest with you. I don't think RFK Jr. thinks that Medicare for all is act is actually going to happen. That is something that he can actually get done. I really do believe that. Uh, remember, I once told you that. Um, if they can't get rid of Obamacare, they might basically, the court, Supreme Court might try to fight this one. Why not just empty the fridge? Empty the fucking fridge and put good stuff in there. There's no money in that, sure. But <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the president. I mean, if, you, if, you, if, you, well, if, you, if you're the president, why the fuck are you afraid of a bunch of fucking insurance companies? Just put a law. You're pretty sure there's got to be some old laws that say that you got you can basically distance the, the corporate these corporations from the healthcare system. These people are all controlled though. Like if, if you have like big pharma and the military industrial complex controlling the the party, I mean that this is why Bernie Sanders didn't continue his movement, right? Because Bernie knew. He knew he wasn't. I mean, I, I read an interview that Bernie had recently where even Bernie Sanders said, we need Medicare for all, but we're not going to get it. <laughs> well, that shit is funny, though. The fact that they're rolling out Medicare for all and a bunch of sponsors are now magically coming in. Oh, we want Medicare for all because, you know, Joe Biden's going to fucking lose. That's why. 
because you see you see what uh, Donald Trump has what seven eight points uh, ahead of the uh, ahead of fucking Joe Biden, and then you're rolling out Medicare for all. The guy in office says, "I'll veto it." Like they 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 know this. That's why I'm telling people like this is just a game. And the thing is, is like they said they didn't want to force the vote because no, it's not going to pass. But you're doing you're doing Medicare for all right now, and you know it's not going to pass. It won't even make it to Joe Biden's desk. It'll be dead in the Senate. <laughs> yeah, and, and a bunch of the, a bunch of Republicans are for this. I mean, I've seen people curious about Medicare for all, but they're a bit wobbly on how this is going to implement. But I think he's got Republican ears perking about what 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 is Medicare for all, how it's going to cost them less money, if not no money at all. Well, I'm, like curious, I, I'm curious to hear what Sam Cedar has to say now about them trying to pass Medicare for all, because his biggest criticism in his debate with Bree was that it wasn't going to pass. Even though Bree tried to explain to him what the strategy actually was, that was his biggest criticism. It's not going to pass. So I wonder how he feels now about it, because now that they're trying to do it because it's still not going to pass. Yeah, they're not going to bother. Because uh, they went when with the thing when the thing went by, I think a year after it happened, you had uh, we had uh, what's his name Jackson Hinkle and Jimmy did one stream, and the TYT talked about it. He was like, "Oh, it was their heyday," as if like it, as if like that that was a shock. I mean, if you look at that right now, force the vote, literally, basically split the community in half, if not fractured yep. it to the point where people started waking the fuck up. They, they saw the parties not doing anything. They'd rather basically do other shit, like go do mutual aid or go 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 with, uh, what's it, workers strike back or even go third party. At this point, people are just done. Like the only people there at the Democratic Party are just the 30% supporters that are Democrats. The rest of them are like, nah, fuck this shit. I'm either going to sit this one out or I'm going independent. Right, because the majority of Americans don't even vote. So what does that tell you guys? Like the majority of Americans don't care about politics to the point where they're going to go stand in line at a voter booth and vote. Yeah. As for uh, RFK, uh, I heard he was defending Crystal Ball after the smear job that she was doing for him against him. I mean, for Marianne, um, he defend he defended her on Twitter. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean. <laughs> I didn't consider that to be a defense. And I think people read into that the wrong way because I saw Katie Halper retweeted that and said, well, then why did he tweet out this? And I, I responded and I said, to be fair, he does this for every interview that he has. And he does. Well, if you look at his Twitter page, every interview that he does, he tweets out something nice about the interviewees. It's called being a politician and being cordial. That's what they do. I thought that shit went away when Obama got voted out. I mean, no. he, he left. He left. I thought that shit went out. The moment Trump came in, it was like it was done. Like the Trump, Trump basically he he basically showed people that seriously, you, wh why do you need to borrow shit up? Just say it out loud. I mean, that was the only positive thing about the Trump presidency. A lot of people now are saying the shit that's inside their gut now. They're saying it out now. They're not. They're not keeping it in. Mm. Well. I hear what you're saying in reference to Trump, like Trump would, if he had uh, an interview where he felt like it didn't go well for him, yeah, he would probably call the interviewer out. But for the Democratic Party, for the most part, that's not, you know, 
so much how they operate. The, the standard politician is going to thank the interviewer, uh, at least for their time, if anything. Um, and, and RFK Jr., remember, he's coming from that old school Democrat family, and that's how things were done. So that's what killed me is people were like, well, he thanked her. So da da da. I'm like, he thanks everybody, you dummies. Do you guys look at his Twitter page? Do you look and you see he thanks every, every interview, no matter how small the channel. He thanks all of them. Yeah, but it seems a bit, um, seems a bit like, what's the look I'm looking for? Too nice. If the people was being a person was being a scumbag to you throughout the entire interview. But he does that with everyone. And to be fair, this was another thing I brought up. Bernie Sanders also used to do that. Bernie Sanders would thank people for interviews and he went on to their show and they treated him like crap and he would still thank them. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't have done that. I would just not even mention or I'll probably say this was a crappy interview. Yeah, I'm not, that's not that's not being professional. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, I don't know if Jimmy saw your video. Uh, apparently, you got a new clip out. It's the one where you saw Kim Iverson. I'm like, damn, I'm a, the crystal ball has too many fucking shit going on and too much conflict of interest when it comes to uh, her and her husband or ex-husband. Did he put out a new clip today? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This um, uh, last week, it was when she he called her out for that uh, RFK thing, debacle. And this one's about the um, it, it's about the one about the, what's her name? Kim Iverson. Yeah, the one where Kim Iverson talks about the distance uh, learning, that stuff. Oh yeah, he might have saw my. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he saw your video because I'm, I'm, I'm sure Jimmy's just. It's like Nick likes to say, Jimmy's watching our shit right now. <laughs> Let me see. Um, oh, I see it. It was posted seven hours ago. Yeah. Oh damn. I'm like at this point. Uh, I hear like there. You got the other guys who are coming in for Trump now. You got Tim Scott, Uncle Uncle Ruckus. They called him in the. <laughs> they called him Uncle Ruckus in the chat, but somebody nailed his personality. He was that one guy that that had that white woman in the boondocks. Remember that guy? Like <laughs> that, that that guy who got possessed. He got possessed, and the ghost fucked fucked his wife, and the and the wife thought it was him. But it was the ghost that fucking did it. Yes, yes, yes. I remember. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, stink, 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 Maynard. <laughs> Tim, uh, you make I'm me like, want to really? watch Boondocks now. Um, sure. I'm, I'm like, really? You're gonna you're gonna run against Trump? You think all those white fucking bo supremacist boys that like Donald Trump are gonna want to vote your ass in? They're not. Um, that, like Tim Scott. Like honestly, that motherfucker gives me Jeb Bush vibes. I'm not kidding. Uh, well, I, I wrote, I wrote in the chat to you. I added you. I said like she's, he's like the Ben Carlson types. When you said that thing about, he's like the guy who basically is like studious. He doesn't like go to parties, and he has to get just get drunk to basically be the life of the party for just one night. That that's Ben Carlson to me. <laughs> I can see that too. And by the way, no shade to wallflowers. For people who heard that earlier, no shade to the people who like to go to the parties and hold up the wall. No shade. I understand. Not everybody's like, you know, extroverted. And I totally get that. It's being there. That that counts. At least you made it there. Um, but it just seemed like to me like he's a total bore. 
but I think if you get a couple drinks in him, he might let the fuck loose and be like, I'm on top of the world. Him, I mean, compare him to Ben Carlson. Which of them would be a to- is a fucking total bore? I guess more so Ben Carlson. Yes, Ben Carlson is more of a bore. They, they, they put him in charge of what? Housing? Because he was black? <laughs> they put him in charge of a fucking housing because he was black. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be funny. I mean, you would think that they would let Donald Trump win because none of them have a chance to win against Donald Trump. I, I'm betting DeSantis becomes the VP. That's the only Donald Trump has. Him and Mike Pence are done. Him and DeSantis don't even like each other. He's still making fun of them on uh, social media now. Uh, they'll get over it. <laughs> they'll, they'll get over it. I guarantee you, they'll get over it. Like somebody's gonna call to DeSantis. Like the donors will come up and say, "Hey." Shut the fuck up. Let the baby fucking run his mouth. And he just him, get He called him Ron De Sanctimonious. Like, what does that <laughs> <even> mean? <laughs> Ron, Ron De Sanctimonious. I mean, it, it's kind of funny, though. I remember when Trump was saying that uh, it was because of me that Ron DeSantis won, the, uh, won his election. Which is kind of true, though. I mean, Ron DeSantis, when he came out saying that don't monkey shit up, I mean, that was, that was giving Andrew Gillum a boost in the polls mm-hmm. and then Hillary come came in she came in and basically he decided to go along with Hillary and then reneged on Medicare for all and that was it that was it for this guy's campaign you're right now he's uh he, he's completely finished as a per- <laughs> as a character he's finished like you don't even hear about this guy anymore Oh, man. I don't know, man. All I know is 2024 is going to be wild. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of them were bailout. They'll, they'll bend the knee to Trump. They all will. They got no choice. The GOP knows that the, the Trump, the, the MAGA Republicans, they got the base on lock. Trump has it on lock. They can't do shit about it. And the base doesn't, uh, they don't listen anymore. They're done. They're done listening. They'll call him out. Sarah. Hmm. Tim is an uncle, all right, but Ruckus was not the one I was thinking of. Ruckus, I think Ruckus was the only one, the racist one. Like he was the anti-black guy. Yeah, you didn't get it. Yeah, uh, well, well, um, that's probably because I didn't watch all the Boondocks. So, uh, anyways. Oh, did you mean he's anyways. Uncle Tom Roger? Is that what you meant? Yes. Come on, oh, Ashura, okay. get with the program. <laughs> but, he's, but, 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 but Uncle Ruckus is an Uncle Tom. The only time I saw Uncle Ruckus like a black woman was an attractive black woman that liked him. And that episode was fucking funny. It was like the last episode. Like, you hear an attractive black woman that likes Uncle Ruckus? What the bullshit he's saying? And she can even basically hear the message in his voice. I'm like, what the kind of fucking woman is that? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you guys listening, if you have, if you've never seen the Boondocks, you need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, apparently the creator of the Boondocks, he did not like Obama, and he called him out in his uh, in his shit in his TV show. He made fun of everyone. He made fun of R. Kelly. He made fun of. Um, uh, MLK. He said, well, um, I mean, MLK wasn't that funny. I mean, I think I think it was more realistic. MLK woke up or some shit like that, and he saw the yeah. 
the thing in the future. He's like, oh, fuck, no, I don't want this one. I don't want this era. He said, nope. He said, I'm going to Canada. <laughs> yeah, that shit was funny. I mean, uh, it was pretty good that, as a show. He's using the N-word I mean, I, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> what I like the most is the, the nigga moments. Yeah, where time stops and bullets are flying. Nobody's getting shot between the two people. But everyone's dying, But except the two guys shooting at each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they create a bunch of bullshit, like a bunch of grand, grand, uh, bunch of grand people, grand people basically knowing Kung Fu, <laughs> fighting against two fucking kids. It that was shit funny. Was- <laughs> that show was hilarious. I remember um, there was a fight or there was a, a fight was about to start, was about to break out. And there was a group of people standing around and somebody threw a chair, just like threw a chair for no reason. And then all of a sudden, one of the guys goes, I'm mad. And everybody just starts fighting. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, yeah, that was kind of a ding, nigga moment. Like, that was, like, fucking funny. When I heard a what's a nigga moment, oh, like, then they fucking show that shit. It's like, that's the same shit you see in real life, where just black people just bump into each other, and they just start fighting and shit. You see those videos all the time on YouTube. Dave like, Chappelle uh, referred to it as when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> Uh, at this point, I want the Dave Chappelle presidency to happen. I want to. I want to see if uh, the economy will go better if uh, they give black people reparations. Remember that skit from Dave Chappelle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Chappelle show was something else, man. I don't think you could make it today, though. I don't think no, you could won't. make that today. No, it won't. I mean, I heard that Beetlejuice two is coming. I'm like, really? This like sure. They have been saying that for years. They have been saying for years that they're making a Beetlejuice 2. But they're too... No, a sequel to the first movie, but they're too old now. Like, who the fuck wants to watch Beetlejuice 2? Might want to reboot this shit. Winona Ryder has got to be, like, in her 50s, and Michael Keaton has got to be... 60-something? You're going to watch the movie that's coming out? What movie? Uh, the Flash. No. You're not going to watch it? You don't want to see Ezra, double Ezra? No. I think Ezra should be held accountable and not starring in movies. Uh, apparently, he's probably going to stay. That's what they say. I hear. James Gunn is going to he's gonna keep Ezra, Mizzle, Ezra Miller, but uh, the other guy who played Superman, he's gone. Every single one of them. People are mad. People are saying this movie's going to bomb. It is a bomb. I saw the preview and I was like, first of all, why didn't they just use Grant Gustin as the Flash? Grant Gustin is the TV Flash. Why you already had a Flash? You already have someone who plays the Flash. Why not just use him? But didn't they kind of fuck it up when they did that Elseworlds story on the Flash and Ezra Miller basically appeared as a cameo and they both saw each other? So how are you going to reconcile that part? Unless you basically say that uh, CW is like a fucking Elseworlds shit. Grant Gustin, in my opinion, looks more like the Flash. Yeah, but he'll have to bulk up. He probably wanted too much money. DC, DC right now must be desperate. If they've got James Gunn as the new Kevin Feige, they're desperate right now. They've been, they've been taking L's right now. Marvel's taking L's. Nobody likes their content now. Well, all I'm going to say is this. As long as they don't hire Ben Affleck to play any more superheroes. Well, that's, that's why it's going to bomb. Because Ben <laughs> Affleck's in it. 
Jesus. Well, he wasn't that bad. I mean, his Batman was like the original Batman. Like he was, he was using guns. He was shooting people. Ben Affleck yeah. is is a horrible superhero. He's horrible. I saw him in Daredevil. I saw him in you know as as Batman with Batman and Superman. By the way, it was an awful movie. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, but I think also Ben Affleck is also not that great in the Boston movies. Like for people to understand, Ben Affleck is from California, and then he moved to Massachusetts, right? So he tries to have like this Boston accent when he plays these roles in Boston and it's not authentic and you can tell. Whereas, you know, his buddy, um, Matt, she, Matt Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon. It's more natural because Matt Damon actually grew up here. So you can, you can hear the difference and like he exaggerates the, the, he exaggerates it too much. Like, you know, as much as like, um, the departed was a good movie and Goodwill Hunting was a good movie, and uh, The Town was a good movie, but I felt like it was the other actors in those movies that made it good, not so much Ben Affleck's fake Boston accent. Yeah. Uh. Well, is it... Um, you can get anyone to play Batman. It's all about how you play Bruce Wayne. I think the last Batman movie was a bit too much on Batman. There wasn't that much 50-50. You got to play it 50-50. You can't go over the top Batman. And the whole Gotham look, Gotham look didn't look didn't look good for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, Batman is going to be I don't know. When it comes to Batman, my favorite Batman are Michael Keaton and um dude, Al Kimmer is best. No, British dude. Dark Knight, dude. Uh, I mean, Christian Bale? Christian Bale, yes. Those are my yeah, favorite but, Batman. Uh, Christian Bale is Batman. I didn't like because of his voice thingy that he did. He said he used a headache that he was getting from wearing the masks. That's how he got his voice. I didn't, I didn't like it that much. I mean, if it's Batman, you can just pretend that you can still have the same Bruce Wayne voice, but just be intimidating. And people will think Bruce Wayne and Batman not the same guy. The same way Clark Kent just wears a pair of glasses and people thought Clark Kent could smell that same person. <laughs> Nobody beats Adam West. Uh, <laughs> I would say the best Batman probably was the guy who recently passed away a year, uh, a year ago. Um, animated wise. Uh, what's his name? He was in Jimmy the... Conroy. Yeah, yeah. That guy was the best Batman. Animated. Hmm. Kevin Conroy, yeah, he. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to look into it. I will say, um, I did see a movie recently called Air, where they, it's the movie about the making of the Michael Jordan, Air Jordan sneaker. Really, there's a movie about Michael Jordan. Yeah, I saw the advertisement for that. No, but it's, it's actually really good, Ashura. Like it is actually good. It's and it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck together. But it's really, really good. I've always felt like Matt Damon was the better actor. I always felt like he was a better actor than um, Ben Affleck. But that's just me. Anywho, Ben Affleck, I think, is better at directing. Uh, But that's just my point. But Ben Affleck is not the star in this movie. Matt Damon is more the star. You don't even see the guy who plays Michael Jordan. You don't even see the front of his face. Because it's not really about that. It's about making the shoe. But it's it's really good. It's on um, 
what did I watch this on? It's on a streaming service right now. That's how I was able to watch it. I forget which one, but it's either, it was actually really good. It's either good. Apple TV or Amazon Prime. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's one of those. And then the other thing is, then at the end of the movie, you get to see pictures of the real people that they played um, and how things, like they, I don't want to give the movie away, but apparently like one of the guys or Matt Damon's character actually, you know, you can give him part of the credit for making sure that players were compensated correctly for products that had their name on it or had their image or likeness. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. actually a really good movie. I'd watch it again. Okay. I have one Amazon last question. Prime. This one's for Roger. Hey, Roger, I know you're more of a <clears throat> old school comic book fan than me. Did you ever read Jim Starlin's uh, story of infinity quest? Uh, I forgot what, what the title is. William Stanos was going for the infinity stones. And I think that was made in the 90s. And I find it weird that basically around the same time, there was a cartoon called Captain Planet came around. It's like, it's, you got that fucking five rings. They have the same color as the Infinity Stones. I'm like, is it coincidence that basically the show is linked to the same thing? It could have been. You know, I never thought about that until you brought that up recently. But uh, I could see the comparison. Captain Planet was one of my favorite shows, like, watching when I was growing up. I never, well, I saw, I saw a clip. I saw a clip like today on YouTube. I just, let me, let me answer your question. Yeah. Um, yeah, it came out in like the, the, um, Thanos quest came out in like 91. Uh huh. 92, whatever. That might, that was the first time I saw the, what do you call it? That I saw the, right. But that was not the, that was the first time, you know what? Okay. This is the best way to explain it. That was the first time they were explained, but that's not the first time that they made their appearance. Some of them made the, made their appearance before that. Um, but yeah, the, the the books were a lot better than the movie. Yeah, because I was like, I, I was thinking about Infinity War, and I I read that book, and I was like, the amount of shit that Thanos did in that book. Why didn't they do a three movie part before Thanos to start the wreck shop and Thor Love and Thunder at the end in Infinity War? Make a three movie of Thanos getting the stones. Yeah, but that would have meant that they would have had to introduce characters that they did not introduce yet, like yeah. Champion of the Universe, like the Gardener, like yeah. Warner. Yeah, he destroyed those guys. Like, basically, just didn't have to move a sweat. Like, he just outsmarted them. I mean, well, they already. Heard, um, I was gonna say I've heard other people make that same comment, Ashura. Like, why didn't they show him actually getting those stones, like in the beginning? Yeah. And I yeah. think part of it too has to do with the fact that remember they have a contract and they have a timeline, so they have to release yes. like a certain number of movies, you know, for certain number of years. And that that's a big part of it. That's why sometimes they don't go as deep into characters as they should. Um, yes. That's part of the reason why, like the Black Widow movie, it took forever for that to come out. Well, that was because of uh, Ike Perlmutter. But that was, um, what do you call it? It, But I'll still say to this very day that Josh Brolin played a terrible Thanos. Oh, he wasn't that bad. Uh, He was pretty bad. bad. Uh, He was was pretty bad. The guy that played him at the end of the first Avengers movie, that was the person to have. Uh, Come on, he had no line. I mean, they basically (laughs) switched it. He had had no line. What he had was the Thanos smile. 
Yeah, but I mean, what, what are you think they were gonna basically have him basically sucking up death for the entire movies? Because that was the goal in the comics. I know he likes yeah. he likes death. Well, this this case, they changed it to some liberal BS about you know not having resources. Therefore, the universe is. Uh, you the, know that was that was in the comics, but it was it was as a two panel thing when he was talking to the Silver Surfer. And he was explaining to the Silver Surfer what his um, what what his goal was, besides being infatuated with death. But that was in a two page. That was in a two. That was in a two panel thing where he mentioned it briefly. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to see Guardians probably this week, but I'm not liking what they're doing to what's his name, the Golden Guy. Uh, fuck. Adam Warlock. Yeah, they made him look like a fucking kid from the clips yeah, I've seen. They made him look like a kid. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm like uh, it's over. Well, don't, don't cry. This will be all right. Oh, not crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to make sure I get to other callers. Go ahead, go ahead, Sabrina. I was gonna I was gonna log off. All righty. <laughs> but thanks so much for calling in. He's gonna log off and cry. No, just kidding. All right, I see we have two Eric's. This is the first Eric. What's up? Hey, Savvy, can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you? Excellent. I'm well, thank you. So, yeah, I wanted to jump in real quick here with some, like, uh, key historical events that I think have led us here to where we are today. And so we already know the politicians are bought. If you look at OpenSecrets.org and other resources, and they fund both corporate parties. We all know that. Um. I remember back when I was a young voter in 92 and that year we not only had the Democrats and Republicans, we had Ross Perot, um, head back to 1988, um, women's league of voters decided they weren't going to run that charade anymore. And that's when the corporate parties got together and formed the commission for presidential debates, debates loosely used with quotation marks and um, ever since then, they've perpetuated, as the League of Women Voters put, they've perpetuated the charade on us that we've got any form of democracy. Um, I watched, like I said, that 92, Ross Perot came around. I watched uh, 96, he ran again. Um, I remember something about they changed the poll numbers so that they, they could exclude him from the debates, and that's when they learned that technique on how to keep our people out, mm-hmm. you know, whether you like Ross Perot or not, but it was, it was another voice. Then you saw what they did to Ralph Nader. And then they, they got us to believe, oh, your vote is entitled to both corporate parties. Well, what could be a bigger load of bullshit than that? They are not entitled to any of our damn votes until they've earned any of them. I mean, if they want to tell us that the third parties are going to be a problem, they're going to have to take ownership for the shit they've presided over as the, you know, duopoly. Um, so you go up to uh, 1996, Bill Clinton, media deregulation. So now the media ownership consolidated down to, what do we say, it's down to six owners, something like that, you know, the billionaire class. And... I keep replaying those historical events in my head and it just perpetuates, you know, then you got 2010 citizens United. So it's like, 
for those just showing up to the fight, remember that history, because that's what we got to go back and undo, because every preceding administration has not done so. You know, we didn't go and undo what George W. Bush did. We didn't go back and undo, you know, what Obama did, taking away habeas corpus. So you could just throw people in prison indefinitely. So I want people to remember that shit. Remember as these presidential quotations with the debates, remember who's running them. Remember the questions they won't, you know, allow you to ask. Remember the people they silence and don't allow to show up because they removed Ralph Nader from a debate. That was Boston, I think. Uh, 1999, a student gave him a, t a ticket to show up, to sit in the audience since they weren't going to allow him in the debate. They had him arrested. So there is no length they will not go to to keep us out of there. So I just want... Yeah, this is very, uh, very well said, Eric. Um, do you know the League of uh, Women Voters? Do you know if they're still around? I believe they are. They've got that article published on their uh, on their website, buried out there. They published it October third of nineteen eighty eight on my birthday. Fourteen that year, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a charade that the two parties were going to perpetuate on there was one of the quotes out of there. I think it was the uh, 1984, you had Geraldine Ferraro ran that year, and both parties were just adamant they were going to have their way and manipulate the debates the way they wanted to. And the Women's League, you know, pushed back. But that's why they went off and created the CPD. And that's why they run the polling organizations and that's why they don't talk about the third parties, and that's how they suppress us. So we got to know those techniques they use to uh, keep us out and call them out on it. I mean, EPD needs to be abolished. Uh, there you go. We, so, we need more abolishment. Right, right. So with that, I'm going to jump off here. Thanks for letting oh, me have uh, my Eric, Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? One Another thing that we didn't do, because he was talking about stuff we need to go back and undo. Mm -hmm. um, if you remember this whole thing that happened, I, I don't know where, where, where you live, but... I'm a Michigander. Okay, so in, in New York, I'm pretty sure you heard about this whole thing with the subway system, right? With uh, Neely, uh, Jordan Neely uh, getting killed by uh, Penny, who choked him out on the subway. Yeah. Um, did, did you hear about that? I don't know. Yeah, I did. Okay, so... You, so when you was talking about going back, right, everybody mm -hmm. was talking about, um, you know, they were reacting to what happened, but they weren't proactively acting to why it happened in the first place. So Jordan Neely was homeless. Yes. Jordan Neely. Look at that homelessness that was caused by Reagan in the I, 80s. I was just about to go there. Yep. You already beat me to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Reaganomics, dude, that killed us, man. That killed us. Um, you know, because I grew up in Flint, Michigan. Um, oh. You know, I watched the jobs flow out. I watched my city die. I came to Grand Rapids on the west side because my mom, thankfully, was able to put me through school and make a better life over here. 
but you know a lot of my people back home didn't do so well so yeah i i watched that stuff happen we got a mental health facility that was closed up in uh traverse city it's now a famous little spot neoliberals bought it and turned it into a nice little restaurant and cafe and all this nice little things that makes them money and our our you know homeless people are still out there you grew up in flint eric yes ma'am i had no idea um how did you in, in reference to like the water crisis in flint mm -hmm. and what's happening right now in east palestine ohio with their mm -hmm. water contamination and, and also yep. air contamination what, yep. what's your opinion on this like the president not even showing up direct correlation the regulatory agencies have been bought off by those who need to be regulated out of existence you know pete Buttigieg lying like that primary that happened down in iowa or wherever he lied when you see him coming around that truck and they ask him you know smarmy people like that who say they're representing us it just, it, it angers me. It, it angers me to no end because Rick Snyder ought to be in a damn jail. That's mm -hmm. a fact. He presided over the emergency city, the emergency city managers that were forced on that, that, those residents. They voted for someone else. Rick Snyder, Snyder said no. Mm, I tell you that lights a fire under my seat. Cause that, that, that water and that river flowed through down there and there's a place called Chevy in a hole. And my grandfather worked down there and there was a paint facility. And what do you think they put in the water? Mm. And then Rick Snyder served that up to my people. Mm. Fuck him. Pardon my French. But mm, yeah. Well, you can do something about it. Michigan is a ballot initiative state. Yes. Yes. Citizens of Michigan may mm -hmm. initiate legislation as either an indirect initiated state statute, meaning mm -hmm. that after a successful petition drive, the initiative is presented to the legislature to adopt to pass. The state legislature has 40 days to adopt or reject the proposal. Mm -hmm. If the legislature rejects the initiative law, then the measure is placed on the next general election ballot for voters to weigh in on. Michigan is also a direct initiated constitutional amendment state, meaning that after a successful petition drive, where if the petition contains sufficient signatures, then the amendment bypasses the Michigan governor and goes straight to the ballot for the voters to weigh in on for ratification with no stopping at the Michigan legislature. Now, let's, let's preface that if they like you, because we've seen this happen with third parties where they'll try and get on a ballot They've got to go through said process. Oh, look who's coming to Mac with them about and you know frivolous lawsuits. They just did this in North Carolina, I think. And um, right, know. but this so I, the, the whole petition process. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good thing. That is yeah, because that's, that's we got medical marijuana on our ballot and eventually legalization here. We are very lucky for that. So, can we help you with? Uh, Get, in, get in an initiative amendment for uh, Michigan Public Bank and Michigan single payer. I'd be down. <laughs> you started. We, we, we'll come and help you somehow, some way, somehow. Oh, I wish you I can't, had. Can't people in Flint do the same thing that people in, um, shoot, what's East the name Calistine, of the town? Ohio? Well, the town in mm. Montana, Roger, remind me. Mm. Libby. Libby, can't they do the same thing? Eric, can't people in Flint do the same thing people in Libby, Montana did where they were able to get Medicare for all because 
they complained because there was asbestos in the mines? Yeah, so, well, that was, that was an executive question. order through the use through uh, Obama using the Social Security Section eighteen eighty one A of the Social Security Act. So that would have to come from the president, mm-hmm. but. Montana can give themselves their ballot initiative state also. They could just say, you know, we're just going to give ourselves single payer and use the initiative process as an amendment, just like mm-hmm. Michigan can. Um, I understood uh, there, there was a chemical explosion that happened in Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard about so that can't, before. can't those towns, all these towns that are affected, can't they press uh, the Biden administration and say, we demand, I know they're trying to do uh, East Palestine, they're trying to do like a lawsuit against the railroad company. But my thing is, is like, why aren't you guys demanding like healthcare for everybody at the same mm-hmm. time? Yeah. I mean, there's there's precedent for it, definitely. But so, uh, Brent, yeah. I just say, later for the president, he ain't gonna do it. They got the ability to do it themselves. Yeah. Just like they're offering Medicare for now, now that their majority is not in and they can blame the <laughs> yeah. when it fails, you know, but they can look like they're doing a good thing fighting for us. What a joke. Yeah, that, that's yeah. us. You know what? Well, and you, what I think would happen if you guys were to push, if you guys in Michigan were to push mm-hmm. single payer mm-hmm. and if the East Palestiners in Ohio would push it, right? Right. I think, you know how um, in California, they passed, um, Newsom passed uh, a public banking legislation into law mm-hmm. that would allow municipalities to start their own public banks back in 2019. And it's happening right now, like about, um, about 10 regional public banks they're starting, right? But I think that only came about because they were pushing it as a ballot initiative so politicians have egos. So they always like to take credit for the work you did. Oh yeah. So be, so they so unbeknownst to them, not really unbeknownst, but not really like on purpose, they used it as leverage to get the government to pass it, even though they weren't trying to use it as leverage. It just so happened to come out that way. You feel what I'm saying? So, because yeah, why? Because they wanted, they wanted, um, what's that word? They wanted, um, credit. Mm-hmm. Look what I did. Yeah. So, you know, for them, they take the credit. Yep. As long as you get it, mm-hmm. as, as long as you get what you need. Right. Well, hey, fam, everybody, I'm gonna, I'm oh, sorry. Step off here because I am at work. So, oh. uh, I just want okay. to real, give you my, my thoughts here and those historical events. But, um, I'd like to see more pushback on that CPD. When you're ready, we are here. Rock and roll, man. Rock and roll. I'm with you. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome, Savvy. Good talking to you guys. Take care. Okay. All right. So believe it or not, peeps, but we are bringing in another Eric. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, Eric? Number two. Hey, Savvy and crew. How you guys doing? Doing good. Oh, it's a kid. Yeah. How are you? We're great. Actually, this is Eric number three. Man, is that right? Okay, no, no worries, no worries. Eric is a good, it's a good name. So you know, I like Eric. It. You I never like got it. back in, in in contact with me, bro. No, man. You know what? I actually thought you were gonna send me something on the little. Uh, I'm, I, I was I driving. Oh, uh, my apologies. You know what? I'll reach back out to you. For some reason, I thought that maybe you were gonna send something via the little DM inside of this app, the call-in app. But I can definitely reach back out to you. 
right. I'm sitting yeah. down. Uh, yes, yeah. that's right. Thank you. Thank you. No, what I was going to say, Savvy, actually, you know, the, the previous Eric made a lot of good points. And um, just to kind of illustrate, I think, you know, because we're, we're in such a good ecosystem that we get to hear a lot of diversity of ideas. And also, over the last several years, we've been sort of peeling the onion of the reality that we're facing with both parties being equally corrupt. And what, what I realized, you know, when I make comments, I'm not, I'm not on Twitter, but I'm on IG and I'll make comments from time to time there. And, um, and I get some good responses, not a lot because it's not, people are not there to essentially, you know, uh, read comments too much in IG, Instagram, but it's, it is evolving a little bit. And so, but there's still a mass of, of the population that they still perceive the Democratic Party to be a better party than the Republicans. And they see the Republicans as more equated with racism and even even people call them Nazi Nazis in, in, in some in some ways or um, when they talk about them, because still the message doesn't get out to enough people to say, hey, if you actually look at the history of the U.S., none of the bad shit that happens would happen without the Democrats letting it happen. And also, they don't look back, you know, in history to say, hey, actually, some of the Republican presidents, not talking about Reagan, but others, they were forced to make things happen. Even uh, Nixon, you know, he was he was uh, uh, the activist of those years, leveraged their, their might to make Nixon make things come through that were beneficial to the masses. Right. So some things people right? would consider to be progressive, actually. That is correct. But you contemporary people are uh, not contemporary, but people of today that you would think would have the, 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 the mind, the mindset of saying, yeah, you know what? The, the Democrats are equally bad. They don't see it that way. They actually still think, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a smaller percentage as time goes on, but the message is still not out there because the propaganda of, uh, of the mainstream media is so powerful. And also Hollywood, you know, both of these, these two ways of communicating to people are so powerful and ingrained, you know, from the people, from, from the cradle to the grave. Right. Uh, and even, uh, you know, looking at last week, you know, it was great that you had the two uh, lawyers, the two attorneys talking about uh, Bernie's, you know, when they went to sue the DNC. And I actually went back and listened to the show uh, to, to the two of them because I was interested to hear more about them. And it was interesting to hear them, their perspective, you know, about talking about RFK Jr. And the fact that him and Marianne, they've been blessed, you know, by by the powers that be. They're actually out there and they're getting their, their names promoted. But reality is, what are they going to do? You know, she's not going to do anything. She doesn't have not, no sort of fuel behind her. He has a little bit more. But it was interesting to hear the two attorneys say, you know, to talk about uh, uh, the Kennedys and the fact that, you know, here their, their, their uncle, their brother, was was murdered by the system and they in a sense folded you know the ted kennedy who was in congress i don't know for how long but he was definitely there for decades and he got a pass you know he drove and, and I, I think he murdered somebody in a car when he was drunk and he he in a sense was there he could have did more for people 
uh, he could have called out the powers that be, and he didn't. You know, he didn't have the the the, the fortitude to do that. And so, you know, looking at it today, RFK, knowing all that, you know, knowing the fact that the system did what it did to his father and his uncle and others of those times, you know, uh, Malcolm X, uh, MLK, and he still wants to run with the party who's associated with doing all these bad things. And he still like, you know, won't call out Biden and say the things that he should come out and say. It's just like, man, you know, we don't have leaders in today's contemporary world of like, like they have the gusto, the, the, the guts, you know, I mean, again, Kashama Sawan, probably the only one out there that has any high profile to some degree. But beyond that, there's nobody. There's nobody out there that's really for the people. And and again, I know that Roger always talks about, you know, we're, we should not be waiting for anybody to save us. And, I you know, I grant you that. That's correct. But in society, especially in the in the U.S. population, they follow leaders. It's just part of our you know, the way that we function, unfortunately. Uh, and we don't have strong leaders on the activist side that that are, you know, way out there where a lot of people are, are getting behind them, except for, you know, the fake, uh, the squad and, and, and folks like that. You know, so so it, it was good to hear the two attorneys. Uh, you know, Savi, I know I'm kind of going into a rant, but it was just good to hear their perspective to say, hey, you know what? These guys are really phony. Uh, and, and Marianne and RFK, and I, I actually think that RFK is not a bad guy per se, but for whatever reason, he's still wanting to support the Democratic Party, which I don't agree. Right. Like, I, I don't understand that either. Like, you know, if I get the chance to interview him, I'm going to ask him, like, why? Like, you already know the party is corrupt. And he I heard him in other interviews. He believes that he can change it. And I'm going to have to tell him, like, you can't. No, you can't. I'm just going to have to tell him, like, you can't change it. It's it's owned by corporations. Like, it's not even a party. And, like, I'm glad I, I interviewed the Becks. Um, a lot of people have reached out to me and saying, thank you so much for bringing the Becks on. Because some people forgot about that. Some people forgot about the DNC fraud lawsuit, you know. And you could tell, like, you could just hear it in their voice that, like, I feel like they were just spent. Like, they had just really been, you know, they were just really brought through the ringer, so to speak. Like you could tell like by the, the tone of their voice, like, look, this is people are wasting their time. Like they went through it. Like they tried to fight back within the party. And here's the thing. They weren't even asking for the DNC to overturn the results. That's right. They were just trying to get people their money back. That's right. All those individual yeah. donors, the grassroots donations, they were trying to get that money back to people. And it's just, it's really sad. And maybe there needs to be some type of, some type of rule put in place in reference to grassroots donations, you yeah. know? And it, this it is was, something maybe we should have called for before. That, that's correct. It was interesting to hear them say something so matter of fact, because they're exhausted. They're fatigued with what they had to go through. Uh, but it was interesting to hear them say, especially the, uh, I, I forgot her name, if it was Kate or Catherine, but uh, the, 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 the wife. Elizabeth, she was, she was saying that, um, you know, matter of fact, like people get assassinated. If you buck the system, if you try to do anything that's going to really 
go against the status quo, they'll just get rid of you. And, and and it seemed like she was very much, she came to terms like, this is really how it works. And that it was wasteful to donate any kind of money to the system. Like she flat out said, hey, don't give out your money because nothing is going to happen. And we need more people to be aware of that. You know, the fact that, yeah, if you donate to the Democratic Party, they're a corporation. They're going to do what they want to do on behalf of their donors. And it's not us. It's not the everyday American, the everyday person. Uh, and Trump right now, uh, I, I think, you know, somebody said it before. He's like seven or eight points ahead of Biden. And he also, you know, with what uh, Santos is doing in, in Florida with the policies that he's trying to push through against immigrants. I, I don't think that a lot, you know, I, I think. I think he's going to have a lot of people against him just based on what he's trying to push against immigrants in Florida. And that, that would not appeal to, you know, to, to, to some States because it's definitely going to appeal to some of the red States that are, that have those sentiments, but it's going to, it's going to also backfire because there's enough immigrants who don't like that kind of uh, policies that he's trying to push forth. And right now Trump is kind of playing his cards right and not saying He's not aligning himself with what the uh, Santos is doing right now. He's kind of holding that back. So Trump has actually become a much better communicator, you know, when he did that town hall and more savvy as to how he projects what he's saying or his message. And, and, and I mean, that's the truth, you know, and I, and I, you know, again, Trump's a liar. He's, he's done what he's done. But I'm just looking at it from from the perspective of analyzing him compared to the other candidates and and certainly against Biden. And I can tell you people of, of different colors that I that I talk to, but that are not like you and I in, 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 the, in, in, the, in your audience are definitely saying to themselves they don't want Biden. And Trump to them seems like an alternative that's better because, A, he's not losing his mind. He, he didn't take us a war and the bar has been set so low uh, as well, you know, so. Yeah, I totally hear you. I also think Ron DeSantis uh, is mistaken in reference to what he thinks Americans want, because you see, he's looking at what his supporters in Florida want, not yeah. realizing that some of those policies that he's implemented in Florida does not sit well with the rest of Americans. That's that's the thing. On the national scale, these some of these policies just don't work out too well. People give him credit for the way that he handled uh, the pandemic, right? People right. give him credit for that, that Florida didn't lock down and people didn't lose their businesses, that kind of thing. But some of the other policies that he's implemented, like the strict abortion uh, law that he just did, like um, the, the issue with uh, the CRT and stuff in the classroom, like, he is focusing more on like the culture war stuff. And right now during a time when the economy seems to be the number one issue for a lot of voters based on the polls. So I think that's the thing I think Ron DeSantis is going to have trouble with because even some Republicans actually support pro-choice now. Right. So I think, and I think that's why he's not ahead of Donald Trump in the polls. No, no. That, that's correct. Also, you know, the other thing that's amazing is that, you know, and I've talked to you about this for years that, you know, you need a candidate that is both charismatic 
commands the ability to speak in a way that comes across appealing and so on, charisma. But, I mean, a lot of things out there that are populist ideas that are not necessarily red or blue, but more so on the populist uh, side, could be pushed and could be conceptualized and communicated in a way that right now, if we have someone, anybody, with, a, with, with, with the ability to communicate these populist ideas, they could catch a lot of fire behind them. You know, whether it's universal health care, whether it's uh, college debt and, and, and medical debt forgiveness like, like Bernie had, all these ideas are right there for the taking. I mean, even literally, you know, the amount of homeless people that we have across the country and, and, and uh, the previous Eric was talking about Reagan and what he did in the 80s when he basically got rid of all the all the programs, the safety net programs that took care of all these people. Uh, you know, and I live in California, which is a Democratic run state, and we're like the fifth largest economy in the world. And yet you could see legions. I'm talking about legions, Savvy, of homeless people across the board of every city, except for the real rich cities. I mean, some of the more wealthier cities still you know, have much less homeless uh, pro- as a problem. But if you go to Sacramento, San Francisco is, is, is crazy. And then you have rampant uh, robberies all across, you know, like Northern California, people are getting robbed, like in the Bay Area and doing all kinds of just really bad things. A couple with the homeless problem. And mind you, there's a ton of money in the state. It's a blue state and, and we don't have nothing and there's no leader here saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. Like, we have to, like, put the, the foot to the metal and say, hey, we have to start somewhere helping people, uh, prioritizing them, and, and taking care of people. That's no one as a leader is doing anything like that. And literally, if we had somebody out there on a national level, I mean, they could catch fire. I mean, if Trump was even a little bit smarter, he but, would but put Eric, someone... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But, go ahead. Here's the thing. Again... Why are you depending on politicians to get this done? You see, they ain't going to do jack. You know what's causing the homeless, the homelessness crisis across the country? It's private equity, owning housing, engaging in rent speculation, driving up the cost of, of, of rent. The most notable one, BlackRock. You can run a ballot initiative amendment to outlaw the practice of private equity owning housing. That nips yeah, it in the butt. We, we have that same problem here in Boston. It's the same issue. Yeah, it's everywhere. Here yeah, in, New I, York, I, in New York City also. I, I agree with you, Roger, that that's a part of the problem. But I also think that the, not having the safety programs that took care of people that felt that would fall. There's a, there's a percentage of people that are going to fall through the cracks no matter what, even if they have, you know, even if, if some of the housing that you're talking about, because they, they, there's there's a need for programs to take care of people, well, especially especially those that are doing you know, either heavy drugs because of their mental problems or just addiction in general. OK, so where in California are you? In the Bay Area. OK. So remember that law I was telling you about that your governor, well, I was telling, um, who was on here before from Michigan? Anyway, I was, I was Eric, telling. It's another Eric. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was telling Eric, Michigan, Eric, um, about, you know, like your, your governor signed um, a public banking legislation into law. 
okay, to so to charter that allows for the allowance of the chartering of like ten regional public banks, okay. Uh, the East Bay area, the Bay area is one of them. One of the many things that a public bank does it is it tamps down on on speculation, and it it like is uh builds more help to build more um afford. Uh, homes for low income people. I, I know like that word affordable has been like bastardized, like right. aggressive. So build more homes for the uh, build more low income homes. Um, if you take a look at like North Dakota, they're number they're number 51 in the homelessness crisis. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. They're, they're number 51. They're at the bottom of the list. They have the, the least amount of people that are homeless. And you, and you, and you think your thesis is, is because it, they have more affordable or just more housing that's available for people that they can afford it, I guess, is what you're saying. They have a public bank that, that ensures the public interest. So Got one it. of the public interests is, you know. Housing. Housing. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So, so, so it sounds like a lot of. A lot of your thesis of, of your concept is that having the ability to have a public bank in a state will, because of, of the public bank being something that's there for the population of that state, it really fuels, it funds or provides the resources to fund all these other things that are needed by, by the state, by the people in the state. Without having to raise taxes or yeah. create new taxes. Yes, yeah, North Dakota... I, North Dakota also has, according to my friend, a friend of mine moved from North Carolina to North Dakota and worked there for like two and a half years. And according to him, he said North Dakota has more jobs than people. Wow. So he, he moved up there. He got a really good paying job. And the housing apparently is very cheap in North Dakota. Wow. Saved up his money and then moved back to North Carolina and bought a house. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I, I think you said that once before, Savvy. I think you mentioned that in one other episode. I thought I heard you say something like that. I've never looked at, you know, that state as, you know, anything. I've never really investigated it. Don't know much about it, uh, which is good, you know, that you're educating us on that. Because I honestly didn't know. I, I still don't. I need to do more reading on public banks and what Roger, you know. Bro, what's your. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, bro. But I think I, I will. I will say I think people in North Dakota probably like it that way. Mm -hmm. I don't think they want a lot of people to know about it because they don't. I don't think they want a lot of people to start moving there because that will drive the price up. That's what happened to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It was right. just a working class town of people who could afford to live there, and then the rich decided that this will be their playground. So you had a lot of celebrities that bought homes in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and that drove the price up for rent for people yeah. who live there. So there's a whole segment about it um, on YouTube about all the homeless people, people that um, don't have a place to live now in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, because the rich, the celebrities who have bought second or third homes there mm -hmm. have basically priced out the people who were born and raised there. It's really sad. I mean, and it Oh, no, go ahead, Roger. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, you should also check out. Um, so I had healthcareforall.org had followed me. Okay. Because mm -hmm. I asked them, they're, 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 the, they're the 501c3 organization that's pushing for single payer in California. 
So I asked him, okay, what are, what are your, um, what's that word? I, I asked him, hey, so what is your uh, uh, plan for pushing it as a ballot initiative? Yeah. And all they did was like me. Uh, 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 well, that, that's, I wasn't looking for a like. I was looking for an answer. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So my thing is, I just sent it to you, by the way, the, the website. Oh, thank you. They don't have, they don't have a phone number, um, okay. but they do have an address. So um, I forgot where, you know, I don't know how far that is from you, whatever the case is. That's okay. I can, I can look at it. Oh, but you should, yeah. you should put heat on them to be, because I have a feeling that they're going that let's go through the politician route. You oh, know? Yeah, I'm sure because unless, and, and you know, and, and again, Savvy, thank you for doing this because this, you know, you bring a lot of great minds like Roger and others to educate us. Um, we don't know. You know, a lot of people just don't know, and and we've grown up not knowing how the system works, and and we think, you know, we may think one way or another, and we're just completely, you know, uninformed as to how things really work, and and that's part of, you know, that's how the system continues to be the way it is. They don't know. They don't want you to know. They, especially, they don't want you to know that you can do things yourself. They want you dependent upon them. The politicians right. want you dependent upon them. That is correct. You will, you will see when Sabrina does the uh, North Dakota ballot initiatives ne mm -hmm. next time, there's some things that the that North Dakota legislature is outraged at that the voters did that they're like, oh, we got to shut this down. Oh, we got to do this. You know what I mean? And yeah. And and so the thing is, that's what they fear, because right. now as things are beginning, beginning to see that nothing's going to happen at federal. So now they're looking at other options. Yeah. People with with that whole Dobbs decision, yeah. um, people started doing the ballot initiatives and people are discovering it. But my thing is, is that when I look at some of these initiatives, I see a lack of imagination. Because what I see is, oh, they just, what did they do? They just uh, expanded Medicaid under Obamacare. Why not do single payer? Like, like why is, it's kind of like you're going all around the target instead of hitting the target. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see all this, I was like, there are people that are working that are doing these ballot initiatives, but it's just to me, I think they lack imagination. Like, why not do this? Why are you doing that? I've seen all these things about something about dialysis centers mm -hmm. and, and doing this and doing that. Why not just do single payer to, to cut like all of it out? You know, you just boom, yeah. do yeah. it like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, I was talking about Instagram, Instagram, what it does, it actually looks at just like Facebook or anything else analyzes what you're looking at. And I get a ton of like ads on donating to, hospitals and donating to different causes uh, when the reality is reality is all these hospitals you know especially for the children hospitals that should be all 100 percent free and there should be no asking of any donations per se we we you know we sent a ton of money to ukraine already which is insane you know just insane and the hypocrisy you know i always think about mexico I, i've you know i've mentioned this in other calls savvy Mexico is our closest neighbor, right, or one of them. And there's a ton of people that get killed in Mexico every year, murdered by the cartels regularly, like every day, including the media. Um, 
and we, we are not doing nothing about that. And they, and they're literally sending drugs, you know, that are killing people here and making money for them while the same people that are making the money are killing their population over there in Mexico from the money that we give them, which is insane. And we don't, you know, like nobody talks about it as long as it doesn't affect the U.S. agenda. Nobody says anything about it. But, you know, but slowly and sh slowly and for sure, as as these cartels become more powerful, they're actually mushrooming their the mushrooming their power is extending to the to the states like Texas and, and Arizona. They'll, there's going to come a time when something's going to happen and be done. And, and we're just letting it be because they don't affect the U.S. agenda, per se. But, you know, we got trouble south of the border, you know, way closer than anything that Ukraine's ever going to do to us. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is, these are all good points. And I think that um, I am supposed to have a brother and sister come on soon mm -hmm. um, from North the Dakota. Yes. Yes. So they'll be able to explain um, a lot of this to us more so um, because I think, first of all, I've never even been to North Dakota. I don't know about you guys, but I've I've never been there. And you know, some of the things that I've been reading and I've heard, I think like, why don't more people know about this? Yeah. It's like Roger said, they don't want us to know. They want to keep us uninformed. Uh, th there's, there's no, there's, there's like, there's no platform except for like RBN and a few of the other channels on YouTube that are really informing us as to what the possibilities are. You know, once you know the possibilities, then your mind completely oh. flips, your, your mind changes. There was some. There was something I was going to mention to Michigan Eric, um, even though he beat me to the punch with Reagan, um, okay. when he said that he closed down all that Reagan closed down all the hospitals and stuff. Also, right. let's not forget, no president has reversed that since then. Now, right. let me fast forward it to the Cuomo administration. So, remember when Cuomo was doing all of these, uh, looking responsible by coming on. Well, I don't know if he was getting this in your in your state, but he was coming on TV doing all of these. Um, updates. Yep, and, yeah. wow, he looks so, he looks presidential. That's he looks right. so responsible. That's right. Let me tell you something. If you, if, if, if you saw someone start a fire and then put it out, would you say, wow, that person is so great. Look how they put out that fire. <laughs> okay. So during the 10 years he was in office, he let um, and he underfunded government hospitals. Right. Okay. That was mostly for like the poor and so on and so forth. Right. And he handed over like the private hospitals to like private equity. So it yeah. became more about, oh, and that's another thing that, that we should not just private equity and BlackRock owning um, housing, but outlaw them from owning hospitals too, and medical facilities and institutions and all that shit. But anyway, um, yeah. he handed it over to, to them, right? He handed it over to them. Do you, that made us ill prepared for the pandemic, which we were like ground zero for. Right. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like, that's what people were missing. It's like, oh man, it's people were saying it's because of the subways and so on and so forth. No, Cuomo didn't have, he shut down all the government hospitals and he underfunded them. Yeah, okay. He, so. Yep. Um, what happens is, if you're a Medicaid recipient, the, these these fancy hospitals are not trying to fuck with you. 
Right. They're like, hey, go over there to the poor hospital. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's yeah, a lot of right. income dis- um, discrimination going on because oh, yeah, they yeah. make money from the, the the private health insurance companies. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if we passed, if we would have passed the New York Health Act, which at this point I think the only way we're going to pass it is if we become a ballot initiative state for, for amendments, or when other states that are CBI states start passing single payer then they'll dip their toe in the water and go, oh, I guess it's nice. Okay, I'll go in also, right? But when that happens, that would mean that we would be outlawing private health insurance companies from operating in the state of New York. So there wouldn't be go over to the the, uh, Medicaid, you know, go over to the poor hospital, Mr. Medicaid recipient. Like, no, you know what I'm saying? Everyone would be getting financed by by the government. Can I ask you a question, Roger? Yeah. Man, you're so informed. How did you become so knowledgeable of you know what you speak about? How did how, what what led you to this to this path to, to being you know doing what you do? Because it seems like you know so much. Um, how did you get that informed? What 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 was the spark? Or how did you become this way? You want me to go from the beginning? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I got to go. go. From the, yeah. Um, I, it was Obama. Okay. His first and also his second inaugural address, and this is something that I never thought of. He said, um, yo, listen, it's not just me. I need you to hold me accountable. Okay, this is an all-in thing. It's not just you elect me and then I go and do no no, we all have to be, and I never thought of politics like that. I always took it from a perspective of, all right, I vote for you, and then I just go back to my life, and then I come back in four years. Okay, did things get better, or how did they do? Hey, how come you ain't do it? You know, whatever the case is. You, you feel what I'm saying? But when he said that, something clicked. Mm. I said, oh, the only way this this works is if we're all involved. Right. So then, now, on top of that, I was always a naturally curious person. Nice. And then on top of that, when these smartphones started coming out, um, I told a friend of mine, um, I said to him, yo, let me tell you something. All these people get me smartphones. When I, when I get, when I get some money and I get a smartphone, I'm going to be a terror. <laughs> All right. One in the chat. Whoop, whoop. All right. Congratulations. On. All We're right. still done, though, I think, in my mind. But, but, yeah, but Savvy, you, you know, I, 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 I want to give the other guys a chance to speak. You know, Savvy, again, uh, I look forward to hearing more from you, uh, you and, and Nick and CJ. Hopefully you guys will, and also JB, uh, to get some speaking presentations, hopefully, in the coming year. Um, I think we need to get you guys more out there, and we need to support you guys when that's possible because I, I really think we need more people to continue to hear you and the others uh, with the breadth of diversity of, of ideas and knowledge, like even Roger, you know, I even think Roger should be getting out there with you, when you guys get a chance to put a panel because, you know, the information that he gives, not only is, is it informative, but it also sparks somebody's head to say, oh, you know what I can do, what Roger's talking about. I can do something about- I went on camera once, I'm not going again. <laughs> okay. Well, I go. I go if Lucy comes with. All right, all right. <laughs> well, listen. You don't need. Listen, well, I keep. 
I keep saying you don't have to look toward people on your electronic display screen. Right. You are the leader. You know what I mean? You, you like you don't have to do that. Stop waiting on the politicians or somebody on YouTube or whatever. You got the you got power I don't have. Cuz we I can't do in New York what you can do in California. Right. Right. So I just say stop waiting, do it. And put your and put your your, your Twitter handle in this in this message box right here. I don't have Twitter, man. I I I don't have Twitter. Oh, shit. So how am I supposed to? Ah. Well, send him send him your email address, a kid. Okay, yes. I'll do that. Put put in the message thing right here. Okay, you can have everybody in the chat emailing you. All right, thank you. All right, Savvy, I'll let you awesome. know. Thank you so much, Savvy and T. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we're gonna bring in uh, Jenny. Jenny, what's up? Hey, I just dropped a link to a story that was written in 2013 at the New York Post about RFK Jr. And I thought it was an interesting story, and I just wanted to share the backstory if you guys are interested. Um, where's the link, uh, Jenny? I put it in the chat. Oh, boy. Okay, oh, I'll, there I'll, have it is. To, I'll have to check it out. Um, I see it. Why can't I see it? You got to scroll down a little bit. It's under Nick Gaz. Sex Diary of RFK Jr. Oh, some some freaky stuff. All right, cool. Well, oh the, God, the, the, the freaky part of the story is what's the backstory? So, a couple weeks ago, here on your show, I told you about RFK Jr. being contacted by a CDC whistleblower who wanted to come clean about what they knew about the autism studies. You remember that story I told? Yeah. So the rest of the story is he started to rise up very visibly with the black community. Louis Farrakhan, the Nation of Islam, and others partnered together to do some major activities that got zero press. And then a couple of weeks after all this, the march on the CDC in Atlanta went down and all this stuff happened. All of a sudden you get this story in the post about RFK Jr.'s diary that was stolen. Wait one second. You're saying that RFK Jr. partnered with the Nation of Islam? Well, I told you the story a couple weeks ago how he had gone to the um, NAACP, gone to some other black activists in Washington, D.C. to share with them this evidence from the study that had been squashed that black babies had a higher incidence of autism from the measles vaccine. Do you remember me telling you this story? Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so he went to... Louis Farrakhan, because he said, you know, nobody else will help. And so Louis said, all right, we're going to help. So, you know, the Nation of Islam stood up in a very public way. Um, but like I said, that none of us was covered in the press. And then you had the story of a measles outbreak at Disneyland. That got all the press. You know, everybody's freaking mm. out about the measles and blaming the parents of unvaccinated kids for this outbreak. And it was, it was a big psyop by the media. And this is what they do. So the next part of the story is the important part. And this is what the media does to people who stand up as vaccine activists. So you get this story about RFK Jr.'s personal journal being stolen. And here's this post story sharing excerpts from his journal. And then they talk about the suicide of his wife, Mary. And, you know, she was his second wife. He has a total of six kids. He had four with her. And in this article, you get all this 
nasty stuff about Mary's a drunk and Mary's got problems. She's suicidal their whole marriage. And, and then she's dead, you know? Well, I suspect, I don't have any proof, but I suspect that she was murdered because this is what they do to the spouses of the activists. They torture them. They taunt and just mess with them in every possible way. Chuck Schumer said it best. He said the deep state, the intel agencies, they have six ways from Sunday of getting back at you. And I am a long-term anti-vaxxer activist. Some of these techniques have been used on me by my friends. I know people who've been murdered by them. So I'm not blowing smoke. I know people in my day-to-day life who've experienced this type of trauma. And so I predict that as RFK Jr.'s campaign goes forward, you're going to probably be seeing some of these stories, you know, about his wife who committed suicide and he's having all these affairs. And I don't know if he had the affairs or not. I don't think it matters at this point whether he did or not or what caused his wife to commit suicide, if she did or not. But all of this stuff, this mud flinging they do, is just part of the tactics that are used against anybody who stands up against the drug industrialists. And as the campaign plays out and he gets more popular, and I predict he will, I think Marianne at some point will probably drop out. And it's going to come down to a, you know, RFK versus Biden primary. That's just my gut feeling. That as that amps up, you're going to see some of these stories. And it's important to realize that this smearing that happened to him was right after all of that activity that happened around the measles vaccine and the CDC whistleblower standing up, William Thompson. Anybody who wants to learn more about that needs to watch the vaxxed documentary just to get the backstory and you know just recognize that these are the tactics that will be used against rfk just because of his stance on vaccines very well said jenny um i know uh his his um previous wife mary i i read not that she committed suicide but that she was found dead like i said i wouldn't be surprised if there was some serious fall de roll going on around that death. And I doubt we will ever hear RFK himself say what he thinks it was. I don't think he'll speculate for the sake of his kids. You know, right. That's a good point. Who wants to, you know, Oh gosh, the deep state killed your mom. These, these children are still relatively young. And so I'm just trying to kind of expand the Overton window and share what I know about vaccine activism, the type of tactics that are used against people like me, against people like him, who was, he was incredibly visible in this whole thing. And in really, he was the main one to kind of like light a fire under the nation of Islam to get them engaged. I mean, they, they organized some serious stuff, but again, cause it wasn't covered by the press. You didn't really hear about it unless if you were in alternative media spaces. And those were also being suppressed and limited. So I'm just, you know, kind of throwing this out there to just kind of have everybody say, huh, why are they going after him so hard? Well, there's a lot of money at stake, trillions of dollars of money at stake with this whole vaccine thing. They've got 200 vaccines in the pipeline, all ready to go. mRNA technology ready to use on everybody whenever they want. 
You know, we have to stand up to this. We just have to stand up to it and stop it. Yeah, I think people need to understand, like, too, and I've seen him say this in interviews, that he's not even anti-vax. He just wants safe vaccines. And yeah, I've, heard, I've heard him say that. Yeah, it's interesting to me how it's not even just mainstream media, but even some people in independent media are just running with that anti-vax, like, smear about him. And this guy's done, he's written multiple books. He's done a lot of research on this. I mean, I haven't done the research in reference to like the vaccines and stuff like that. But I do have common sense, at least, especially when it came to the COVID vaccine. And I was just kind of like, really, I'm supposed to not think there's going to be any, any issues with the vaccine that was just pushed out that quickly. Yeah. Well, watch the, watch the Vax documentary. It really gives you the whole overview of what this whistleblower did why he came forward, who he was, senior scientist at the CDC. And then it shares the story of the activism side of things. And then they made a second documentary, Vax 2. And this was the bus going all around the UK and America, getting stories from the families themselves. Share your story. And so these are just firsthand accounts of what happened to individual families, evidence that's been covered up. These families have been silenced and ghosted and kicked to the curb. You know, it's another layer of gaslighting when you have a sick child and everybody around you is going, hmm, I wonder if it was some lead in the paint or, you know, maybe you, you should have breastfed for another month and that would, that would have prevented this. You know, it's just maddening. So I'm passionate about him being a legitimate candidate, not being derailed. And everybody needs to listen closely when the guy talks. He is a, just a wealth of information. And I, I look forward yeah. to either either being president or perhaps in 2028 being president. I think he will do an absolutely perfect job of confronting all of the money machines that are there. He wants to stand up to all of the establishment power, all of it, and just, you know, just deal with this. And I kind of feel like he's earned the legacy to do it because of his family heritage and all the passion about the murders of his father and his uncle. I mean, this is an American story that makes me, it makes me cry, you know, when I think about it. And I just think anything we can do to support him is good at this juncture. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I I never thought I'd see another Kennedy run for president. You know, uh, I say another, I wasn't alive when the other two ran for president, the other ones ran, but um, I I never thought I would see that. But I, I think that, I think, I think he wants to bring it back to what it was like when his, his dad and his uncle ran and yeah, the party is, is very much different now. Someone brought this up earlier and I want to get your take on this, Jenny. Do you think that RFK Jr. would be better off running as a Republican? No, I think he's a Democrat through and through and always has been. His family is. Um, the Democrat Party is broken. There's no question. And honestly, the Republican Party is too. They're all controlled by the establishment. It's been fun watching the DeSantis camp- campaign kind of crash and burn before he even announced, you know, <laughs> because people are having none of it. All the same tactics they use to run Jeb and Ted Cruz and all these other guys who are just all in with establishment goals. We're, we're over it. It's done. We're not going to allow him to be the candidate. And so whether it's Trump, or it's Kennedy. I don't really care at these, this point. These are the two men who said they are going to go fix the problem. 
And the problem is the corporations run the government and they have to be decoupled from the government, kicked to the curb, made to pay fines for everybody they've defrauded with their racketeering extortion, give the money back to the people that they extorted from them, gun to your head, you know, gun to your head, get the vaccine, get the fact you're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your kids. Can't go to school. Mm. You know, there needs to be some serious accountability for all this criminality. And so I look forward to those guys making it happen. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I don't know if everyone in the chat remembers Jenny McCarthy. She used to, I remember she used to host this show on MTV called Singled Out. Like that's how I was introduced to Jenny McCarthy. But anyway, um, apparently she was also uh, on Playboy or something like that. Anywho, um, a couple of years ago, she came forward as being against like vaccines because of the autism thing. Like apparently her son has autism. She was very vocal about this. She's been on many talk shows to talk about it. And uh, Hollywood pretty much canceled her. Um, they did. She came forward. Yeah. Her son was really sick. She used some great alternative healing therapies and was able to really help him get back a lot of his functioning brain. But she was so brave. Some of those interviews with her, back when it first started, her activism first started, or just, you know, Jenny in the circle of men and just taking them out with her words. It was beautiful to watch. You know, I don't have vaccine-damaged kids, but I am a vaccine-damaged adult. And like Candace Owens, who, you know, she became an activist after she was damaged from the Gardasil vaccine and was in bed for a year. People often don't know that side of her story. But so many of us who are activists uh, we jumped into the ring because of our own bodies, because of the things that happened to us. And Wait, she was in bed for a what now? Candace Owens was in bed for a year after getting the HPV shot. It really made her sick. And so, um, you know, she doesn't talk about it that much, but it's definitely part of her story. And it's part of mine, too. You know, I've got all kinds of autoimmune diseases that I deal with every day. And it's what fuels me. Nobody should have to live like this, you know? I never trusted uh, the HPV shot. I never got that, actually. Because in my mind, I was just like, that's why there are, you know, that that's why you have your physical every year. You know what well, I mean? Like, they, they the test women, you for that. The women who get cancer tend to be prostitutes who smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. So if you're not that woman in her 50s who gets cervical cancer, you know, it's better to just, you know, like you said, get checked. How old are you, Sabrina? I am a millennial. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm an older millennial. Because my girls, my oldest daughter's 35, and they were teenagers. They were the very age when that vaccine came out. So I was already in the habit of doing all the research And I found a study that said 11 girls died during the vaccine trial, taking the shot. I'm like, I'm not not giving that to my kids, you know, 11 girls. I didn't even consider, because my thing is, is like, number one, it was too new. And, you know, people that are close to me know how I feel about medicine or any type of like vaccines, these things that are too new. They know how I feel about that because I had friends when I was an undergrad that had bad experiences from the patch. And I don't know if everybody remembers the patch, but it was a form of birth control, which was supposed to be easier than taking the birth control pill. 
Because sometimes what would happen is people, you might forget to take the pill. And then it's like, oh, I missed a day. Then you got to deal with that, right? So the patch was supposed to prevent that from happening. You put that little patch on and then you take it off and then you get your, your period or whatever, right? So that was new at the time. And I had friends who said, oh, this is going to be so much easier than the pill. Forget that. I'm going to jump on the patch. And they got on it. I had friends that um, they took the, uh, what's the birth control that they put in your arm? The Norplant? They took that. And I had friends that um, got injured from that, that had issues with the patch. And this new thing that people were using called the Marina, that they, they, sorry to be discreet here for the gentleman, but um they put it inside you and it's supposed to stay there for a couple of years. None of this stuff sounds safe to me. I'm like, what do you mean it's supposed to stay there for a couple of years? Like, I don't. So same thing with the Norplant. Like that's supposed to stay in your arm for five years or whatever. Well, years later, what they found out is like there were women developing cancer from the Norplant. Apparently having that inside your arm for five years wasn't safe. Yeah, they really had a lot of trouble. Once they would go try to get them out. Yeah. And so I knew. So because of the things I saw with that, when they came out with that Gardasil shot, I was like, I'm not getting that. And they were like, but it's for HPV and da, da, da. And I'm like, that's also why we have a physical and they test for that. And typically it takes, and if you have a really good doctor, they'll explain this to you. Typically you have to have HPV for 10 years before it even develops into cancer. So if um, you're if you're going yearly to get your you know your physical and stuff like that, and they should be checking you for HPV two, not just cervical cancer, they would pick up on that. But that seemed really weird the way they were pushing that out. Like they were just like, oh, um, you should start getting like this Gardasil vaccine now. Da da. I'm like, for what? Sabby, they're giving it to little boys. They're giving it to little boys. So little boys get HPV now? <laughs> but the thing is that, you know, because it's communicable disease that their partner can be a carrier and you don't want to get it from the boy. So we give the boy the vaccine too. It's insanity. It's utter insanity. Mm. That's, um, that's scary. That's really scary. I just, I don't know. Like, let's think about this people. We had parents at some point or another, right? Our parents didn't have to take this, this Gardasil thing. Like, I mean, like, are you kidding me? I mean, it just, it was just very odd to me. It's very odd. Every time I come around, like they're pushing, like, I feel like they're pushing new things. You need to do this, you need to do that. And I feel like they can't get the science right. And I say this because even when you look at nutrition, Nutrition has changed throughout my entire life. When I was a kid, they told us to follow this food pyramid where there was all this bread and grain at the bottom. And then it was like the fruits and the veggies and the fats and da da da. Then years later, they were like, oh yeah, don't do that. That's not a good idea. When I was a kid, they told us milk does a body good. Apparently it doesn't do everybody good. So like they, they had to change that too. It's like, no, it's actually not good for you to have milk all the time, every fucking day, especially whole milk. So then they were like, oh, some people are actually lactose intolerant. And then come to find out African-Americans, 
our body don't take to dairy too well. So we're really not supposed to, because of where we originally come from, we're not really supposed to be consuming dairy all the time like that. We come from a continent where it's meat and vegetables for the most part. That's why we don't tend to tolerate it as well. So I think it's just really weird to me. I was just like the number of, of changes that we've had over the couple of years. So then they said milk wasn't good. Then they said, do 2% milk. Then they're like, no, do the 1%, do the skim milk. And now they're like, no, just do the almond milk. Then people say the almond milk isn't good for the environment. And da -da -da -da. I'm just like, every time you turn around, they tell you something else. You know, I do like my smoothies. Like I do smoothies five days a week for breakfast, right? Then they say, don't do the smoothies because you're not supposed to drink your calories. Eat the smoothie. Then you go to eat the smoothie. <laughs> and then they say, no, just drink the smoothie. It's better to drink it. They don't know. They really don't know. They're just trying to make money. Jenny. Yeah. So you're talking about um, uh, cervical cancer. Is that the same thing as ovarian cancer? No, your no. ovaries are kind of up by your fallopian tubes more inside the body. The cervix is the little place where the baby comes out when it's born. So like the, the reason the reason why I was asking that is because when you were saying it was mostly be, they were mostly prostitutes who smoked cigarettes, I was from what I've seen, it is this baby powder talcum powder that has been causing uh, uh, cancer. That I was ovarian cancer. Yeah, I do think there's a link to that. You know, talcum powder is basically ground glass. You know, like yes, asbestos. Yeah, so you know, having that in the baby, every time you know, moms would sprinkle it on the baby every time they changed them, and the girls, it caused a lot of problems. So I agree, that's part of the problem. But the, the whole, and, it's the hysteria. You know, the media-driven hysteria. I remember sitting at my daughter's gymnastics meet with some moms sitting behind me, and they were debating whether or not to give their daughters the HPV shot. It had just come out. And I was just listening in, you know, but they were so afraid. There was so much fear. Like, and even my daughter, she came to me, oh, mom, what if I'm raped? I'm not planning to be sexually active, but what if I'm raped? Shouldn't I get it just for that? And I just shared with her some of the data, you know, that was being generated on what happened during the trials. Once you look at that and see that the side effects are not worth the supposed cure, that's when you can use some discernment. That's the big issue I have with the, the vaccine we have right now for COVID. The side effects, in my opinion, have not been worth the cure. And, and the side effects have been horrifying for many, many people. And that's where you have to have the free will. If people want to get vaccinated, great. I'm not someone who's going to stand in their way. But you should have the choice. No mandates. Zero mandates for anybody. And you should have the ability to think it through. For me to take a COVID shot would be deadly. It causes a cytokine storm, which is an allergic reaction, which I frankly have spent the last 50 years trying to prevent in my own body. I'm trying to stay away from my allergens, the things that trigger that to happen in my body. Why would it get a shot that causes that in many people? Some people drop dead in the doctor's office of these cytokine storms. Why would I do that to myself? I've used my own discernment. I explained this to my own doctor and he said, oh, I still want you to get the shot. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. It doesn't make any sense. So it's it's the common sense side of it that really kind of, trips me up because it's like, we should be smarter. You know, we should be smarter than we are. And one thing I want to add too, is that, you know, 
What really drove me crazy is when they they required us to get it in order to come back to work. So yes. like I didn't even have a choice. Like I was required to get it. And I'll be like totally frank with you guys. Like I can't talk about this on YouTube because you guys know how they are about this thing. But I know females that had menstrual problems after they got the shot. Like people who are close to me. And it's not discussed much because you can't really talk about it like on YouTube unless you have like a really large channel and they won't try to take you down. Um, maybe people are talking about it on like Rumble or Rockfin, but I know women who after they got the vaccine, like they had menstrual irregularities and they had never had it before. So there was that issue. And I know now, you know, mainstream media, they have printed articles about this now, but when that was mentioned over a year ago, people were looking at them like they were crazy. And yeah, they were like, no, we're trying to tell you we're having issues here. And you'd get canceled off all social media. Heck, you could get canceled from your family for talking openly about this stuff. Yeah, it's it's very true. And I'll say to everybody, too, in reference to, like, the Tolkien powder, like, nobody, you guys, or not the guys, but for the women, like... This should be known, but I've realized over the years, it's not known by everybody. You should never put any of that stuff, like powder, that shit that they sell uh, in CVS, the Summer's Eve and all that stuff. Like, you don't put that stuff on your hoo-ha. You don't do that because it causes problems. Like, and I tried to explain this to people before, like, first of all, quick body lesson here for people the vagina cleans itself it is self-cleaning you should not be taking these products that people are selling on amazon and i've seen people do this these commercials people are pushing on youtube and putting these things and and like shooting it up your vagina no well, and sabrina do you know what the best thing is for a vagina to stay healthy it is semen the, the substance that should be inside of a vagina is what keeps it healthy. There's all kinds of things that happen, good things that happen in a woman's body when that semen is there. And yet, you know, you've got the sperm sides and all the junk they, like you just said, that they sell for women to supposedly keep you healthier and stop the yeast infections and all that. And it's crap. No, no that stuff, like, guys, that stuff is just a scam. Like, it really is, like, you're going to mess around and you're going to end up with issues. And I've, I've had this conversation with, like, younger girls before. You're going to mess around, you're going to end up with issues. Like, yes, obviously, you're supposed to wash. But, like, you're not supposed to put powder on your vagina. You're not supposed to put powder on your vagina. And this is what was happening. And that's why they had that lawsuit with Johnson & Johnson which was the class action lawsuit where they were able to say like, look, we used baby powder from Johnson and Johnson and all of us developed ovarian cancer. And they found out that it was linked to the talcum powder, the baby powder. And the thing is, is like, yeah, Johnson and Johnson lost that lawsuit, but at the same time, they could have pushed back and said, under no circumstances did we tell you to put this, you know, down there, but at the same time, they didn't warn people that you shouldn't put it down there. 
And yeah. so some people were doing that. Like, no, you don't do that. Like all the smelly frou-frou stuff, like you have to be careful with that stuff. You really have to be careful. Like, and that someone mentioned in the chat that act stuff too. Yeah. Like you, some of the stuff that they sell when they're like, there's this stuff. Um, I see the commercials for it. Loom, loom. And it's supposed to be like a deodorant slash body cleanser or whatever. Lume, right. So they have different products. And one of the products they had, they said, it's for your your butt crack. And I'm like, do I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, please stick to soap and water and do not put that shit up your ass. Like, I'm I'm sorry, but you can't trust that stuff. This is just for people to make money. Well, the, the healthiest thing you can do, I, this is my opinion, is to have one sexual partner, stay true to each other, and there is an antibiotic type effect from semen that is very powerful for women. I used to joke with my husband, you know, come give me a shot of antibiotic <laughs> because it's true. <laughs> it really is true. And, you know, this is how we stay healthy as a couple you know, is to help each other and recognize that our bodies are meant to be compatible and they help, we help each other. So I probably should stop talking. I'm sorry for all you guys who are listening. No, please keep talking. <laughs> well, I'm a childbirth educator. So I spent a lot of years teaching the facts of life to my couples. And um, I'm a big promoter of what's called orgasmic childbirth, which is, you know, we just believe that husband and wife should be the only people in the room when the baby is born and that if you invite anyone else in a doula a midwife even a family member it messes with the process because the process is meant to be sexual and that engaging in uh, foreplay during labor is the best way to get the baby out of the mom's body the same hormones and energy that went into getting her pregnant help the baby to smoothly and easily be born ideally in this orgasmic gasp of joy and so i'm i'm very open to teaching this to people because i have taught it for years but it, it freaks people out because i'm a christian but you know we're the ones having the babies so we know a lot about it <laughs> an orgasm birth i've heard it all jenny i've heard it all have you ever heard of it sabrina have you ever heard of it i have not i've, I've heard of the underwater birth a friend of mine did that where she was, she sat like in a tub and like she delivered her baby in a tub, in a bathtub. That's awesome. I heard of that. Um, and I had another friend of mine that refused to actually um, have her baby in the hospital. She had like apparently like just really bad, really bad like fear of going into labor in the hospital. She said she just would not feel comfortable. So she had her baby at home. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Like, so is there some people that are, you know, more, they're, they're more picky about how they go about this process. And then I've known people that just really didn't have uh, a choice in the matter because the baby came before it was supposed to. Um, right. But well, for the th most there part, been, there's different there, ways. There have been books written, documentaries made. I actually met the gal who made the first documentary. She came here to Colorado and did a big conference on it years ago when it, her book first came out. She said she was a little skittish about titling her book in this movie, Orgasmic Childbirth, but they did a study 
and found that when they titled it that, everybody was like, what? You know, and got very interested. And so that's why she went with the name. But we unapologetically share the facts with those who are interested to just say, look, this is how your body ideally should give birth. And the best scenario is to just be alone in your bedroom with your lover. He should be the one to be catching his own child. No, no busy body. Anybody who gets between a woman's legs while she's in labor, who's not her lover, she tenses up and gets nervous. And when it's, when it's the husband, you know, catching the baby, it is such a powerful moment for that couple. We've done, we've done two, two of our babies this way. Both times I gave birth standing up. I was in a standing squat, the goddess position in yoga. So different from my three hospital births. So empowering. You know, I, I've just been shouting from the rooftops for years now about these births because they changed everything for me. And the women who've had these babies this way, it is just, it's like you move into goddess mode. They're so fierce, so protective of their babies and their marriages. It's just real phenomenon. And we have been very suppressed. I mean, there's been a whole campaign, Brandy Zadrozny at NBC News, but, you know, axe to grind against us with our articles. But, you know, we just keep going. And just we want to just share the truth with the families. We don't um, we don't I, like got, we don't like a lot of people in between the legs. No. <laughs> the jokes. Jen, Jenny, you I'm sure that's the chat's going bananas right oh, now. Oh, it's going I crazy. I don't even want to look. <laughs> no, nah, don't look. Je, Jenny, you, you keep saying to catch the baby. You put that image in my head of that episode of Martin in the in the nineties where uh they was having a scene where the woman was going into labor and then she screamed and then the, the baby popped out and shot across the room and Martin grabbed it and put a put a towel on it like it was a football or whatever the case is. That's that's the image you put in my head when you said to catch the baby. Yeah, go put your baseball catcher's mitt on. There's a baby coming. Got to be ready to catch. It, I, I can't tell you guys enough how sacred and amazing. You know, after our son was born in 2002, our youngest, my husband handed the baby to me. I kind of laid down on the bed. I look over and he leaps for joy. He's leaping for joy. Yes, we did it. You know, it was such a moment because the stereotype you're taught about men is them passing out in the delivery room. And he's the schmuck who can't pull it together to be there for his wife and his baby. It was the absolute opposite of that. And my husband's a very shy kind of, you know, self-effacing engineer, kind of a geek. You know, he's not your typical braggadocious male, you know. And yet this was a moment for him and for us to just triumph. And we had had a C-section with one of our babies. We had a vaginal birth after a C-section in the hospital. You know, our three hospital births were kind of long, horrifying events. We were so grateful that our babies were born. I mean, it's the happiest day of your life. But they were cluttered by all of this extra debris. And it was so joyful to just grasp our power as a couple and say, no, we're going to do this thing. And he was highly reluctant about doing it. Believe me, we had a years-long fight about what we were going to do because I gave him an ultimatum. said, I can't do it in the hospital ever again. I just can't. But we worked through it. And, man, he was there for me for these two births. And I just adore him for his trust in me. Because what he came to is, 
you know, she's the one who has to do it. If it was me doing it, I'd probably go and get an epidural, but she's the, she's the one giving birth. So it needs to be her call. And I so appreciate that respect for what was in my heart, you know? Did you guys know when some of the European countries, like they actually give the women uh, gas, like when they go in labor, so they don't feel the pain as much? Yeah, they, they use gas in, in American births too, here and there. It's not as common. Most most get the epidural. But but I've heard that causes problems too. It definitely slows down your labor. Mm. And quite often women will get it at the time when, if they just kind of hang in there a little bit longer, the baby will be born. But, um, you know, I, I'm so loath to question hospital birth in any form because everybody starts throwing rocks at my head immediately telling me how their baby or their wife would have died if they hadn't had this or that. I, you know, you do you. I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. But I do feel passionate about people knowing their options. When, you, when is your book coming out? Oh, <laughs> baby, I already wrote it. <laughs> Eli- <laughs> Eli- Only Eli- one? Elijah birth. I wrote it for husbands. I wrote it in 1998. I surveyed a whole bunch of couples who did this and wrote the book from that survey, Elijah birth, how to turn the hearts of the fathers, Jenny Hatch on Amazon for 99 cents. Go buy it today. It's a great book. I put in the, in the chat, what I was talking about, by the way, about what were you talking about? That episode from Martin. Oh, good. I'd love to see it. I don't know that show. You never heard Martin Lawrence? My no, I'm not a big TV watcher. I, I'm a reader. Oh. Was it a, was it a sitcom? Yes. Yeah. You I never was... heard of the comedian Martin Lawrence, the stand-up comedian Martin Lawrence? No, I have huge gaps in culture stuff because I, I have these kids who always demanded to be watching Sesame Street, you know? Well, speaking, oh, well, of, speaking of Martin Lawrence, he was another one that said they tried to come after him. For what? There were, he had an episode one time where he ran out into the middle of the street and he, I guess, had, I think he was on something, but he ran out to the middle of the street and he said, they're trying to kill me. They're trying to kill me. Wow. And years later, like he's opened up more about it and he really did feel like, like, I guess like the, I don't know if there's a deep state or whatever that they were trying to come after him and. More is coming out now, especially now that Jamie Foxx has this illness that seems to be undiagnosable, uh, um, and he oh, was in the hospital, and it's, it's all Fox, crazy. If Jamie Foxx dies, I'm going to be so pissed. He is my, like my favorite. Dreamgirls, Jamie Foxx. Well, I thought you didn't pay attention to that stuff. No, I go to the movies. I don't watch television. I'm not into television, but I love Jamie Foxx. Lawrence was in the... Okay, whatever. <laughs> I probably know him as an actor, but just don't know his show. Oh, my gosh. It's so good to talk to you guys. You know, usually when I bring up these topics in the past, I just get chased, chased out of a room or chased out of a conversation. And it is so joyful to be able to share my heart. And these are my my pearls, you know, to share them with you guys and have you not hate me. It's been such a heavy load. Because you start talking about these things and everybody's like, what the hell? <laughs> stop, stop hanging out with them conservatives and hang out with, with us lefties. We're a little bit more liberal with that. It is, it is so <laughs> true, Roger. It is so <laughs> You know, when, when you get a, a group of women together, they share their birth stories. It's just a fact. 
and they all they're like war stories you know so they're all going around yeah i had a c-section i had a 35 hour labor i'm like well i had a big fat orgasm <laughs> they don't want to hear that <laughs> that's funny though it is funny. that's funny but boy they don't want to hear it so see us, us lefties are good for something so yes, you, gotta, you we're, are. We're a little bit more uh, free-spirited. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are awesome. You're awesome. I will say this. For those of you who know about female anatomy, the G-spot in a woman's body that gives her that G-spot squirty orgasm, that is there so that when the baby's head runs over that spot, that aids the baby being born. The contractions that happen in the woman's vagina are the exact contractions she needs to get the baby born smoothly and that squirt action that produces all that fluid that helps the baby come out. I mean, it is literally embedded in the woman's body, how her body should function while she's given birth to this child. And the last thing she should be doing is laying flat on her back and having 11 people with their hands up in her business, trying to pull the baby out. You know, it's, it is to me, it's like the difference between just beautiful lovemaking with your spouse versus a horrifying rape, you know, just a gang rape. And people hate it when I compare hospital birth to rape, but I can't help it. I just can't help it. I'll be watching the, uh, the, what happened nine months before that. (laughs) Well, it's all such a beautiful process. I'll share a link in the chat to the orgasmic birth, um, documentary it's everybody should watch it it's so good send us that book too i will thank you roger i appreciate that i'd love to sell some books i will be watching (laughs) love you guys you want to talk to to bad i'll hang up awesome thanks so much jenny let's bring in uh bad cookies what's going on cookies what's up sabby can you hear me i can hear you what's up how the fuck am I supposed to follow that up, Sammy? <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to talk about? I can't. I don't have any experiences like that. Let me tell you about my goat. I have. I had a goat once. I, I, I have nothing. I got nothing for you there. So I'll get straight to the topic here. Um, I, I heard some things that, uh, that you and Marianne Williamson have in common, Sabby. Uh, I'd like to verify if this is true. Okay. Um, I heard that you and Marianne Williamson like to throw cell phones at people. Would you like to confirm or deny this? <laughs> I've never thrown a phone at anybody. That's funny, though. Oh, okay. All right. So that one's false. It's fact-checked <laughs> false. Got it. Thank you, Sabby. Uh, the, <laughs> the second commonality I heard between you and Marianne Williamson is you guys are secretly supporting RFK. Is this true or false? <laughs> that is false. <laughs> <laughs> and that one's not even a joke, Sabby. I've I've heard people in chat in other chats in other channels talking about, oh, if you listen to Sabby, she's grifting for RFK Jr. I'm like, dude, are you serious right now? <laughs> it, it's it's some things I have heard. That's why I'm like, let me let me verify with Sabby. So now we have it on record. It's false. I think what's funny is like, you know, some people have said like, Sabby, why haven't you mentioned that RFK, you know, doesn't support Medicare for all? I'm like, I actually mentioned that right after he announced his campaign. And I told you there was nothing about Medicare for all on his website. (laughs) 
are just lazy and don't want to do the research or they're trolls. Yeah, for real. I, I totally agree with that. And my last comparison that I saw, or I've heard, sorry, is uh, you and Marianne both don't support a two-state solution. Is this true? I don't support a two-state solution. Ah, damn, you didn't fall for the gotcha. I was hoping you would fall into that. Yeah. <laughs> but wait All a right. minute. Why would someone think that Marianne is secretly supporting RFK? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I don't know, Sebi. I, I had nothing to follow up fucking Jenny. That, how do you follow that up? So I thought up of some some comedic jokes about comparing you with Marianne Williamson, which is completely off. You have no comparisons with Marianne Williamson. Uh, you actually support uh, reparations. She doesn't. Um, with that said, uh, I'll, I'll give it back to Ashura. I just wanted to touch base with you and see how you're doing. You haven't been with us for a while and just want to say we missed you. And also because you have a bad habit of not letting us know, what do you have planned for this week so we're aware of what's going down? Okay, so far I actually have nothing. The problem is, like, sometimes I get contacted, like, the morning of or, like, the night before and say, hey, come on such and such. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And then I forget to tell people about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just just been very, very busy. I am going to discuss on Thursday um, the first event I want to do for the RBN chapter uh, in Boston. Um, so I am going to be discussing that a little bit. Um, so we can go ahead and get that up and running and what I'm looking for and stuff like that. But that's pretty much it so far. Okay. All right. Uh, one last question, Sabi, and then I'll give up the floor is, uh, do you plan on doing any collaboration soon with any other uh, YouTube streamers? No. No? Okay. Because <laughs> uh, the one you did uh, before, well, it wasn't really a collaboration. It was more of the interview with uh, with Kim Iverson. That was really cool. I was thinking, like, you could do more collabs like that with someone else. Oh, like oh interviews. Yeah, I do have some interviews coming up. Yes. All right, cool. Um, Lee Camp will be on. Hell yeah. Um, not this Sunday, because I'll be at Jimmy Dore's show this Sunday, so I won't be streaming this Sunday, because he's coming to Massachusetts. So um, Eric will be with me, too, um, and his family. And then um, Lee Camp we, will be on the following Sunday. And there's a couple other people I'm waiting on confirmations for. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that's cool as fuck. All right. Thanks a lot, Tabby. You have a good night. Awesome. You too. Okay, let's bring in um, Ashura. What's up? You're not having much callers tonight. It's it's a, it's like a very slow night for you. Normally, the the, the, the line would be packed. It'd it's be a it's a Tuesday, and then okay. also um, people are not people. Honestly, are not calling in to call in like they used to anymore. Why is that? You always have good content. Even Noel, I'm like, where's Noel? I haven't seen Noel. Um, all of us are experiencing it, actually. It's not just me. A, a part of it is the app. Um, um, some people... Delphia, too. Having issues. You know, some people are having issues with the app where they just drop off. Like, they'll be in the queue for, like, forever, and then they just drop off. And, by the way, that's not me. That's just the app. And I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I've told Colin, you know, about it before. Um, but I have noticed, like, 
compared to like a couple months ago when calling was kind of hopping, uh, people don't call in as much anymore because they have too many issues with the app. Every Everybody's numbers have gone down. If you look at like the top shows, because I'm one of the top shows, look at the people ahead of me. Everybody's numbers have gone down. Mm. Um, I want to bring back up the thing you talk about, the MCU contracts. You do know where the reason why you're not getting the X-Men, right? Because people keep talking about the X-Men. You do know that when... Uh, Marvel Disney wasted seventy billion to bring to buy Fox. They have like the X Men people, the Michael Fassbenders. Their contract is still basically locked. They could basically bring them into the MCU, but they're not doing that mainly because they want to get their own version of the X Men. Yeah, so I did not- know that about X Men. I did know that their contract was locked. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I'm like, such. just bring them over. You got them already. Why well, you got to basically go for new new actors? People right. already like those ones. Uh, and the thing I want to talk about, Bad Cookies mentioned that uh, that people were talking shit about you. I was I, I was surprised when he came in. Uh, I think it was was it yesterday you came into the chat when the Dude Dissidents Live with uh, Kit and uh, CJ was on. And I was surprised. You came into the chat and you told me, you told me last time, that nobody likes you. I mean, people were some people were cheering you on when you came to the chat. Yeah, the people cheering me on are not the people who don't like me. Yeah, fuck, fuck them, fuck them anyways. We both know yeah. these are. <laughs> it's really, it's really funny because like every time, first of all, every time I'm watching a live stream, I'm not always in the chat. In fact, most of the time, I'm not in the chat. Because I usually have that on while I'm doing something else sometimes. But most of the time, I'm not, like, actually commenting in the chat. So people, they don't realize, like, I'm there. And then they'll say things because they think I'm not there. Yeah, you're just watching. Exactly. And I still see the comments. (laughs) um, You had Neo's Neo's algorithm who graced us his presence yesterday. Uh, He basically said that uh, (laughs) the reason why... Uh, Sabrina, you and, and JB are no longer doing these uh, RBN lives, RBN lives with the rest of the crew is because you guys hate Nick. Oh boy, that sounds like, like manufactured I'm, drama. First I'm like, of you- all, yeah. First of all, I work. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I was thinking. I was like, she could be in an, in a, at a meeting. She could be working. Roman's got his tool for the poor. Like the only people that could pop up have more time to do the streamings is CJ and Nick, and uh, CJ and not, not CJ. What's his name? JB could be like he's still grieving, so this is some bullshit coming from him. And then he was like, um, I think he's off, he's off the Marianne Griff because I noticed that all his live videos, propping Marianne, they're gone. Only the shorts are there. Who is this? Neo's algorithm. Tell him to start a ballot initiative and leave us alone. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, he was trolling in the chat. He was going after CJ. CJ just basically sit and blocked him. Is that is that yeah. what hate watching is? Yeah, I hear this term hate watching. Like, what was, no, was he going after CJ? He was going on the chat. He was talking some dumb shit that like he loves CJ's fingers, some shit like that, some creepy shit. What? Yeah, because even even bad cookies talked with the bad. He told bad cookies some way that CJ blocked him on Twitter, and the only way he did that is because he wanted to just troll CJ. And bad cookies tell him, so you're basically there. You're, you you want to get blocked because you just want to troll people? 
tell them the sort of ballot initiative. So here's the thing. I've never seen that person. Like I've, I've never seen their face or anything. Um, so there's that, you know, and, and then the other thing is that, um, people have to understand, like, that's the reason he's the reason why Marianne was even on RBN to begin with. Yeah. Cause have I understand like we didn't invite Marianne on. He did that. Cause I remember he was, his feed was popping up one time on Saturday. I was waiting for professor black truth to put a video on and his video feed popped up and he's doing a live and it's me and Jamam 93. I think that's his name. We were in the chat and he had a bunch of these other liberals talking about Marianne, fawning about Marianne, asking questions. And when he got to the, to the chat itself, he was asking our questions of what do we, what do we would want for Marianne to do. And I feel like he was picking my brain to figure out what type of people protection that I, I would want to have. And he's probably going to send those notes to Marianne, but Marianne's not, uh, she's not progressive. She's not leftist. She's a, she, she's a fucking liberal. Now, I, I mean, I heard Marianne, like I said, Marianne basically believes in some stupid shit. He's, she's anti-vaccine. I didn't hear Crystal Ball say that, uh, that was a red flag for her on Marianne. Is Marianne still anti-vaccine now, though? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she still is. I mean, I don't think that she would say some. No, I don't think she. I think she's she is. She's not going to basically say it out loud. Don't fucking cancel her. No, I, I think she was just asked that question recently, though. I think she was just asked that question, and I don't think that's what she said. So I think that's the thing. I know she had that position back when she ran in 2020, but see, I don't think she has that position anymore. What makes you think? She, well, she could basically hide it, but because if you if you call out and say you're anti-vax, they'll come for you. So it's best you don't say it. That's true. I mean, I think I don't know. Like, I I think the thing is is that. Um, I don't know why they were trolling CJ. Like, it's just, it's so stupid. Like, just because somebody doesn't support your candidate, I've never seen such immaturity before. I, I never thought I would see this level of immaturity like in left independent media. It's really embarrassing to be honest. And I think that like, it's just, just people just frustrated because they don't have anything else to do. All they want to do is just push uh, a politician for president and that's that's all they know how to do and that's the easier thing to do um but it's 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 really interesting though because that's what people just don't understand is that i have a job i have to work you know cj has a job rome like for people who don't understand how rbn works like rome was never on stream often and for those of us, for people who knew us back when we were FHL, when we were Fred Hampton leftists, Rome's primary thing was on the ground. And so he could do streams like <clears throat> when he can, but he had tour for the poor before he joined FHL. So his big thing was the, the on the ground work is more important. That's where, where he came from. So he doesn't do as many streams that's never been a new thing people have to understand that jb's grandmother just passed away jb just got back 
Yeah, because it seems to me he was grasping at straws to basically call out RBN, the people there, just to cause trouble. And uh, I have that one clip I talked about. I'm just going to make you listen to it. This is Robert. Roger saw this one before. So this is the partisan shit I was talking about that's happening with the Democrats and Republicans. It's gotten so ugly to the point where even if you have a politician that may go to try to work, may try to bat for you and do something for you, you don't want to listen because things have gotten so partisan. So I'm just going to make you listen to it. Okay. I think okay. he's playing the video. Oh, okay. Hello, who is this? My name is Richard Lee, and I'm running for city council, so I just wanted to introduce myself. Excuse me? My name is Richard Lee, and I'm running for city council, so I just want to say hello. Are you a Democrat? Yeah. yeah. Then leave. <laughs> it's really funny and i think that like yeah people have to understand that like jb has dialysis like three times a week this is not a new thing he's talked about this on rbn multiple times for me like during the day i am very busy like before when we did roundtable it was on thursday at four o'clock which worked for my schedule but yeah. then, you know, we had transitions happen throughout the group. And then that day wasn't free for everybody anymore. Again, people have jobs. Yeah. So the day that was available for most people was Tuesday. And so what I had said at that time is I could probably make it some Tuesdays, but I won't be able to make it every Tuesday because I have meetings at that time for my job. So every now and then they will say, we're not going to meet Tuesday, like for my job. I'm like, okay, cool. So that's all hands on meeting. So if they say, no, we don't need to meet, then I can be on there. But other than that, I'm expected to be at the meeting. Even though I work from home, I'm still expected to be at that meeting. So that's why you don't see me there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tuesdays are really tough. Like, Tuesdays are tough for me. That's why I don't do anything happening in the afternoon on Tuesdays. That's why a lot of times, like, if people contact me around that time, I kind of just check out because I'm usually pretty busy with meetings. Yeah, and uh, I haven't watched the stream you did earlier. I'm going to have to watch it. But I, I have a question for you. Between the media on the so the left, so-called left, uh, MS CNN and MSNBC, which of the two has uh, Trump derangement syndrome the hardest? I know CNN, uh, CNN is they just they just want the fucking they're desperate, but MSNBC seem to be there. They got that Trump derangement syndrome hard, especially Joe Scarborough. Because yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I caught that one clip soundbite that CJ did at the beginning. She was like. She was begging the Republicans, hey, Republicans, what whatever happened to basically you being a bunch of religious people? You want you want that guy? You want that guy? Republican women. You want Donald Trump? I'm like, why are you still begging Republicans to <laughs> go vote to, uh, Joe Biden? Yeah, I was going to say uh, Morning Joe is probably the worst with it from what I've seen so far. Um, Joe and Mika, they're awful. Yeah. 
I mean, they got that Trump derangement syndrome hard. I don't know what the fuck Donald Trump said to Joe. Uh, Joe to point, well, he, he hates Donald Trump way more. I mean, morning Joe, I just call it morning joke. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty bad. Like I, I just really I really don't I really don't like them. Yeah, that one guy, who was he? That one black dude that was talking about uh something about uh what it was. You know that one guy you were you were calling out? That one black dude, not the one with the glasses. The one that was talking. I don't know who that guy is. I know he's a uh you some of the guy for the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, that guy. It's not Malcolm Nance. I know who Malcolm Nance is. Yeah, that guy was awful. I think it's Harold. I, I've seen him before on Roland Martin's show. That guy was awful. And I'm just like, why do people even, like, watch this stuff and, like, not even question it? Like, that's the thing that bothers me. Like, where's the questioning, guys? Well, I wrote in the chat that that dude's a coon seller because these guys only care about their self-worth and propping up the establishment. As long as they are good, the establishments make them the money, it's about themselves, they don't care really about the community. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous how they're begging Republicans to somehow turn, <laughs> turn around Trump, vote for somebody else. It's going to be a bloodbath. I'm going to enjoy seeing the Republican primary than the Democratic primary. Uh, I don't know if uh, Mary Ann and uh, RFK are going to debate each other because Neil's algorithm said that Mary Ann is going to kill it at the Ohio primary. That somehow she's going to beat really? RFK. This person like, is, is weird to me. Sappy, get fed vibes. <laughs> like, I, I really do. Like, I just, I, I don't know how to explain it, but but what, what do you say that they have fed vibes? I've heard you said that before, but why do you think that? Can't you, he just be a troll? I never see this person's face. They're supposed to be helping with the campaign. Uh, they started off like going into people's like uh, live streams and putting in the live chat, follow my channel. I'm trying to get to a million subscribers by such and such a date. <laughs> I see this person on panel interviews. I never see their face. And I'm just like, yo, who the fuck are you? And FYI, you should probably stop going into people's live streams and putting that shit in their live stream chat because YouTube can consider that to be spam and your ass and your channel will be gone. <laughs> yeah, because um, uh, I don't know if you know this. Those leftist, leftist mafia people, they just lost a member. Apparently, uh, She's been a plagiarist. What are you talking about? You know the leftist mafia? You know, the, the girl with the triangle head? Is Everybody? that, uh, who is that person? I don't know who that is. Well, she got, well, she got kicked out of the group. Apparently she's been doing some shit, like so much fucking shit to the point where they can't, they couldn't defend her. They had to kick her out. And she went after this guy called Legal Eagle. I, I've watched his channel before. He's an actual lawyer. I know he, that guy. You know that guy? Yeah, I've seen that guy before. Okay, well, she basically went after him for saying that he copied her shit and then he had receipts ready for her and then she had to walk it back, apologize. And then there was a slew of people 
who used to work with her, basically calling her out, basically putting all her dirty trash out to the point where one of them said that she put uh, one of her one of her friends like suicide letter on on Twitter. I'm like, why are you putting somebody's previous suicide letter on Twitter? Put some bullshit, and they kicked her out. Oh boy. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like I, I'll be, you know, brutally honest with you guys. I think that magic that some shows had, like during the, were able to capture, I should say, during the, the Bernie like moment. I don't think that magic is coming back for left independent media. I didn't have a show during that time, but I definitely watched all of these people. But I don't think that magic is coming back in a uh, a political way. Um, I think that was the goal with like Marianne to bring that magic back. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, and I think some of these people, I think, are going to, some of them may disappear. I think some of them may pivot into other things. But uh, I don't, I don't think we're going to see that again. Uh, and left independent media the way that it was. Marianne's a health guru. She's about that vibe. How do you think she made her catch the magic? She's like a genie in a bottle that just got released. Well, I think Murphy has a good point. Like Murphy said in the chat, they're all comfortable and corrupt now. Yeah, it was different back then. Like, I don't know. Like, everybody wasn't, well, not everybody, but it's a lot different, you know, when you're not making like $20,000, $30,000 a month on Patreon, you know, things were different back then. I feel like, especially like Bernie 2016, I feel like things were different. And like, now it's just, I don't know. I feel like people got too comfortable. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, and my last point, uh, Don Tal put a video out, um, I think it was last week or the, the weekend. Uh, what's up with him? Um, is he doing okay? Because last time I checked him, he was like trying to get people to help him out. Is he stable now? I'm not sure. Actually, this is the first time I've I've heard from him in a while. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. The first time I've heard from Dontel in a while um, because, you know, I was kind of wondering the same thing, you know. Um, I know he was going through some hardships and sometimes people may not want to share, you know. Okay. And, and they want to try to get like on their feet and stuff. So, um, but I'm I'm glad to see that he's back. He's Dontel is is fucking brilliant. And if Dontel had like the resources, like if he had the resources that like fucking like Breaking Points had, oh, he just fucking take off. Like he's he's yeah. so smart. He's a great writer. Like he writes on Substack too. You know, he just he went through some hard times financially. Yeah. Um, the reason why I, I brought him up, uh, he did a video about Bree, and there's a point where Bree uh, was talking to neoliberal tears, and Bree was ha heavily trying to push back on him because he, I think he said something about that Bree is like championing Marianne to go back into the people to tramp people back into the Democratic Party, and she was saying something around those lines that she was not doing that. And neoliberal tears said, well, you kind of look like you're doing it. And then you said, are you accusing me of basically funneling people back into the Democratic Party? I voted third party. And I'm like, what? Well, you kind of sound like you're getting people back into the Democratic Party. 
who said that? Neoliberties said that? Um, no, that was Bri- that was Brianna responding to him. But that was all she was saying. She gave that vibe that she was voting for Marianne, telling people to go back to the Democratic Party, but that basically is how, what it is. We've seen the videos multiple times. Even if she says she voted third party, she's on that Marianne train. I don't know. Like, I can't... I don't know what Bree's thinking. I can't speak for her, but... I will say, I told you, I think this neoliberal tears person is just, they give me, that motherfucker giving me fed vibes. Like, it just seems like. I think, like, I, I, think I said neo, not neoliberal tears. Neo, you, ne, you talk about neo that was uh, a fed. Neoliberal tears has been on your show. Neoliberal tears has not been on my show. I'm confused. I, no, I'm pretty sure he has been. I think we're confusing neoliberal tears with neo's algorithm. No, no, no. I'm just saying neoliberal tears. No, I'm saying... Oh, no. I'm sorry. I was confused. Okay, that's what <laughs> I'm, I'm saying. I'm say, saying. That, say that I'm all again. I'm sorry. Tears called in to, 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 um, to Brianna's show on Colin. The video is up on Dontel's show. He didn't, pull, he didn't put the entire thing. He just talked about that section. Okay, but what was the thing again? I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. Um, he asked. He asked her, um, "Why is he?" Well, the question is around like voting for Marianne. The fact that Marianne, there's there's no point in basically going back to the Democratic Party. Why not just focus on, on you know, the same stuff RBN has been saying? And then basically, they he said like, "Well, you're funneling people back in," and she's like, "Does it look like I'm funneling people back in?" Then she brings up the fact that she's for a third party, but. You're on the Marianne Trump train. I think it, it, it's, I mean, I don't know. Like, I do know, you know, I'll give free credit for like voting third party, you know? Yeah, but. Especially during a time when she was criticized for doing so. That was like 2020, right? Not 2016. A lot of us didn't even know who Brie was in 2016. Okay. Because she wasn't a part of the Bernie campaign at that point. So I don't know who she voted for in 2016. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, wait, wait. No, I do. She voted for Jill Stein. Yeah, I voted for Jill Stein, yeah. But I don't know for 2020. I don't think she would vote for Harry Hawkins. Nobody likes that guy. I don't think she voted at all in uh, 2020. Yeah, I know I she I... was very adamant about no, not voting for Joe Biden. I know that. I remember that. Because she brought up she voted third party, but I'm like, okay, but he was his argument was, but you're putting people back into the party. I mean, you better be you you better be focused on other shit, just going back to the Democrat Party. You want to just do mutual aid on all that, all that shit, and she wasn't having it. So you're saying that neoliberal tears said that Bree is putting people back in the Democratic Party? Yeah, that was the question. That, that because it's on downtown show. If you watch the clip, I think it's like maybe twenty minutes. He, caught, he was talking about that, and Brie was doing pushback over it. Okay, well, I guess I'm just kind of surprised by that, and I think Roger Meadows knows why, because... <laughs> well, I'm kind of surprised, because from what I saw, neoliberal tears said that uh, they will be supporting RFK Jr., so I'm just kind of confused. <laughs> not neoliberal tears. Like, I think they we're talking about Bree supporting 
the Democrats. I don't think neoliberal too says he's going to support RFK. No, no, they did actually. <laughs> neoliberal too will support RFK. Yes. Okay. Well, that that I didn't know he was going to do that. But the, the question was that too. The neoliberal tears ask her why you basically gave people back to the party. If you watch that uh, clip, what call in was this from? Uh, I don't know what the date is. It's it's the most it's Dontel's recent video. Okay, uh, Bad Cookie said that was Neo's algorithm. Really, you sure of that? Because I thought it was neoliberal tears. That's what Bad Cookie said. The call-in that I saw, you're talking about the one where it was also on YouTube, correct? Yeah, that, that's the first one that I've, I've saw since he came back. It was, okay, it, it was on YouTube. It was a YouTube call-in, but it was also on call-in. Okay. Yeah, okay, so I thought it was Neoliberal Tears, because I'm going to check it. I'm pretty sure it says Neoliberal Tears on it. Hold up. I don't know. One moment. I don't know. One moment. I'm just going to check. Too many Neos. This is worse than the Eric's. Well, there's Neo's really Tears, but there's Neo's algorithm. I don't even know, man. I've muted so many people on, on Twitter. I don't even know half the shit. Like, is I'll just be why, honest with you. Is that why I haven't seen What's-His-Face anymore? Uh, you know, Mr. Philosopher. He, he doesn't seem like a bad guy, but the guy that, that that made you pissed off about, like, when he talked about, what about the feelings of white people in America? Who? Uh, <laughs> when you talked about that reparations one time, and that guy came in and said, well, what about the feelings of how white people feel about reparations? You got to be more specific. Uh, a, a couple uh, of people made that name. comment. Um, he, he was doing a philosophical debate. Uh, forgot what his name was. Oh, it, it, I think bad, it was Gator. Yeah, Bad Cookie said Gator. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if he's on Twitter. Does it matter? No, no, I haven't seen him anymore. I, I guess you chased him away. I haven't seen I him. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm okay. typically a nice person. I just. Um, I just don't put up with any bullshit. <laughs> One of the things, I mean, related to Brie that I found really interesting is that is that rising still continues to to bring on people that that no other like corporate type outlet will do. Like Max Blumenthal was just on there, I think it was today or yesterday, talking about Bilderberg and so you know, I, I don't know how much of that is Brie or how much is that is is the the producers but I've been um I've been impressed by that I mean I, I remember back it was like uh that Crystal and Kyle I'm not Crystal I mean Crystal and Sager you know and they and they left Breaking Point uh, they, they left Rising and, and we thought you know oh well you know Rising was the corporate place and they were going to have this big lefty Breaking Point show and then it's just kind of ironic that Breaking Points has turned into a, a corporate trash dump and and Rising is the interesting show now. Well, it was always a trash dump. I mean, if you know who was on it. 
Yeah, I found the video. The title is I'm not gonna basically play it. I thought the title is Bad Takes on Bad Faith Part One. That's the recent Dotel video. Oh wow. I haven't seen it. Okay, I'll have to watch it. Yeah, that's um, the one with New Liberal Tears wasn't on it and she 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 I mean she's on it for that Marianne stuff, but she doesn't want to be called out about it because a lot of people basically went on her on the call in. They said they got called out by Brie. Like Brie doesn't like pushback. I don't know. Like, I mean, Brie and I have pushed back on each other before. Well, that's because well, she's not going to block you. She'll block anybody else. Well, I don't get into these spats with people on Twitter, though. I think that's the difference. <laughs> no, these people are not spatting with her. They just give her a slight critique. Let's say, okay, let's say they do, she said something, and then they say, okay, but you said this, block. There are people who put that, that tweet online. They'll say, okay, but they did one tweet that had nothing to do with no pushback, just a, just a little bit of hypocrisy. You said something that if you had the resource and this, you would basically, you would get, you would basically be able to do this, but now you have it, but then you block someone for just saying that comment to you. Hmm. I don't know. I, again, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I don't know most people, most of the big, bigger channels, like in the space, I don't really know them. You know, I mean, like, uh, there's only a handful that I've actually met in person. And that's been at rallies when I've gone to rallies in DC. So like, I met Max in person and Anya, I met, um, Jimmy in person. I met um, Tara Reed, um, Jose. I met in person, uh, but for the most part, most of them I have never seen in person before. So, so that was that one time you met Jimmy was at the rally. That was the first time. Well, it was I met him the night before the rally? Okay, because he did a show the night before the rally. Yeah, and we took like a picture together. Um. But other than that, like most people in this space, I don't know. Yeah, I saw you met Rome. I think it was on Twitter. I think it was last week. That was from last year. Okay, that was last week because he posted a video. Yeah, when he came to Boston to do tour for the poor. Yeah, I met him then. Um, And that was also the same week when he came here. That was also the same week Ron Paclone was touring here. And... um, Jill Stein was performing with him at a show. So that was really fun. That was, that was a cool time, man. Like, by the way, Rob Cone's uh, stand-up comedy is funny as shit. Like, I was not expecting, like, because I never saw Rob Cone do stand-up. So I was not expecting him to be vulgar. So it was funny. Like, I was just like, wow. Rob <laughs> uh, can be vulgar. I, I've seen him on, on Jimmy's show when he was around. I mean, he, he's, he's like Jimmy. But he's he's younger. He's more quick on the shit, like to give you a response. Yeah, I think like for me in this space, like I kind of just I just go by the beat of my own drum. Like I don't have like deep like relationships with people in the spaces like other people do. And I mean that's fine with me. Like it's it's too much drama. It's too much drama in the space. So. Sometimes it's like the less I know about people, the better. <laughs> mm. Like I'll just I'll just keep it real with you. But yeah, I don't um 
I don't know. I, I usually kind of just do my own thing. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, and I think I talked to you about this, you guys about this before, like a, uh, a while back, like I'm not usually invited to these types of things. Like I'm invited to rallies. And I think this more so because like I give speeches and because I'm an activist, but other than that, like, I don't know people like that in this space so much. Like, even though like, I've been doing this for two years now and I've, I've interviewed a lot of people, but some people in the space, like they actually do have personal like relationships with each other. Like they're like friends and that's not really the case for me. I mean, my, my closest friends are people that I knew before I started doing this, not people in the space, except for like those at RBM. Yeah. Uh, Nick has said that, um, there's the collaboration with uh, what's it social? No, not social alternative. But are you guys still work together with them, or you're on the worker strike back thing and more often? Yeah, so worker strike back is based on your area. So there is one here in Boston. Um, there was one action I was supposed to go to, but it got canceled because of the rain, and then it was rescheduled, and I couldn't go. I couldn't make the rescheduled date because um, I had another conflict. But that's yeah. that's how worker strike back works. That's the thing. It's like it's based on where you live. So if there's a worker strike back chapter that's doing something in my city, then I can go to something like that. But otherwise, like it's just based on where you live. Because I was expecting like weekly updates what they were doing with well, since CJ likes to say that they're doing they're doing co uh cooperations between RBN and and worker strike back. So I was hoping maybe. There would be like a segment on every show when CJ talks or Nick, they would basically bring up, talk about uh, Kashama Sawan and Worker Stripe back, like what they did, what they're what they're doing since they started. They're not doing something every week. That's the thing. Like they don't. I get I get emails from them every time there's something going on, but a lot of times, like it's more informational than it is. Like, hey, we have this event planned. Um. So you just got to keep in mind, like they are still very new and just keep that in mind. But they have already had a couple of events, which I went to the one here, one of the ones here in Boston, but, and I streamed that event, but, um, it was, oh, it, it was neoliberal going back to what you was asking before. Asher. Okay. I, I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, I, if if you actually sure if you actually go watch the full call in episode on bad faith, yeah, you'll see where a neoliberal does say that they're thinking about supporting RFK Jr. Because Roger, both Roger and I saw that that call in. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. If they want to vote for RFK, I don't mind. People do what they want. I was just talking about how he tried to say the same thing about her for basically getting Marianne back into the party. Well, not focus on anything else because it seems like Marianne's not going to do anything with the money. That money's probably going to go back to the Democratic Party. Same thing could probably happen with RFK. The money might go back to the Democratic Party. I would say that RFK needs to, well, if they're not going to, if they're going to lose Ben Denis to Biden, I would say take that money and give it to mutual aid. From what I gathered um, from talking with, um, from what I gathered, the Green Party was taken off the ballot because, you know, there weren't enough people that. There is a benefit to the Democratic Party by having people vote in the front. Fair enough. Um, so I'm just, uh, but, but again, like, I'm probably going to, I'm 
I would vote for Argentina over Marianne. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at. But thank you for helping us. Um, <laughs> Yeah, of course. What would a, a episode of Colin be without this particular subject? <laughs> Thank you, Neil Liberal. It's always great to hear from you. Um, I don't want to say this one because I know there are trolls out um, there. All right, so that was it. That was it. I guess oh. I don't understand. Like, what's what's the big deal? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't no big deal. Yeah, well, the way you titled it, it's, it seems like it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, um, what did I put down here? Oh, when you was talking about before, I forgot to mention that when you were talking about um, uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein got off the plane uh, pissed um, on your show. Mm-hmm. You know what I kept thinking? Maybe, you know, this is just, you know, you could call it a stretch. Maybe he was pissed that he couldn't entrap um, RFK. Was that, was that, was that, was that about, I, I saw the thumbnail. I didn't get to all the. She said, so, so, so on her show, Sabrina said, um, uh, he, RFK was on, on the plane with um, Jeffrey Epstein and Jermaine Maxwell. The and fuck? he said, and he was like pissed. So he stopped the plane in some some place, some town or something like that. And he just got off the plane and, and walked. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I'm just thinking, was it because he was pissed that he couldn't entrap RK Jr. into some type of uh, blackmail he thing? Yeah. That, that's the thing about that. It's like it's like that Jeffrey Epstein plane has every fucking sleazy motherfucker coming in that on that plane and going to that island. And it seemed, yeah, because I saw the thumbnail. I was like, what the hell is Sabi going to talk about? RFK, Jeffrey Epstein. I'm like, the <laughs> fuck is this? I'm like, the fuck. I'm going to have to rewatch your entire show up to the point where I got in. And then I have to watch the RBN live one completely. But I'm like, damn. It's like, if they get that shit on, he was on that plane with FC, they could just make up any fucking thing they want to kick him out. Yeah, but, but Whitney Webb wrote about all this. Mm-hmm. I went over that tonight. Yes, that's so. And and RFK Jr. has interviewed Whitney Webb like about this. Mm-hmm. Let's bring in Kaladin Hunt. I'm inviting you to speak. You just gotta unmute when you come in. Um. But uh, yeah, RFK Jr. interviewed uh Whitney Whitney Webb about Epstein, and like I said, like if he was complicit, then why would Whitney Whitney would have revealed that information? Collab, oh, I'm, I'm inviting you to speak. You have to accept the invitation, and then and then you just gotta unmute, and then we we'll be able to hear you. Hello, hello. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Awesome. Um, hi, Sabi. First time caller. Long time. Well, I don't know how long. Maybe like two years, three years. Anyway, I've been watching your streams for a long time. I love your content. Great job. Um, I really, I have a lot of questions about RFK and the main one is just basically like, why, why is he running? Because you yourself pointed out that, you know, that the primary or he knows that the primary is rigged. I think he knows. And 
that they're not going to let him become a candidate. So like, what is the point? I just, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, so, I mean, if anybody could shed some light on that for me, I would really appreciate that because it just seems very futile. They are not going to let him become a candidate. He's too dangerous. So, yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, socialist pizza, pizza says it seems sus. Yeah, it's very sus. Um, and I, I've been following RFK's work uh, through the pandemic mostly just because I was interested in like an alternate point of view about the whole vaccine issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if he has those views that are so firmly anti-establishment, what makes him think that anybody is going to, what makes him think that people are going to allow him to get anywhere? So, Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, these are all good questions. And I've honestly, I have these same questions for him. (laughs) That's why I said, like, I did speak to them recently and they said, you know, they said, Sabby, you're in the queue and, Um, you know, we haven't forgotten about you. Like we have a, a lot of requests. So like I, I reached out, it's interesting to me that some of these people have already gotten these interviews. Because yeah. I actually contacted them for an interview before his announcement. Call Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy will put a good word for you. I don't think that's how it works. Like, I've already had someone put in a good word. It's just the fact that there's so many requests. And so I'm on a... Um, I'm on a, a list along with a bunch of other people. It's it's ridiculous for you have to be on the list. Like, what when is going to come after the primary? After the first primary in uh, Ohio? I don't know, dude. I just know some people got interviews way before me, and I reached out before he made his announcement. And I know there is one person in particular who I'm not going to name who they didn't reach out until after. Uh, but again, uh, like I said, like this is typically how it goes. Like I hate to say this, people, but typically a lot of times, like I can't tell you the number of times I've been blocked uh, from interviewing people, not by the person I want to interview, but by their staff. And I found out because I went around through other people and those people would reach out and they would say, why the fuck did you... <laughs> Why did you, uh, you know, why'd you do that to my friend? You know, you just told them that you didn't have any dates available, but obviously you do. And then they would come back and correct and stuff like that. Like people are are not as willing to go onto a show to, and I hate to say it, but they're not as willing to go onto a show and talk to a black woman who typically I'm not as, I'm not as as uh, nice. Like I, I will. Are you kidding me? Oh, like, no, you're I, you're still pretty nice. <laughs> you're like the nicest person. I mean, you you got fucking uh, 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 what's his name to, to cry on 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 your show without even pushing him that hard, Nick Brana. Don't even get me started with that one. Oh, what like, he I'm, cried? I'm, you. I'm res- I'm respectful, but I will ask hard questions, and some people won't come on because of that. Because I am going to ask you. But like, your questions RPG aren't even that hard. Around, I'm not going to like 
you know, kiss his ass. And and some people, especially people who are running for office, they expect that. Yeah, well, uh, did you ever see that clip about RFK where they tried to smear him? Uh, I saw a clip, like, what's, it's an old clip where he was talking about, uh, I think he was in Washington, he was in New York or something, where he said, like, he wanted to go after people that basically pollute and do some, talk about bullshit about anti-climate change shit. And somebody twisted it as if like he's going after Republicans, but he was mainly talking about going after polluters, like the big companies. I saw that. I saw that. And, and I was commenting in the tweet. I'm like, do you not see where the fuck he is? Who really he's talking about? He's not talking about basically the, the, the normal people, the fucking Republicans. He's talking about fucking big polluters, corporations. Ashura. Yeah. I can now put I can now um, through lived experience uh, probably uh, tell you um, the, 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 the savvy interview. <laughs> you feel like you're on a job interview. Can you put your phone away, please, sir? <laughs> <laughs> sir, um, you're having an interview. Um, can you put your phone away, please? Like, oh, shoot. I felt like I wasn't going to get the job, and I wasn't even applying for a job. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like, you have to be firm with people, you know? Like, you can't just, like, be nice to them just because you're no, afraid keep, they're not going to be on your show. I didn't say don't be firm. Keep being firm. <laughs> yeah, and some people would do that like they... They honestly like feel like they can't be tough with them because if they are, then then uh, that person isn't going to come back on the show. And if that's how it is, then that's just how it is. <laughs> you guys heard what Alan Dershowitz said to Kim Iverson, right? Remember Alan Dershowitz was like, yeah, I won't be coming back on here. <laughs> yeah, that shit was fucked up, though. The moment she said that shit, she got her house broken into. Yep. What? Yep. Yeah, she put that on Twitter, and I told her, I said, please. Oh, I'm not on Twitter a lot, but damn. Because <laughs> I told you guys, I like I said before, Kim Iverson, like, Kim gives zero fucks. Like, she's not in this to, like, try to be a part of any cool circle or social circle or club or whatever. She's always kind of done her own thing. Like, I remember watching her when she was part of, like, the Bernie you know, that Bernie movement and stuff like that. I didn't really see Kim on a lot of people's shows. Like she, and she talked about this when she was on Rising. She talked about how like she had to do it all on her own. She said nobody in the space was even willing to help her. And other people had like their friends and their cliques and she was left on her own. I may disagree with her on on the social things, but she was the best part about Rising. Yeah, she was. She was the only voice that was like basically able to push back. The other ones were like, "Yeah, let me go along with Big Pharma and just go half half." Hmm. Well, but I don't, I don't want to be too conspiratorial on the breaking. I don't want to say it's because you know after the Dershowitz thing and some robber actually some they actually sent somebody. Now I'm like, I don't think it's just some maybe randomly some person actually wanted to break into her house that it wasn't Dershowitz people that went to the house. I mean, if you live in a rich neighborhood, you're probably going to get some robbers. Well, Ashura, like, you 
that's the point. Like I, so I kind of want to bring it back to RFK. Like if the break-in was a consequence of Dershowitz, of the Dershowitz interview, again, why is RFK running? Because something might happen to him. I don't, I don't think so because he is a Kennedy and I feel like he has that protection. But again, like what's going on? Like what, what are, why, what, why is he, why is he here? I think he's he's just taking a shot. You know, he he sees, at least in his mind, a potential to become president. You know, there is a a lane here of a political lane. You know, there's certainly people who like what he's saying or a lot of what he's saying. And, you know, I think in his mind, he he thinks he can do it as a Democrat. You know, it's like... it's a big gain, right? It costs the cost benefit. Like if he manages to do it, it's a huge thing to actually get in and win that office. So that's my thinking of it. He's, he's taking his shot for a, a big reward, I guess. I will say about RFK, I don't think he's disingenuous. He might be naive. I don't think he's disingenuous. I think he's to, naive. Yeah, naive. Yeah, I, don't not think he's I think he actually believes that stuff. So I, I, I can basically forgive someone who's naive. You actually believe it? You're not just bullshitting me. I was told that um, he's very much well aware how this works. That's what I was told. Well, then if he knows it's rigged, why? same question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep like saying, asking the same question. No, you're good. But I just, it just seems weird. Oh, also, Sabby, I have like a semi-unrelated question for you. Would you ever consider interviewing a squirrel tribe? Do you know who she is? I, I do not. Um, she mostly focuses on like environmental issues that happen around the country. She really did a close look at East Palestine a while back. Um, her name is Michelle, but her YouTube channel is Squirrel Tribe. I don't know if that's like usually your wheelhouse, but you know, she might be somebody who you might want to talk to because she looks at like, uh, more like what corporations are doing with our land and our food and our water and stuff like that. So, you know, suggestion. Yeah, if you can, can you email that to me? Cause, yes. Um, yeah, if you can just send me an email. Um, I'm always interested in the environmental issues. Um, but um, Neoliberal Tears, you are here. What's up? Unmute. We're going to figure out the, if this is the real Neo. <laughs> Howdy. He's neoliberal, not Neo, not Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, howdy. Um so yeah, I'm actually sorry I missed um most of the conversation. I was doing something else, but someone sent me a message saying that I'm, I'm being called a Fed. Um, I am an op. So I just wanted to set the record straight. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, if they oh want to tell, God. if they want to tell me to my face wow. exactly what they think. Algorithm. First of all, there was definitely confusion between you and, and another Neo. Thank you. Okay, so never mind. I love you guys. Um, I think I would just, can I just say, um, okay, so it's not me. For everyone in the chat that's worried about my well-being, just kidding, nobody is. Um, I think there's something weird. Can I just say something about the Marianne campaign? Um, There's, um, uh, I've been kind of like targeted and harassed by some of the supporters. I'm just going to say that and leave it at that. So... I'm actually not interested. I'm I'm afraid of talking about her campaign because I get like 
shit on and piled on and like, why don't you say this about RFK? Why don't you say that? People think I'm a fucking pundit instead of a person that's not doing this for anything. You know, I'm literally just, so it's like, I really feel like we should lay off. Like, I think the Marianne and RFK people should not go at each other for sure. Like that's not helping anyone. You know, people in their fucking know. feelings, neoliberal tips. Like some people, people have come after me about this too, and I'm just like, I said, look, I said, I told y'all to leave these fucking parties. I was like, you guys are so like, you're being so tribal right now. You're doing exactly what the elites want you to do. <sighs> it's a joke. And it, it's really a joke. Just don't go after, but like, you know, at the end of the day, also like. If you're trying to persuade voters to get on your candidate, like don't sh- like don't shit on other people. Promote your candidate. Tell them what. Persuade people. Tell them why they should vote for Marianne or RFK instead. Instead of like you know, oh, you're so hypocritical. Like you know, just stop it. You know what I mean? Like we we're here to like. I mean, politics is a, is supposed to be about persuading people. It's supposed to be right. Um, and I feel like. Whichever campaign is able to do that is going to succeed. And whichever campaign is just trying to... Sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about, guys. Anyway, um, I'm not a Fed, I promise. I'm just a person. No, you were... There's too many... First of all, there's too many Neos, but we had already cleared that up. So whoever messaged you obviously didn't tell you that part. (laughs) No, I'll change my name. Can I ask you a question, Neoliberal Tears? Um, Do you think uh, RFK could have two strategies? One strategy for... Uh, Marianne, because Marianne, she's not she's not going anywhere, so she, he might want to get her people over to his side. Basically, do the nice strategy with her. Basically, talk about his candidacy, what he would do compared to her, and mm-hmm. then for Biden, go scorch earth and stop saying that he's my friend. Shit. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I I I think. Um... Yeah, like they should both go really hard at Biden. Honestly, I mean, it's, it's... I'm pretty sure they they've been, they've been asked that shit. It's like they, they've said Joe Biden is the president, bunch of bullshit. I'm like, oh but, my god. You know what's interesting? I heard um, John Kiriakou was on Katie's show, and he said because apparently he had some conversations with the campaign, and he said they're focusing on five states in particular that they think they can like show it, like you know, they can have a good showing in. Um, so I think if the strategy, like why five states, why not 50? Because I think if the strategy is to go five states, win them, and then catapult it into an independent run or take over another party, maybe that's the thinking, or they're trying to just run in five states to make a point. I don't know which one, but, um, you know, I would, I would, yeah. Savvy, what do you think? Didn't Bernie Sanders warn us about doing this? Didn't Bernie um, Sanders said, don't focus on just a few states? Remember he said that was oh, a right. bad idea? 50 didn't states rather, yeah. Didn't they yeah. learn anything from Hillary Clinton's run in 2016? Wait, you're no. telling me both sides, both sides Marianne and, and RFK are going to focus on five states? No, no, just RFK. Marianne, I don't know what she's focusing on. Five states. You think you're going to win with five states? No, obviously. So I, I, but I'm, but maybe he's, maybe that's the independent sort of, uh, building blocks. I was wondering that. Is it like the, the electoral college people or independence? I don't know what that is. And 
uh, I, I was like, well, why don't he just get somebody from who are leftists in there? Like, why do he has to have somebody from the establishment inside? He was already inside to begin with. Get someone on the outside. Get someone with grassroots. Tell me, tell me if you think I'm wrong, but like the insider question. Let me just pose this, but like, because I listened to uh, RFK's interview with Max Blumenthal, and RFK actually asked Max, he was like, what is it like being Sidney Blumenthal's son? And, you know, like, you know, someone that you passionately disagree with on politically, like, you know, Sidney Blumenthal, for those of you who don't know, all of you do probably, but, you know, he worked for the Clinton Global Initiative. What? Um, yeah, he's a very like establishment Hillary Clinton Democrat. Wait, you, um, didn't know, you didn't know Max's father worked for the Clintons? Nah. Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought Max was just a guy. But no, like, no, I think no, we no, can no, all no, agree no, that no, Max. No. I think we can all agree that Max is sincere in his beliefs. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's a genuine disagreement. So just because he comes from the establishment uh, Blumenthal family doesn't mean he's not a class trader. And really going hard. I mean, he was added to the, I think honestly, like, it's what helped Ross Perot not get murdered. Like, you know, having a certain level of class protection f from all of the attacks, like, it kind of helps if you're able to be a traitor. Like, it protects your life. You know, Aaron Mate would, wouldn't, I don't know if, where he would be if he was, like, you know, if he wouldn't be as attacked if he wasn't Gabor Mate's son. And he still gets smeared. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, it didn't protect RFK's uh, uncle and dad, though. No, it didn't. At the that end, was, it didn't. that was also a different time, though, Roger. That was that was a different time. Yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned. I think you, now was, there's more guns. I don't know if it was Kaladin or if it's Neil Libertines that brought up that would they kill RFK in this day and age? I mean, knowing how people fucking hate the establishment now, they fucking they 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 go they 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 wouldn't kill him. That 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 obvious. People definitely say it's the establishment, both left and the right. Oh, by the way, Sabrina, I just want to say real quick. I think I for, I forgot how I found you, but I think because because like you asked that question, and I was just like I forgot how I found you. So I think the only way I think it might have been Fred Hampton leftist, and that came out. You guys came out the same time as the movie on HBO, maybe. And maybe I might have gotten confused and think these were the actors or something like that from the movie. <laughs> I think that might have been it. I don't remember how I found you. Maybe I was just fucking around on YouTube and I'm like, oh, what's this? Uh, I, I found Fred Hampton left this when the Jimmy Dore bullshit was happening. I found Sabrina and, uh, and, uh, and uh, RBN. Oh, you mean the Jimmy Dore TYT stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's what made me watch these other channels. Like, I, I was watching Heartlands Media back in 2016, but the Francos, every channel Jimmy Dore went on, I basically, I just typed Jimmy Dore TYT, and he was on other channels, and I basically clicked subscribe. I never thought Jimmy Dore would ever, like, even know who I was. But he found me. <laughs> On uh, FaceTime with old Jimmy Dore on Sunday. So what are we going to talk to him about? Oh, yeah, because you brought it up. Like, really, Jimmy Dore didn't mention nothing, anything about that on Sunday. Like, he does a stream on Sunday. No, um, he'll be he'll be live here. Oh, okay, on he's your show. Okay. No, he's doing a show in Northampton, Mass. Stand-up comedy. And then we got the 
the tickets where we can probably go in and hang out with them after. Yeah, well, we're they, talk about. <laughs> well, yeah, they know we're coming. I like I told Steph. Yeah, cool. I messaged Steph and I told her she knows. She was like, "Yay!" And I think she'll be here this time because like she wasn't here for the Rage Against the War Machine rally. And I had messaged her and I said, "I finally get to meet you in person." And she was like, "Unfortunately, I'm not going to this event." And I was like, mm. "No." So this will be the first savvy Steffi meetup. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You should, you two should definitely do Vagina Friday since you got a topic about vaginas cleaning it, clean, cleaning themselves. I'm like, <laughs> Bring Jenny. I, Fancy I was, Vagina Sunday. Yeah, I was, I was washing, I was washing dishes when I was hearing that shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Vaginas cleaning themselves. It's like a fucking car wash. The vagina is a self cleaning. Yes, the, I'm like, the bro, vagina. Not that shit, the... Like it's a car wash. So, so let me, let me. Be for real for people to understand. We're not talking, I'm not talking about the outside. Like, yes, obviously you have to wash the outside of you. I'm talking about the actual vagina itself. It is self-cleaning. Yes. So you don't need to be taking uh, Gwyneth Paltrow lessons and shooting steam <laughs> up your vagina, what? What? Uh, yogurt, oh. um, Axe body wash, whatever it is people are telling you to do. No, you should not do that. I'm gonna get the group sponsorship that way. Yo, I'm like, damn. She has a candle too. It smells like it. I mean, a, a vagina candle. I mean, a vagina Gwyneth candle. It has always been bullshit. Like, it doesn't work. I think she got called out and sued. Yeah, like, that shit could cause serious problems. These people going and they're like, oh, let me go sit over this thing and it'll um, let steam go up my vagina. And, like, people are getting burned. Yeah. Like, oh. physically burned. Look, I'm just gonna say this. Just, coochie. just <laughs> ask, ask your doctor. Your doctor will tell you. Like, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> don't do this shit. <laughs> it's just a money making scheme for Gwyneth Paltrow, but she's already fucking rich. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I know you do watch Jimmy's show. Are you going to have like other members of the Jimmy Dore show on your show? I know Steph has been on your show before, uh, back in Vegas, but maybe two years prior. Will you have like Misha on and or Kurt? Because Misha is pretty funny, though. Do they go on to other shows? Yeah, yeah, they've gone on their shows. I mean, you can add. I don't think Misha would be afraid to come here. Okay, I, I wasn't sure because I, I like when I've gone on the Jimmy Dore show, Nisha did was doing the stuff in the background. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure she would okay. She would come on your show. She she's okay. She's very funny. She's got some good skits. Yeah, definitely she's invite her. Nothing beats that so right wing. Nothing beats it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when she was looking at the football game and the referee made a call and she screamed at the TV, that's so right wing. <laughs> it's when she pricked her hand. Racist. That was the one time yes. when the right <laughs> It was funny. <laughs> yeah, she's had some good ones. Oh, sorry, neoliberal tears. You probably came in and were like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. We had a, a vagina conversation earlier. <laughs> you missed it. You I, had, missed I it. had to be. I mean, no, it's it's fate. This is where I, this is where I was supposed Don't to worry. be. Don't um, worry. It's going to be Friday next week. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have Jenny and Sabrina will probably appear on the Jimmy Dore show, Vagina Fridays, 
and we're going to talk about the car wash that is the vagina. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's just like, I, I can't Let me change like... the topic. Um, <laughs> did, did you guys see um, something petty as hell but that, that I would uh, love to share with the group? Did um, Sabi... What advice would you, so breaking points, if you look at their subscribers, um, growth or lack of actually, um, you will see a dip as soon as the Kennedy interview dropped out. So they had 975K subscribers and now they're down to 970. They lost 5,000 subscribers. Um, so just petty shit. Like, do you, th what advice would you give broken points? You know, do you think the left left them already? Like, there's no hope. Can we give them any constructive feedback? Um, what do you think? So, most of their audience is conservative. Same thing with Rising, actually. It's more of a, it leans more conservative. You can tell that by the comments. You can tell that, like, uh, with Breaking Points and with Rising. Like, so... I mean, in, in reference to advice, like, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> At this point. But, but, but it's funny. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, like, also, like, it's funny to me that, like, people unsubscribed after Crystal did an interview. Like, if they're all conservative, right? But, like, they even they didn't appreciate the way the interview went down or, like, you know, the, you know, I think the reaction was pretty unanimous um to, and they've the lost way. a couple of thousand before after they brought on the china warhawk guy like this has happened with them a couple of times like i mean i can tell because if you go on social blade and you type in any youtube channel you can see like where everybody really stands like you guys can do this yourself too by the way yeah i forgot about social blade i used to check that shit all the time when jimmy that was going up like when he was passing kyle kyle was losing sub a thousand k a week yeah, I mean, like, anytime they got people, like, paying, like, $1,500 for a uh, subscription Was it to Breaking Points, like, guys, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, because I remember there was this guy who basically was defending Crystal Ball. I, I think it was Dirtback Leftist that put the video on with Kim on, and he was saying that uh, uh, Crystal Ball is independent. She Her, her audience, she's independent. She's not a sellout. And I'm like, do you not see how much she's asking for subscription? Like twenty one hundred dollars. That's that's a whole year. Like, who has that fucking type of money? Well, what I think is funny is somebody tagged me in a post, and I told you I fucking hate Twitter. But someone tagged me in a post earlier today, and they were just like, "Sabi, I appreciate your commentary, but you were wrong about Crystal being for the lockdowns, motherfucker. I was right." And so they they put they added this video clip from Breaking Points, and I'm like, hmm, interesting. You would go straight to Breaking Points instead of Rising. Do you not remember <laughs> that Crystal and Saga were still a part of Rising during that time? You dumb fuck! Like this is really what I want to say to people. Sometimes you idiot. I I feel like you be you've been keeping stuff in, Sabrina. I know you want to come out and cuss a lot. You said every time oh, yeah, you cuss, she keeps stuff in. Yeah, she keeps saying, and I'm like, God damn it, Sabrina, just let it out. She like say, Sorry, guys, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be nice, guys. I'm trying to be cussless. I'm like, Let it out, bitch, let it out. I she do it. Out. I I do it in my head. I say it in my head. 
So I think what uh, I, tweeted, you- I tweeted back was actually someone else responded first and they were just like, that this is one video, I guess that's more recent or whatever, like, but she definitely was for the lockdowns and da da da. And then someone sends me this thing and they're like, oh, well, look what Vanguard said, da da da. And I was like, I don't give zero fucks about these te- these, these boys, okay? I don't do, I don't, I don't care about these boys. I call them the Starbucks socialists, you know, if anyone has a better. <laughs> I, just call them, I just call them the Vanguards because they, they, they took people's money and said they were going to do on the road journalism and they never fucking showed that van. They showed a picture of the van. It's been two years. And they went after, well, the, the what was they called that? The fucking shitty party of Nick Brana. Um, forgot what it's called. MPP. MPP took like 200K and they've been basically taking monies and Patreon money from these people. They never fucking basically showed that van or going on the road. Who, who did a van? The, the Vanguard guys. They said they, huh. they were, they were no. going they were gonna do the same shit Jordan Charity does, go on the road and basically do uh, on the road journalism. They haven't done that for like three fucking years. Ashura. Yeah. They were going to get a van. Buy a van. They paid them money. The okay. people, the, their, their Patreons, their subscribers, they gave them money for a van. I, they I, said they were going to let's buy. Not, let's not they punch down, it. okay? Like, Sabi already, like, she's she she passed them already. We're, almost, we're at 40K. Like, <laughs> punching down is not nice. You know, they're just children. They don't know what's going on. They're 25. Yeah, oh, Vanguard. I get it. I don't deal with these boys. So, like, it was just really weird to me, and I was just like, Dude, like, whatever. I have fucking receipts. I can back my shit up. But the thing is, is this, is that it was really funny to me. Like, that person's first thought was, let me go look on Breaking Points. Oh, here they are speaking out against the lockdowns. I'm like, you dumb fuck. Like, this is honestly what I was thinking in my mind. Like, do you not realize during the height of the pandemic, during the lockdowns, they were still on rising, you fucking idiot. This is what I wanted to say. See, that is the... That's the other side of my family coming out in me. That's that's like the the, the Italian side of my family coming out in me. Me, me. me really just saying, you fucking idiot. Like, seriously. Like, that's, you see, shit Sabi, that's, that's why I love that's why I love Twitter. Because like it is you can bring receipts. You can pull up a video real quick. I love doing that. Um and just like show, nope, you know, and just correct somebody flat out. Um so I do. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up because in Jimmy Dore's new video, when she exposed, he exposed Crystal Ball for being, being pro distant learning, uh, for basically Marianne, literally conflict of interest, Marianne, like multiple conflicts of interest. I'm like, you could have basically had Sagar or Emily or Ryan Graham do the interview, but you're so biased that you have to put yourself in there. Sorry. And even Jimmy Dore basically said that there's other shit that he had on. Basically, Crystal Ball said he was, was pro-lockdown. She was a Russia gator. All that shit. Well, I mean, you know, some people <clears throat> some people knew her personally. I never have. I got to tell you something funny, though, speaking of that. So you guys know that story that I just covered about the weapons that were sent to Ukraine that ended up in hands of some of the Nazi like extremists? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was confused about that one. Like, it sounded like the the weapon ended up in. The, was it? Did it end up in the hands of the Russian Nazis or the Ukrainian the Ukrainian Nazis? Because every time you go on Twitter and there's this big thing about the Russia the Russia war thing, people always bring up this dumb. 
oxymoron of oh well there there there's Nazis in Russia. Yeah, okay. there are, but 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 this was um the gentleman that they were referring to, this was a guy who he was originally from Russia, moved to Ukraine and decided to fight for Ukraine, right? So just keep that in mind. Anywho, um so if you remember, I said shout out to to Norm Finkelstein for sending me this article. Yeah. Because that's how I got it. Okay. What I did not mention, and with good reason, is that there were other people that he sent that article to in the email. And one of the other people was Crystal Ball. Oh. He... <laughs> oh. I mean, they're, they're pro-war. You know, kudos to Norm, but Norm don't realize, like, some of us are not bros and homies like that. And so Norm sent that email and said, this is an interesting article. I think you guys should report on it or cover it. And he sent it to me, Bree, Aaron, and Crystal Ball, which is crazy is that he even included me in the category with them, like with us four. But it was uh, funny to me because I'm like, dude, do you realize like Crystal Ball is probably going to be mad as fuck because you put her email address up in this motherfucker. Oh. Did Bree talk about it? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, because I don't. I haven't watched her channel in a while. Uh, because I, it, it is funny though. Because those guys at breaking points, they're basically pro war, pro big pharma, and they'll tell you they're not. I mean, I remember during the, during the pandemic when this, or even the, when the war started with Russia, they kept bringing a bunch of these CIA talking heads on on breaking points, and Kyle Kalinska one time was there, and he was agreeing with this motherfucker. Hmm. Money, like, money. Like, what did we always say? What did what did Eric say? Follow the money. I mean, it, it's it's fucking funny that the, after Bernie bent the knee, the left broke itself apart. Some people who really want to fight, and other people like just you know, we're just we're going to be good with the establishment. We'll just pretend that we are. We're still leftists, but we're not. Those motherfuckers got comfortable. Go ahead, Eric. I saw you on mute. I, I think you were going to say something. I was, well, I was going to say, yep, follow the money. But yeah, I, I guess the other thing I'd say is it's always the same fight and the same framing. You know, I, I think we should always come back to top 0.1% versus the rest of us. They have a set of interests. The 99% have a set of interests and, and they're not the same. And I think if you slot any of this stuff into that framework, you really see how things really work and how things really align. And I, I think it makes sense. By the way, Eric, um, I, was I, I think I misheard somewhere. I, I think I was watching the video where you mentioned somewhere with RFK about 10 demands was sent forward to RFK asking if he agreed with it. Cause I remember somebody was saying something like that. He was basically given the opportunity to read about 10 demands. If he agreed with it. They mixed all that up, whoever told you that. That was Norm Finkelstein, and that yeah. was me. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. you hit Norm's with, with both. You, you hit Norm with both the 11 demands and the 10 demands. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That was, that, that was Norm Finkelstein. That was RFK. I mean, that'd be funny. It'd be funny, though, just to see if he, if he read that shit, if he would be agreeing with it. Well, well, they had a conversation about that. You should look at that video with with when Sabrina interviewed him. No, no, not not, not with Norm. Sure. I'm just saying that if oh RFK, if ever, yeah, if he ever saw your 10, mm. 11 demands, 
would he be okay with it to implement them? In fact, well, Sabrina, um, you might you might have that basically on cue if he ever shows up. Well, that is that is that's one of the things I I do plan to ask about. Is both of those actually both of those and um, and some people aren't going to like this either. But I plan to ask him about reparations too. I want to give all my goodies away. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that uh, that's not even uh, a topic for him. And uh, I know ten demands is not like eleven demands is not something that's secret. But since Eric likes to talk about it, what what's the eleven de- uh, the eleven demands again? Just a refresher. Just put it in the chat. Put you on the spot, Eric. I don't know. It's, um, well, the, if you want to see it, uh, elevendemand.org. Really easy to find. What I would say about it, rather than, than going through the whole thing, is that um, the number one focus is is the money, and so you know we gotta we gotta get the money out. I think maybe is is a phrase that I'd like to see everyone on the left kind of start going going back to, or just ending every any topic or anything with was just saying you know we 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 gotta get the money out. For all this stuff, I mean, right now we have a, a government that's that's corrupt and bought, and and it, everything's going to be effed up as long as we have this bought and paid for corrupt government. If we can turn it around and turn it into a government that really represents us, at least you know that would be the lofty goal. We can have a pretty cool world, but that's to me that's the choice. You know? So, Eric, let me let me ask. Here's the thing. Anything short of a um, U.S. constitutional amendment, you're not going to be. We're not going to be able to. to uh, well, that's why it's the number one thing on the demands. You know. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah, about making it number two. I, I've been thinking about so, um, maybe making number one be clean elections in every state, and making number two be the amendment. But anyways, you know. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's yes. what we're going to do. That's the that's, fight, that's, you know? that's that's what I was going to say because the thing is, you're not going to get. Because in order to get that amendment, you just you don't you don't just need Congress, but you need the state legislatures on board with it. Well, you know what I'm going to come back to. What we need mass movement. You know, I, 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 what I keep coming back to is none of the shit's going but, to happen. We, but the we're going to get absolutely nowhere unless we can get thousands, millions of people into the street saying, "Do this, or we're going to wreck the place." And I I, I feel like that's got to be. Our, our goal is is to make that happen. Because if that if that doesn't happen, I, I I just don't see anything getting better. I don't see that. But see, the thing is, that's not really a plan, though. That's a that's more of a goal or or an idea. How do you get how do you get the people to do the mass movement? You see what I'm saying? How do you get people outraged and to get out in the street? Because well, this is usually... what we're talking about. So step one is the education. You know, you got to get people waking up as to you know what's really going on and whatnot and and you gotta you know and then the step two is okay here are these things we could do to fix it you know let's let's organize let's get together let's get in the street and do this thing what we're gonna have to do is make small dollar grassroots financing of elections competitive with big money that's what you have to do you got to get these crops of politicians out and replace them with grassroots small dollar publicly financed um uh uh, uh politicians elections is 
Correct. That's why I was agreeing with you when you said you're thinking about making that the first one, because that's well, it's number two right now, so it's it's right there, you know. Okay. Um, because yeah, because the thing is, seeing that you know we need both Congress and state lawmakers working together to ratify this amendment, we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to replace them with publicly financed uh, uh, people. Now, here's the thing. Let me ask you this. To scare them, you know? Well, well, why not do this? Okay, so you said you believe in both the state-by-state and national strategy, correct? Um, I guess you'd have to be more specific, but yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the state level. What what are the plans, starting with your state, with Massachusetts, to set this off in Massachusetts? I mean, you know, again, it, it comes back to to figure out how to how to inspire people, how to get people to, together, you know, to make this thing a thing and a movement. And you know, if you if you're getting a, a mass of people together, you know, even if it's not huge numbers, you can be you know working on the ballot initiative. You can be doing on the ground protests to put pressure you know, go up to the state house and, and yell at them. And, um, you know, it, it's a question of, of getting clean elections passed, you know, either by ballot measure or scaring them enough so that they pass it. Okay. So why not take each of those 11 demands and run them as 11 separate citizen ballot initiative amendments in your state? That because combined... if we don't fix the money, it, the rest doesn't matter. They, no, but they, they're, they're going to have it up. But one of mm-hmm. but one of the things is public financing of elections. That's one of your um your your eleven demands: clean elections. So you could organize behind that in in Massachusetts. You can get that get a mass movement in Massachusetts behind you. Okay, look, we're all going to get together. We're going to get these signatures to get clean elections. To get, matter of fact, you already have public financing of elections in your state, but to maybe close the loopholes and make it better. Because I remember I sent you the um, I sent you the, the Massachusetts law of public financing elections, which is what ours was based on and the loopholes that need to be uh, plugged up. Like, for instance, you know, they have it where, OK, matching funds for every, you know, where they have the ratios, you know, the, the voter um, donates this to Sabrina's campaign and, <laughs> and the government then the government matches it um, by whatever, whatever. And then what happens is once you raise enough money, the government stops matching the funds, which is BS. And it's like, no. Yeah, that's the problem. It's insufficient. Yeah. Right. So what I'm saying is run an initiative to correct that. You feel what I'm saying? So this way the government keeps matching it. You feel what I'm saying? Now, at the same time, this is now, you know, like since states are not currency issuers, you know, you need to you need to bring in revenue in order to have the money there to finance elections. That's why I say run an initiative as a for state public bank to create the revenue needed. OK, without having to raise taxes or create new taxes to, you know, to, to create the surplus needed. that something like a public financing of elections can draw from. You see what I'm saying? But it has to start where you're at. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, each state is a chain is a link in the entire chain you feel what i'm saying before we start up here you know like you can't do it like 
you know, uh, uh, for those of you who are familiar with Master Killer, 36 Chambers of Shaolin, Gordon Liu, if any of you saw that in the 1980s, where he went to uh, to the Shaolin Temple and he was like, um, hey, I want to start at the 36th Chamber. Okay, no problem. He went in there. He said, Master, I want to I want to I want to start the 36th Chamber. He looked at him and used telekinesis of the wind and pushed him out and said, I think I'm going to start at the first chamber. You know what I'm saying? You got to start where you at. And I think those 11 demands would be good ballot initiatives, starting with the public financing. And you rally your grass movements and around that, your mass movement around that. Start there. Then others will copy. So I, I see uh, Bryce. I see Bryce in the queue. We should, uh, we should pull him up. Okay, Bryce. Bryce, you've been invited to speak. So let me know, Joe. <laughs> well, here's one other topic I'll throw out there. What, what, what do we think about Jimmy Dore doing these, these reading out these ads on his show? Oh, you mean the, 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 the sponsors? Field of Greens, and now he's doing a CBD oil one. I don't mind it. I, mean, I think I it's a rumble thing. I think it's a rumble thing. By the way, I'm going to tell you guys, like, I just got uh, a notification earlier today that um, apparently rumble, like, uh, um, David Sachs, who owns Colin, sold Colin to rumble. So now what you're going to rumble. I mean, I already have a rumble account, but I mean, like, he, David Sachs sold Colin to rumble. You saying that just happened? Yeah. So I got an email from the call-in dudes, and they said that now, like it's just it's out of their hands. Like Rumble is going to own it. Okay. So I don't know what's going to happen with call-in. Like hopefully things will kind of stay the same. I think um, it's going to stay the same. They just got new new ownership. Well, let me see what they. Let me tell you what they said. Hold on. This is what the dude said. Um, okay, this is what they said. They said, Colin has been acquired by Rumble and will join the Rumble family of products. We will send over um, details. That being said, we hope that we can stay in touch and help you explore what Rumble has to offer across all its services. We are going to be working on building new, exciting live streamed features and products, and we can't wait to show you what we have to come. So I I don't know what that means, but hey, better than YouTube, right? I mean, YouTube. Yeah, but I mean, like, we don't know. Does Rumble also have locals? They do. Yes, they own locals too. Yeah. To answer your question, uh, Eric, when you talk about the Jimmy Dore sponsors. It's funny you mentioned that because I was at my mom's house and she asked me to give her a glass of water. So I went to get a glass and I fucking see the same product Jimmy Dore is selling on his show in her cupboard. And she doesn't speak a word of fucking English or basically watching Jimmy Dore. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is Jimmy Dore's product doing in my mom's cupboard? I don't know. It's just this whole thing. I mean, it, it to me, it crosses a line. I mean, basically, you're having someone pay you to to express an opinion, to say something. I mean, what if what if the next sponsor is Raytheon? I mean, is he going uh, to start, start pitching, pitching Raytheon bonds? 
you know so oh no you never take raytheon okay well what if it's some scammy scammy health product that, well, that actually oil, hurts people oil thing. it's like cbd i think it's like some weed shit so I'm, i just want to say like i think it's a rumbles thing because kim does it too I think for the people who have like these uh, special yeah, shows it on YouTube, right? But that YouTube show is also live streamed on Rumble. That's the thing, and that's what I'm saying. Like Kim, for example, doesn't live stream on YouTube anymore. She goes live on Rumble, and then she'll take a clip from maybe one of the episodes and put it on YouTube. But for the most part, her and Glenn Greenwald and Russell Brand. They mainly produce on Rumble. So I think what Rumble has done is they've reached out to certain like creators or whatever. And they said, hey, this is a part of the, remember what they said in the email I just told you, the Rumble products. So Kim is also promoting the superfoods thing that Jimmy Dore is promoting. So again, I think that's a Rumble thing. Well, that's funny you, you say that, Sabrina, because Jimmy Dore has always been bitching about, why is Rumble not calling me, giving me a deal? But they got everybody else got a deal, but not me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the thing. He doesn't really have a deal with Rumble, does he? Yeah, and I'm like, he's got a sponsor. Maybe he has now because he has a sponsor. Because it surprised me that Jimmy Dore had a sponsor. He's never had one. He's always gotten super chats in his uh, his comedy deal. Again, that's that's probably a Rumble thing because, like, Rumble also acquired locals. That's why, like, you guys remember Glenn Greenwald sent the email out and said he wouldn't be on Substack anymore. He was going to locals. And Kim also went to locals. So that's like well, a rumble thing. I don't see Greenwald pitching products. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't offered the same the same thing. Like, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I say no to sponsorships, and I get offers every week, and well, I, I tell them the same thing. I can't yeah. wait for for Sabrina to basically say the same thing as Jimmy Dore. Hey, I got a scoop of this little green thing right here. Just dip it in the glass of water. See, that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're they're paying you to for your opinion. I mean, it's... well, you YouTube pays you for your fucking videos, but with the with with the what's it called it the ads. I mean, what's the difference? I know, but but it, it it's not dependent on what you say. I mean, if Jimmy Dore comes on and says Field of Green sucks. Here it is. I mean, they're not going to keep the sponsorship up. Well, yeah. I mean, Murphy, it's, it's, Murphy just said in the chat, he said Russell Brand uh, was doing reads as of this week. So yeah, I know Russell saying? Brand does it. Um, but I think Glenn Greenwald, on the other hand, like that's like Glenn Greenwald is a different level, I think. Like he's an investigative journalist. It's a little bit different from like the other people. So... They're probably not going to offer him any type of. Even if they did, he probably like nah, whatever. Yeah. But I, I, we we got to uh, not forget that Jimmy Dore is still a comedian. So yeah, he's going to like play. Really it. I mean, it's it's just like pocket change for me. Like the whole sponsorships thing, it's pocket change. Well, that's the other thing is is why do it? I mean, it can't be that much money, and I I, I think it's cringe. I I think it it almost sullies the reputation. I. That's I don't like it. I mean, I mean, it's it's just some foam powder put in the fucking thing. I mean, it's, it, I've seen it before. Commercials like that. I mean, it's not the point. I mean, the, the the point is the principle of the thing. Yeah. Are, are your well, opinions your uh, own, could, or are your or are your opinions for sale? Put it that I, way. I, I, I think about that too because, I, like, in um, like if you think of broken points, like <laughs> when they first went on, um, like when they broke out of the gate. They announced like, oh, we j in the first two days we got twenty thousand um, 
yearly subscribers. And like they, there was a press release. I, I think, I mean, I was one of them probably, you know, yes, I was. And I was doing the math in my head. I was like, wait, 20,000, like $10 a month, right? Times 20,000 people. Um, that's $200,000 a month, yes. you know, which sort of just, I was like, oh God, like there, <laughs> that's a lot of money. So adding on top of like what you said, Eric, like when adding, you don't need to like, you know, go out there and be like, you know, here's a powder, unless you like love the shit, you know, unless you're like, this really cured my cancer. Um, everyone should do it. Like, otherwise, why is, when is enough enough? You it's know, never, so it, 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 it's never yeah. enough. If you, if you want to be wealthy and rich, like I said, like people get used to a, a certain type of lifestyle and they want to maintain that lifestyle. And the thing is, I think some people are starting to see that they're not getting that revenue from ads on YouTube. So what they're starting to do is say, let's do these subscription services. And then Patreon isn't like popping like it used to be. Cause like Patreon actually, um, has been censoring people as well. Like I know Whitney Webb was censored on Patreon. Vanessa Bealey was censored from Patreon. So that's another thing too. So I think that they're looking into subscription services so that they can, you know, keep that income coming in. But I think the thing is, is that I hate to say it, but like, <laughs> I just see, I just see left independent media becoming more and more acceptable of corporate money. And, and that's a problem for me. Like I said, I get those offers every week and I turn them down. I got an offer from Converse and those motherfuckers. And I said this to, I think I said it to JB. I was like, they've been watching my feet because <laughs> I, I, I love Converse. Like I love Converse shoes. I have my pink ones, my blue ones. Like I love Converse. And it was just weird to me that right after I did that uh, speech at the rally for the Mayday rally. Those motherfuckers, Eric, I don't know if I told you this, they contacted me the next day. <laughs> I Kyle said, y'all looking at my feet? Kyle Kalinske has a thing. Uh, what's that? Th what's that thing he got? He has a drink that he likes to, he likes to think big, big seltzer or some shit like that. Like they basically wanted him to sponsor, to sponsor them. They, they even sent him a like fucking packs of that shit and drink. The thing is, some of these companies, you take those sponsorships and stuff, and then you got to be careful yeah. about what you say and the type mm -hmm. of rhetoric that you have. And I don't have time yeah. for all that. My dad told me the same thing. He was like, you should have taken it. And I was like, why? <laughs> so con so Converse can contact me and say, we're pulling your, our, our contract with you because you're talking about anti-war. Well, they, well, that's the thing about it, Sabrina. Like, if they if they were not okay with what Jimmy Dore says... These sponsors would never have basically given their product to Jimmy Dore. That that that's one case. And plus, uh, like what Eric said, like I don't really disagree that that doesn't. It's just powder, and you put it in your fucking drink, water, milk, whatever he said it was. Plus, you got some oil. I mean, I I don't really see anything wrong with that. Like the product itself, if, as long as it's not anti, it's like pro it's not about shit. the product. It's about well, the principle. I, well, if anything, Eric T, like I see where you're coming from, and. I just, you know, like, as far as, like, uh, you know, who Jimmy Dore is, he's still, like, you know, part of, like, that machine uh, of making money, you know. Uh, and, again, like, what Sabby alluded to is, you know, lifestyle. So I think that's the thing that, that comes with it. I mean, he hasn't, like, you know, I don't know. It's a little extreme to say that he's going to, like, sit here and accept money from Raytheon. You know, like, uh, even though he jokes about it, uh, 
I think it's just a, a little bit like a, over the top to think that, you know, that Jimmy Dore is going to like, uh, you know, be about like the capitalist model. You know, I, I, I don't, I mean, he, even though he like plays in it and he's still like, uh, you know, uh, still receives. Well, say if you remember, well, like, I mean, the, the Raytheon example is just an extreme example to, to highlight the principle in that yeah, the principle of, of, of crossing that, a line of saying someone's paying for your, for your opinion. And the other thing is he's, he's making tons of money from memberships. He, he has a huge direct membership base that's direct to him through Patreon and through his website. And so, you know, he, he doesn't need this, this extra chump change for these product yeah, placements. Chump change. So it's not a big deal, Eric. As long as it's not he doesn't need YouTube either. Really, I mean, well, he kind of does. He kind of does need YouTube to promote his shows. Mm, Plus, uh, but he'd survive, you know. I think he would, because I don't think anybody that would go on the Jimmy Dore website. They probably want to stick to watching. Oh, no, he would go to Rumble if, if YouTube. Rumble or you know. YouTube. Yeah, he he would do I, a, a Glenn well, Greenwald if he came. Well, to we got. Um, I, I I just don't think it's it's worth the pennies, you know. I. Well, we gotta know. we gotta understand like Jimmy Dore already had a following before, so. Like uh, you know, and him like uh doing like uh this for like you know extra extra bit of money, you know I I don't know if I'm like uh, I, I don't know if I care too much about it, you know. But I, it, I when, if it if it get if it gets to the point where like he starts to like uh endorse like Raytheon, you know that to that extreme <laughs> or like that, then well, I'm that's out, why you so. have principles, you know. It's it's either you're on one side of this or or another. I feel like, I don't know, sometimes I've heard that there's kind of like a generational thing where, where you have like an older generation that, that, that is, that comes, that, that it kind of resonates with the 60s and don't be a sellout, you know, and sellouts are like the worst thing. And, and I feel like our culture now is like just selling out. It's just so ubiquitous and, and expected. It's like, you know, oh, just another sellout, whatever. Well, it's a good thing you mentioned uh, Medicare for All because there was this one video um, I was watching the Jimmy Dore show and one of his Republican uh, uh, well subscribers was saying some dumb shit about Medicare for All saying like, send him a super chat. Why do I want the government to basically control my life if he's going to give me health care? I don't need the government in my life and <laughs> Jimmy Dore kind of went off on him. Like, let, let's see how you do well when you're broke, when the government fucking, when you're broke by, by, by being dead with healthcare. How you feel about it? Well, that's the thing is, Jimmy you, you gets these. You know? Well, here. Well, let's, let's, so, let's, let's go to uh, Bryce and let's bring in Marco. Go ahead, Bryce. Uh, let's not forget that Jimmy Dore has been like, uh, not for, you know, uh, for uh, reparation, so like he has been like a staunch critic against it, so. No, he is. Like, for it. I'm pretty sure he's he is for it. No. He's not for it. No. Oh, okay. Because I thought it with RBN, I think it was pro. But do it one way or the other. Hmm. No. I, I hate to say this, but most leftists are not for it. A lot of times it just doesn't come up, you know, and it should. I mean, it, and it should be hashed out and whatnot. Anyways. Oh, it's it's come up, and and most leftists in this space are not for it. And I, I remember that like multiple times. Like Roger and I, we we've talked about this. Most leftists, especially most left independent media, I should say, are not for reparations. They see it as divisive. They don't feel like it's uh, because it's not a universal policy. They don't see it as like a go-to thing. 
also, um, so I think, um, also Eric, so yes, there was a time when it was understood that news, I guess this is before when the first Eric was on, when he was talking about the 1996 telecommunications act, but before that, it was always understood that news was supposed to operate at a loss when it comes to revenue. Okay. And what do you call it? Um, um, but the government said, no, you have to provide this as a public service to the public. Okay. Yeah. And I guess like the, yeah. 1996, the, the 1996 telecommunications act, um, stop that, but here's something. Um, maybe you can add this. Do you have, maybe you can add this to the 11 um, demands, maybe. Um, provide a ta provide tax rebate check. I got this as a, I got a whole bunch of initiatives, like, you know, written down that I would just go at it if, if New York was one. Anyway, provide tax rebate checks as a reward when people file their taxes where they wish to have their taxes go towards the financing of local small town village newspapers to be put and to be put towards on the ground grassroots investigative reporting. Okay. I'm not talking about the national news, like, you know, the WAPO, the New York Post and the New York Times. I'm not even talking about the mid, the, the, the medium sized ones, like, out here in Long Island, we got Newsday. In New York City, they got Daily News. I'm talking about those small time, those small, um, you know, uh, uh, ones that are getting gobbled up, you know, because of the digital age and all that stuff, and the, and the internet, and and they can't. Those what those are the guys that do the, that that are the source of on the ground reporting that the bigger news gets their stories from. You feel what I'm saying? So maybe have maybe as as a as an initiative, as a demand, you know, like I said, like a provide a rebate check as a reward when people file their taxes where they wish to have their taxes go toward financing of those local small town village newspapers and to be put toward, you know, because right now they're getting gobbled up by by uh, the bigger newspapers or they're getting bought by BlackRock and other private equity groups. Yeah, it's definitely a big thing, the whole corporate media topic, but uh, we, we should probably let Marco in here. And Yeah, I just want to comment on Jimmy. Like, I'm a fan of Jimmy. I think he's funny. But, you know, he talks about how his job is to tell jokes to drunk people, and he does a show on the side. He He's a radical comedian. He's not a political leader or an organizer. He's got really good opinions. I don't agree with everything he says. You know, I think the criticism would be more valid of somebody like Ajamu Baraka or the Black Lions for Peace. Like Ajamu Baraka is a civil rights activist, longtime organizer, and he runs an organization that is like a 501c4. So like he he is somebody who, if he started doing Field of Greens ads, it'd kind of be kind of really inappropriate. But like, don't give Jimmy so much credit, you know. He's And also like Jimmy was sick, really sick. He's got medical issues. His, he's just like, he's a working class person primarily. I mean, he's not somebody we should be like criticizing because he does sponsors. I mean, he's a, he's a fucking comedian. I, I agree. Jimmy Dora, a, a really important thought leader 
in in this lefty political space. And you know, I you know, yes, he's he's a comedian. He comes out of that space, but you know, you, no one can deny that that he's a big player in in all of this stuff. I'm not denying that. And either. I think it, it comes down to I think it comes down to principles. You know, I'm not I don't think it's either. I'm saying it's just appropriate for the kind of work he does. He's a, he's an entertainer. He's that's he's, not what he's doing on YouTube. That, well, well, he talks been. about how that's what he's he, he talks about okay so remember he's always co complaining he's like why am i getting this right when i'm a pothead comedian in his garage but the I'm point is he's getting it right <laughs> you know he he, he he's not always a political show because he does political okay. comedy, <laughs> comedy right so it's appropriate to his comedy to do a political show because then it informs his audience for his comedy it's all connected he's a comedian primarily don't give him the credit of like a jamu baraka that's all. I'm, I don't know. I don't want to argue it, but that's the way I. See it. I get what you're saying, and I, I don't mind him basically having the whole sponsorship thing because he wants to make money. I don't. I don't care as long as he's not taking money, like from other big fucking sneaky corporations. I'm good. Because I'm pretty sure that if, if he if he found out about it, he'd probably quit on. If he found out about what? If he found out that the if he had a company that would sell a product to and you were doing some other shit like in another country. He found out about it, he probably quit. Yeah, but this is the problem with, with the whole thing is that, is that you get into these is that you get into these moral quandaries and whatnot. You know, whereas if you have a simple principle on something that your opinions are not for sale, then your opinions are not for sale. Joe Rogan, like you know, J Jimmy jokes too. Joe Rogan announces men's fighting in cages. And he does these kinds of ads for his show too, and he's a big thought leader too. But he's—they're both primarily comedians. This is appropriate to their work. This is the kinds of stuff that they did before they were popular about politics. They—they—they've done political humor their whole careers. It's just never been too popular. Now they have. Uh, now that's so popular, they have a shows, and they display their political beliefs that go along with their political comedy. I mean, I think it's totally appropriate, you know. I will say, to be fair, remember Jimmy Dore came from TYT, and TYT does have sponsors. Just something to think about. Um, damn, what was I going to say? Speaking of uh, healthcare, uh, you know, and... Uh, I, I I agree that Jimmy has been, especially with Forced to Vote, has been a huge activist on that. Um, and because of his personal story in a way that I'm really grateful for. Um, what did you guys make of um, RFK's answer about healthcare? That like universal healthcare. So what he said was like, he thinks it's kind of like in an ideal world, he would go there. But he doesn't see it so much. And what I'm curious about is like a lot of people are saying, well, Mary Ann's is better things. And what I'm sort of feeling is like, Jayapal says those things too. I mean, we don't believe a shit, she said. Like saying Medicare for all, it would have been really easy for him to just say that and join the grift of Medicare for all like everybody else. There's a Medicare for all pack that I looked up on Open Secrets. They even gave money to Hakeem Jeffries. Like that's the kind of Democrats that are getting money from the Medicare for all pack. So, so yeah, what do you guys make of I, that? I do I say run the I, I do agree, like, uh, with RK's answer. Uh, it's not going to be pushed, but uh, I don't I don't like the fact that he's trying to float, uh, you know, uh, 
the Australian Australian model of like a, with the healthcare package that he's trying to like push. You know, I just don't I don't agree with it. You know, uh, but I mean, he's correct about it. You know, and he's trying to like run it through the Democratic Party, which that's uh, you know, people like already know like uh, my stance on it. And that's a fool's errand. So I don't like the idea of these politicians telling us what I'm going to give you. Like, no, we tell you what you're going to give us. And if we can't and you ain't going to give it to us, then we'll give it to ourselves. I also I also I agree with that, Roger. And I also think it's just a complete waste of all of our goddamn energies to be talking or even thinking about who we support in this election because the Electoral College is going to get select our president and none of our votes count. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that I told everybody that he didn't have a plan for Medicare for all after his announcement for president. I told everybody that. So it's really funny to me that like people had to wait until they saw this on breaking points. And I'm like, I fucking, I got tagged in like Twitter posts where people were saying like, I would like to see you, you know, mention this and da 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 da. And they were, I guess, you know, commenting off of a tweet that Brie had about people on the left not focusing on this. Uh, Newsflash, guys, after I covered his announcements, when I came back, I told you he did not have Medicare for all on his platform. So, sorry. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that too. I was there. (laughs) Um, Since you brought up the Australian healthcare system, healthcare program that he wants um bryce didn't nico house came on um rbn i think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago and he was on the same thing he said he wanted uh what tossy wanted the australian system they say he said it wasn't bad i mean you should probably ask nico house about it again because he seemed to agree with it i'm just wondering when we're gonna stop asking for for compromises you know, we should be demanding, you know, real full health care coverage for all. That means covering all aspects of health. That means, you know, direct payment through the government, single payer system and just set it up and, and get it done. Uh, that's and, what that's what everybody wants. The problem is the language has been so weaponized over the years. Like it, it, it was universal health care in the 90s. You know, like universal healthcare. It sounds good. Universal, universal, universal. What it really means is like, you know, nothing, nothing other than, you know, the rest of us getting screwed. So that's why I think even saying Medicare for all, I was really trying to think about it because like, you know, the biggest sellouts, the biggest sellouts say Medicare for all. So why wouldn't he just say it? You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have been like for all the shit he's taking on like other stuff that would have been nothing. He would have just, he would have joined the squad. So I, I don't <laughs> know why point. he wouldn't just say it. Uh, like neo, it is the bad. Neoliberal, like, uh, you know, they, they, you know, trying to propose it again, you know, like, uh, you know, they, they're announcing it, you know, uh, to try to get, you know, people to, you know, move into the Dem- democratic party now. So it's, it's crazy that they're, you know, doing this, uh, same, like a uh, script again, just like that. What about seize the means of production in the medical field and then use the money from those businesses to pay for a ballot measure to get it statewide? Yep, that too. Um, Here's here's, here's a word that I think, here's some words that I think will stick, um, Neil Lip, because he was saying in the 90s it was universal or whatever. 
How about this? How about we just go with outlaw private health insurance? Uh, I mean, that sounds great. I mean, that was the Bernie idea, but obviously. But I mean, go go with those words. What I'm saying because they're, they're going to sue, right? All of these insurance companies with their big ass money in every state. There's they have their own monopolies, so that means we have fifth at least, you know. 50, double that by however many exist, you know, they're going to sue and they're going to say, fuck no. <laughs> like, you know, you're not going to outlaw private health insurance, you know, so I say, I, I, do sort of, I don't want, I don't, I don't like people who lie to people and say like, you know, Medicare for all, Medicare for all, they get elected and they're like, actually, I meant Obamacare subsidies. Like, I don't like that either. Right, right. You know so, what I mean? so, so why are we dependent on these politicians? We just outlaw it ourselves. You know, you make it part of an amendment. You ratify it as an amendment into your state constitution. You can sue all you want to. The state constitution says you're not allowed to operate in this state, period. Sure, you want to fight? I'll fight. We'll fight all the way over here, all the way over there. Of course they're going to fight us. So what? Yeah, I, I think um, the point that it brought up, which is one that David Pacman was actually correct about, um, and I wish more people would have mentioned this during that time, which is that unless private insurance is outlawed, the Supreme Court can overturn Medicare for all. And that is a part of a real discussion that we need to start having. I mean, it's just a reality. So, yes, in order for us to have Medicare for all, we're going to have to outlaw private insurance. And that's a piece I, I don't remember uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember Bernie Sanders saying that point. I heard that point from David Pakman three years ago. Yep, I remember. Yep, I'm, I'm not sure, sure. you necessarily have to go that that route. I mean, for instance, here in Massachusetts, there's there's a math, mass health system that covers um, that that you can get, and it's pretty good. But you have to; it's means tested. You have to be basically. Right you know, quite poor to, to, to get it. So you can be looking at expanding something like that, you know, and, and expanding the levels and the income levels or basically just opening it up. The, the whole concept with Medicare for all is the idea that you have this Medicare system and you basically just lower the age. You know, it works pretty well right now. It's under attack and privatization, but I mean, it's there. It works you know, if, if you get rid of the privatization, you, you have a good system and you basically lower the age or you lower the age down to zero. You know, another approach rather than the outlawing and having that huge fight is to have a robust working non-privatized government health system. It's either the system itself or the single payer or whatnot. And you basically, if you make that system any good, then private health insurance is going to wither away because who's going to get private health insurance if you can get it for free from, from the government. So, I mean, I, I would look at approach like that. Well, uh, well that, see, see, as we see, I think that's why seizing the means of production is, is also needs to be part of this strategy because it's like, that's where we're going to get the money to do the big statewide measures. And when you seize the means of production, you don't need a health insurance company. You basically create your own. You create community health insurance companies. Well, if anything, like I, I want to say that, uh, you know, we, you know, to try to get people to like revolt is probably going to be the hardest thing. But I mean, that's that's what people are going to have to do. 
you know, these these uh, corporations are they're, they're really powerful, you know, and they they make bank and then they spend big money, and they're gonna like uh, uh they're gonna you know fund fund like the police and all of that to try to stop us from like you know uh uh going up against them and shit like that. So like I think that's the thing that I'm like so. So here, let's not forget. I think this is why we need huge numbers of people in the streets or we're getting nowhere. Let's not forget, you also have the power of, um, to use the, what was it, the modern, let me get this right, the Modern Corporate Revocation Act. Okay, you can, you can like, where citizens can actually, um, uh, like file some type of lawsuit or whatever, have the attorney general revoke corporate charter. Okay. So for having, so, you know, the attorney generals, the, the, um, SCOTUS gave attorney generals that authority to revoke corporate charters of, um, corporations that have a record of egregious behavior against their workers, against the community, putting communities at risk, putting environment at risk, putting, um, damaging consumers, okay? Corporate charters are not a right. They're a privilege, okay? So you got that too. You got plenty of tools in the toolkit, okay? You have to, it's, you know, you, you got to know how to use them. Everything is is chess. You got to know how to use all of these things. And speaking oh, of chess, right now, when are we going to play chess, Sabrina? <laughs> right now, the billionaires control all the tools, you know? Wait, I wanted to, to jump one tracks one just quick break back to the previous thing, the, uh, a comment that, that Nick Gauz put in saying uh, the show Redacted is, is based. They have a commercial between every topic. Nothing wrong with that. And one thing I want to say is there is I'm, I'm considering the, the bright line when the person is actually endorsing the product in that so to me there's a big difference between having commercials i mean youtube runs these automatic commercials and all these things and to me there's a big difference between that and the person who's giving political opinions then saying oh i think this product is great and you should buy it you know if i was going to criticize jimmy i'd criticize him because even though he believes in police reform he doesn't believe in abolishing the police that's where I would criticize them. That's like way worse than taking a sponsorship. Well, that and that's that, a whole nother topic. <laughs> that Marco and uh, and reparations, like you know, those those are two of them that you can criticize. Um, yeah. So I would say, like, you know, if it's someone that you have access to, instead of like trying to criticize them, why not take that time to try to like educate them on the issue? That's my thing. Oh, uh, which which I'm not I'm, I'm not disagreeing, you know, with you on that. You know, uh, I think um, you know, uh, uh, whenever really you got, powerful uh, is, is uh, really the whole. Sorry, go ahead, Bryce. Okay, uh, whenever you uh, when RBN like uh, goes and talk with like uh, Jimmy Dore about reparation and uh, police, you know, uh, uh, as far as like uh, police brutality and shit like that, uh, you know, those things should be addressed. You know, and it should be like a, a time for like a Jimmy Dore to like, you know, uh, understand like, you know, where our positions are, you know. But I mean, I don't know if it's going to like uh, change his mind about those positions. You know, uh, I I think that's, a, you know, kind of kind of hard to do because he's in the position that he's in right now. Uh, he, He's still a millionaire, 
uh, it's going to be hard to like, you know, uh, to convert him into that way of thinking, you know, of like, uh, you know, especially like, uh, when, when it comes to like, uh, Israel getting like reparations, you know, just having that, you know, uh, uh, a, a more in-depth conversation about that. That's, that's going to be. I, I think one of the really, I think one of the really powerful ways to frame the whole reparations questions is, is just saying it is a debt owed, you know, and, that that's what I would would kind of lead with right. or, or go to. Right, right. I'm pretty sure Dave has brought up reparations multiple multiple times when he's on Jimmy Dore. When he talks about the cop issue, he, he always brings up reparations. I don't think he goes into he doesn't question Jimmy, but he brings it up on his channel. Who does? I've heard that, say that. RBN Nick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure it's been framed to Jimmy in that way. In this way, no, though, I've just saying this is a, a debt owed. But I've never had them have the topic of reparations. But he said it out of his mouth. Right. Yeah, but I, I think I think the point that that Eric's trying to get across is like the framing is important. So like you you have to frame it to people in such a way so that they understand it's not a handout. That it's a debt that's owed. Does, does that make sense? Like, I understand what you're saying. Yes. Is it the first time I've heard? It's the first time I've heard Jimmy doesn't. Uh, it's not pro reparations. That's the first time you've heard this. Most yeah. people, most left independent media people, are not. I, I I've heard about when you said about uh, what's his name, Kalkolinsky, and uh, what's his name, uh, the professor Richard Wolf. Yeah, professor Jimmy Richard Wolf is against yeah. reparations. Yeah, um, Jimmy, Jimmy him. Kim is against reparate. By the way, these are people who've made videos about it. It's not just like, just I want to be very clear about this. Like you can look up these videos on on YouTube. They've made Jimmy's videos in that, about in that it. category of actually having coming out saying he's against it in that way. Yep. Would, would would he would he be against? Well, if he's against it, what what if they basically gave black people reparations? Would, would would that be? What if he's like, okay, whatever. I may be against it, but. If you want to give it. He said, so someone made a video about this recently about his response to it. Like oh, he gave a response about this recently because I guess Corey Bush um, and Barbara Lee and Barbara Lee are pushing for like reparations um, thing. But I'm just I'm trying not to laugh. I'm sorry. But like the amount that they're asking for is, it's embarrassingly low compared um, to what it should be. It should be seventy trillion at a trillion at a minimum. They're asking for like seventeen trillion. And this well, is it's more this than is, And this is to be like paid out over the years. So like, um, I think like a lot of people like uh, mistake that you know within the year. That's not that's not gonna be feasible. Um, it's just uh, you know people getting checks, you know year to year, you know like you collecting social security, you know like that's that's what it is. What I never understood about the resistance to it is like, you know, it's not like the people who are against it. It's like no one's coming into your wallet taking money away, like. You know, it's these, I mean, these banks made so much money off of reparations, you know, like it's not coming out of your pocket. Like they should be held accountable. They should pay every fucking cent, you know, it's not like 
it's not their money. You know what I mean? Like it's not coming out of your paycheck. The problem oh, is though that like a lot of people think it is their money though. They they think it it is like they're paying for it. Like that's the way it's been framed. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's they've been conditioned to build to to basically see it. He he probably need to come to RBN multiple times to have it explained to him. Because I because I think there was one topic he didn't understand. He was saying a different way, and Nick had to convince him. And he was yeah. then he basically turned around and I forgot what the topic was. Maybe you remember what it was. Nick explained it to him, and then basically he repeated, this is not what it is. Again, like, how can you be against, like, like HSBC and, like, all of these fucking asshole big banks paying the reparations that are owed? Like, how, well, I mean, how can... I think same, a lot of times, the like... Reason, the same reason why Bernie Sanders was against it. I think a lot of times... Because they consider it to be divisive. I think a lot of times, like, you know, like, uh, with the, the, the people that have, you know, that, that are paying money... You know, with their taxes, like uh, they're they're paying into it, they think that they're losing money out to that. You know, and I, I don't understand like why people would think that because like it's going right back into the system. You know, to like uh you know pay for like uh you know uh just for 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 things. You know, and I I don't understand that. You know, unless like you know people are going to walk out of the country right. and shit. Like but I don't I don't I don't, that's, I don't that's I don't the crazy that economic happens. argument. The more money you give. Uh, more people, the more uh, you know, the more they spend it on the economy. I mean, billionaires don't spend anything. They don't, they're not, that's not productive. Um, but you're right, like, you know, that money goes straight back into, it make, the argument again, the arguments against it make no sense. Uh, Let's like, I, I just think we need leadership. We need people who are not afraid of it being divisive. I mean, Bernie is not a leader. He's not a leader on healthcare. He's not a leader on any anything that our movement cares about at this point. Not on war, that's for fucking sure. Well, I'm sorry, but the, a big part of the problem is a lot of the white, like left, left independent uh, media commentators misled people on this issue. And I remember hearing this, like watching these shows, like a couple years ago, like where they told people that it was divisive, it would alienate the white working class. Like, and keep in mind, none of these people were working class. So it was just really weird to me. And I remember hearing like just the talking points. It was like, they were on board for everything when we said universal, but the moment we started talking about what specific communities needed to, you know, elevate themselves, it was just like, no, we, we can't, we can't do that. And, and, and that what really misunderstands is that these universal policies don't make us all equal. And that's what that's what really aggravated me. And that's part of the reason why I started my show, because I was like, I don't think they fully understand that these universal policies don't put us all on the same level playing field. Like the universal policies, what that does is like it does uplift us all. But at the end of the day, even after we get those universal policies for my community, for African-Americans, we would still be at the bottom. And that was the thing that aggravated me because they were not having that discussion. They were not like, they weren't fully understanding because there weren't many black people in this space. There still are many black people in this space. Yeah. And the few that were, it's like a lot of times they were ostracized. The same thing you see them doing to RBN right now. So the thing is like, they don't want to have these discussions. We bring up these topics. Some of the same people that are on board for Marianne Williams's campaign are fucking against reparations. And that is hilarious to me. 
you guys said all this shit a couple years ago about how, oh, that's divisive, it's woke politics and all that shit. And now all of a sudden you're supporting the person who still backs it, who backed it at that point in time. That's why I know it's just a fucking grift. It's just about making money for them and getting access to people. That's what this is really about. Let me be friends and buddy-buddy with Marianne so she can introduce me to this person and I can get to meet Oprah and all these other people. <laughs> and then when this progressive <laughs> politics shit don't work out, then we can go ahead and we can just interview celebrities and we can be like a left version of The View. And mark my words, if this fucking fails, this whole progressive thing, you'll know you heard that shit here first because I'm letting you know if this fails, they're not going to be able to do this for so many times again. They're not going to be able to do this for so many times again. So eventually you're going to have to pivot to something else. So you think and that's why it is a mistake. It is a mistake to make your show revolve around a campaign or a political strategy. I think that is a mistake because when it fails, people are going to be looking for something else to do. And you may be out of a gig. So now what they're trying to do is like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to rock. We're going to rock with Marianne. She knows celebrities. She know people. They, I can get those people on my show. Thanks to Marianne. This is what they're going to do. They're going to use Marianne and get what they can get out of her. When Marianne loses, which she will, and they know this, then it'll be like, okay, my audience ain't really feeling the progressive movement anymore. Let me slide into one of those, you know, those shows on YouTube that just interview celebrities. And there's plenty of those. Well, you still have 2028 for Marianne and 2023. <laughs> uh, what? If she, if she lives alone, but uh, you I know, don't, what, I don't, what, what, I don't what, think what, it'll what, be. I don't think it'll be too many people around for 2028 in terms of this, people, this strategy. People stuck around for Bernie to 2020, so maybe if Marianne flops this one, they could excuse this one because Joe Biden is running against Trump. So they'll say, okay, her real chance is 2028. And then no, if that doesn't she'll work, be too old. I'm sorry. You're, that you doesn't guys work. Know how you old 2032. 20, well, here, here, I just, you know, uh, want to like uh, interject about this. Uh, I just don't understand, like, um, you know, why, you know, the people that are in positions of power wants a weak working force and they're asking for people to like support them and shit like that, you know, and I just, I don't get that, you know, because, you know, the, the working class, they, they're not going to be able to support you if they can't, you know, you know, donate to you. It's a, it's the whole thing's a grift, really, if you think about it, because who will, where, whose votes get them elected to president, and ultimately? Not the people's vote, the electoral college vote. When they're campaigning, they're campaigning to the electoral college, everybody, not to you. Not to any of us. And all of us think they're campaigning to us. And all of us think we support them. It's all a fucking grift to get our money. It's always been. Um, that also, you notice there's never this much opposition when it comes to all these other groups getting getting their bag. There's like, I don't see any, like, the, uh, what he's like when Obama facilitated for um, Jewish people to get their uh, their version of reparations or whatever the case is, or when um, Japanese internment camps, all that stuff. There's I'm there's never any that the Native Americans got their cash. Yeah, like there's never any big. It's only when 
it's us. Yeah. <laughs> it's only when it's and by, us. And by the, the way, I want to add the the reparations for for Japanese Americans that was done under Ronald Reagan. Yep. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah what, what you just said right there, Roger. I've heard that in other black channels. Like every time black people have been waiting like in line for a long time, and they get to be the person online, they tell you, "Oh, guess what? Uh, somebody else wants to have their shit. Go go to the back of the line. Go way back." Yeah. It's it's like fucking the ending of Beetlejuice when Beetlejuice was waiting in hell or whatever the fuck. He had that long fucking list and he's like he had to trick the voodoo doctor to get his number. <laughs> That's exactly what it oh. is. <laughs> but the problem the is like, the, got but the problem is, is this. Like if like for the reparations movement for that to be successful, guess what that means? That means that black people would have to stop voting for the Democratic Party. It's happening. It's ha- so. Oh, matter of fact, let me ask you a question, Sabrina. Um, 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 Sabrina. So we all know that the the vote blue, no matter who part of our community is, usually our grandmothers or mothers or whatever the case is, right? Our dads and granddads. I don't think too many of them were ever. Well. What what do you think? Would you think that they were like vote blue no matter who, or, or do you see them as oh these people are bullshit? I'm not voting. <laughs> you mean our grandparents? Our grandparents, our dad, like this is the the older women of our community, the black community, right? They always vote blue no matter who. Okay. What about what do you? What is your opinion on the um, older black men? You know dads and the granddads do you, do you think that they would always vote blue no matter who or they was more like yeah these people are full of shit I'm not voting for them I don't think it's as many of them as we would like to think that actually go out and vote and and the reason why I say that is because my grandmother didn't vote my grandfather didn't vote I, I think you know like my grandmother worked like two jobs mm-hmm. until she even when she was like in her 60s my grandmother was working two jobs Mm-hmm. Like that that's the thing I think people don't really understand is like most African Americans don't vote. It's but usually the ones that think. the ones that do are usually the, the older women in in the community. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, but that comes from the church. And right. That was something that me and JB talked about how the black church actually works in cahoots with the Democratic yes. Party and basically tells the congregation to go out and vote for the Democrats. Like that's why these politicians like yes. Biden who stood there like he was lost in space and didn't want to clap and shit and was just standing <laughs> there uncomfortable talking about he visited the black church. I was like, You ain't never been in no black church. You look uncomfortable <laughs> as hell. Okay, and so that's why him and that's why Trump and that's why all these politicians will go to the black church because they know that's where the votership lies. And most and mostly who's there's more black, older black women at the churches than there are older black men. Yep. Question. So that's go go ahead. Uh, 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 Go ahead and finish your point, Roger. But I was going to ask about Farrakhan and what everybody thought about. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that, I, mean, I, I was just thinking, like I said, um, that's changing because people like yourself, um, and who 18 through 49, you know, 
are like, eh, I'm not fucking with the Democrats no more. So that's that's changing. I don't know whether they know it or not. I don't know if the Democrat, uh, you know what? They might know it because they because a lot of times they're doing like the the, the facilitating um, the, the whole immigration thing because they here's a funny thing. They're facilitating the whole like immigration thing. And it's like a disaster because they think that you know, all the all these Spanish people are going to vote for, for them because, oh, look how racist the Republicans are. Meanwhile, Spanish people coming over, they vote in Republican, <laughs> which is the most uh, 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 karmic thing, justice you can have. Because so, they're... So, so, yeah. so all the white women, it's like you saw, you saw that um, MSNBC, they were crying, bitching, uh, Republican women, why, why are you going to Donald Trump? Go to Joe Biden. You need to go, to, go, go, go vote Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. Okay. Um. Um. As far as like uh, you know, uh, what I was saying uh, before, I, um, I watched something about like a Farrakhan and uh, this one guy. Like I, I forget the, the channel, but he's got like a lot of followers, you know, brother. But he he talked about like a Farrakhan, like uh, you know, being the number one problem with the movement, and I. I want to like hear like what everybody everybody thinks about them you know especially like uh people that that are you know uh black you know like 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 us i only know about the guy because uh he just obama distanced himself from him but i've most of the critique i've heard like it's, it's like bad critique so i would love to hear about it is he a is, is he good or bad for the community because people keep shooting on him it, it all depends it's it's very complex but I will say, um, in, in, in my opinion, I don't I don't trust um, um, uh, leader, uh, religious leaders. That's just a thing that I have. Just period. I don't care whether you're Joe Olstein, Creflo Dollar, uh, Mace. <laughs> right. um, I don't. You know. So that's just my thing in general. But um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, like I don't know. He's just, you know, you know what I've, what you know what I've always known, and this is this is something that I've always seen people in the community say about the nation is like, yeah, you guys only look after black people if they're part of the nation. Okay, I remember hearing, you know, just little things that 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 you hear, whatever. Um, I remember uh, this guy, uh, Carcino. He does. You, you probably know Carcino for life. Uh, he he does these videos since like the past ten years, almost ten years or whatever, of just stuff that goes on in the industry or whatever. And I remember he so he streams out of Chicago, I think, and he was talking something about um, there. I don't know. There was some riot or something that was going on, um, but he said like, when when all people was tearing stuff down, he's like. Muslims weren't weren't stopping black businesses from being torn down by, by the black people. They were just there to protect the mosque. They was just looking out for the mosque. They weren't they weren't there like, hey, brother, don't do that or whatever the case. This is just stuff I heard over the years about you know like. Sorry if if, if anyone here is five percent nation of Islam or whatever. I'm just telling you what I heard. You know what I mean? But um, that so they protect was- themselves. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to head out here in a second. 
Um, but I was just going to say that um, the nation of Islam was infiltrated by Scientology. I watched a whole documentary about it, how they let Scientology come in. And Louis Farrakhan was praising Scientology and all that shit. And I have a problem with that because I'm not down with Scientology. They have some creepy cult-like shit going on. Yeah, Sabi, Sabi, that that was brought up in, in uh uh like uh what I was watching today about you know what happened you know with that I, I remember like uh uh you know Farrakhan like uh, recently like holding the Scientology book up you know in front of people like in in front of like uh you know his people and shit like that you know that follow him and shit like that so so I you know I if yeah. anything like I, I'm I'm concerned about it you know uh. And I remember like uh watching a video where um where Farrakhan had to like uh apologize to you know the uh uh the daughter of like Malcolm X, you know, uh I think this was was like uh, uh Phil Donahue interview Quabilla where uh Phil Donahue. No, it's like Quabilla Shabazz. You said Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She yeah, so, she tried she tried to have him assassinated. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, uh, no. It was the daughter of um, of, of um. Oh, did she like try to have like a? a yeah, she. It was. It was. It was. It was a Fed that that she that she was. She didn't know the guy was a Fed, of course, but she she huh? she thought she was hiring a a, a contract killer to, to assassinate Farrakhan. Okay. She, she ended up. <laughs> which it being a Fed. Which that's new news to me. So like I'm gonna look that up too. So. But I mean, I just I just remember like uh you know him talking about all of that, and you know uh, him going over to like you know uh, to um to Mecca and shit like that, and and you know him him coming back and you know he was like you know trying to you know preach Islam and it it wasn't real well received and shit like that, and it ultimately uh, got him like killed and shit like that, and you know and I think uh. The other thing that uh you know Farrakhan like was was doing was like you know being around like uh uh black rappers and shit like that. So Yep, I hear you. Oh, just to let you know, um before you go, did you see the did you see the speech that Dick Gregory gave regarding um his assassination? I did not. I'll have to watch it. Oh. Pretty much uh yeah, so Bryce, what happened was those were, he was saying that he, so Dick Gregory got the Freedom of Information um, through Freedom of Information Act request, right? And they saw the autopsy of the bullets going into Malcolm X. They did not come from the floor. They came from, they came in a downward direction. So he was saying that those the, the the shots that the that the Muslims were shooting at him those were blanks, when the the shots actually came from up above through holes in the wall, coming down. So you had snipers, or yes, interesting. I'll, I'll look into it. It, it, it. It's like the same thing with the RFK thing where he said he came yes. out, he came yes. out against the guy who killed his father. He said there were some shots. Yes, 
from a distance. The guy, who, the guy was from a distance. There was no way it was going to reach him. It was the security guard. He said it was the security guard that was holding his arm, who had a gun in his hand. Those that those bullets that went to his dad's head, when they wanted to look at that gun, the guy already gotten rid of it, and he was connected to some CIA person or something like that. Because those eight shots he said that came out of Sirhan Sirhan's gun, none of them. They after they retrieved them, none of those eight bullets were in his dad. He said, "This yeah. is why RFK Jr.'s you know campaign makes no sense. Like the only thing that makes sense is that the CIA gave him the okay to run." Mm-hmm. All right, but I'm gonna have to head out, guys. My phone's gonna die. It's getting late. But um, All right, Sabby, thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You have a Samsung. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it, it holds a charge. If Noelle was here, she would say, "Good morning." She would. Peace. Bye. Later.